Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Redfall is a bafflingly bad time across the board, whether playing solo or with a friend or three suffering alongside you. That it comes in the wake of Arcane's excellent Deathloop, the enduringly beloved Prey, and the acclaimed Dishonored series honestly beggars belief. Its performance on Xbox Series X is regularly dire, plagued with pop-ins, stutters, and a long list of display bugs. It's beleaguered with bodgy AI enemies that struggle to mount a basic defense, choose appropriate cover, or even effectively navigate the world. The one-note mission design recycles and repurposes itself all the way until the anticlimactic final encounter. Button commands break, characters vanish, and the cheap and static story scenes seem woefully unfinished by typical standards. There may be occasional glimpses of a competent co-op shooter on display, but otherwise Redfall is just like a vampire in all the wrong ways. But we're not in a position, and I I see it out there, I see commentary that if you just build great games, everything would turn around. It's just not true that if we go off and build great games, all of a sudden you're going to see console share shift in some dramatic way. We lost the worst generation to lose in the Xbox one generation where everybody built their digital library of games. Um, So when you go and you're building on Xbox, we want our Xbox community to feel awesome. But this idea that if we just focused more on great games on our console, that somehow we're going to win the console race, I think doesn't really lay into the reality of most people. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sacred Icon Podcast, where two best friends who bonded over their love of Halo come together to talk all things video games and movies. And if you guys have had your butt cheeks to a seat this week with the phone in your hand, you've likely heard at least one of these three things from Team Xbox. Number one, hardware sales have been seeing a 30% drop. Number two, the CMA, also known as Country Music Awards, has blocked the Activision Blizzard acquisition that Microsoft can. Come on, Toby to Keith. Appeal. <laughs> she thinks my, thinks my tractor sexy. Uh, and lastly, Redfall is an absolute red failure. So I'm Joshy, and, and Brian, does it just suck being uh, at Microsoft right now? Uh, I think it's a terrible, terrible time to be at Xbox. Um to be under the brand, to be especially to be at Arcane, because like Arcane, the, the way that the uh, the criticisms being tossed around right now, it's like no one's talking directly at Arcane or at Redfall, so it's like Redfall is just this like 
this is like a Goomba that everyone steps on to yell at Xbox. Like, Arcane made the game that everyone's saying sucks and is disappointed in, but no one's even acknowledging that Arcane exists. They're just like, ah, Xbox sucks, and they're like they they're literally have Arcane beneath their feet. So, yeah, it's going to suck really bad to work at Arcane. It's going to suck really Regardless bad to work at Xbox. Regardless of the, like the corpo speak that you get from Phil Spencer, how mad do you think he is at Arcane right now? Do you think he's mad or do you think he's like, nah, he knew about this? No, nah, I honestly don't think, I mean, there's a level of anger for the situation, but I don't think he, even off the record, I don't think he's extremely, I don't get the vibe that he's just. I just have you ever seen Gulliver's Travels with Jack Black? Yeah. You ever seen well, not, I, picture, no, I don't know if I've seen that. I picture like Phil Spencer showing up as a giant to like the studio that's that's Arcane. And they just see, like, in the windows, they just see, like, his eyeball. <laughs> yeah, there's just, like, a Tuco Salamanca from Breaking Bad. He just he just says, he just walks in the studio, he goes, you're done. You're done. <laughs> you know, like, game over for you guys. Um, guys, if you're tuning in now and you have interest in what we're talking about, chances are you've listened to it already from other YouTubers, podcasters, Twitch people. It's, it's the biggest news in the gaming industry this week, so you've probably heard a thousand times. Uh, but let me set the stage for you. Um, if you came here to uh, hear us shit talk Xbox and you know get some ther- therapy through that, you're gonna get some of that for sure. Oh, if you yeah. come here to hear yeah. about, if you've come here to hear about the positives of Xbox and like you know looking on the good side of it, you're gonna hear that as well. So if like you if you don't want one or the other, um, this isn't gonna be all of one thing. We're gonna we're gonna go back and forth. So if you're just like, and I'm tired of hearing Xbox get shit on. You don't have to worry. We're gonna cover other. St- we're gonna cover like good aspects of it as well. But we got a lot of frustrations to air out. A lot to talk about. Um, Josh, do you have a starting point for us, or do you want me to just start rolling? Uh, yeah, start rolling with it. I mean, uh, there's so much to talk about. The Phil Spencer thing from Kind of Funny Games. There's the Redfall review. There's the CMA situation. Yeah. There's a lot. So where okay. whatever you feel like getting on the soapbox with first, but I'm gonna get on the soapbox. Josh can interrupt me if he wants to. But let me let me get let me give you guys like my history with Xbox. I won't go too long on this part, but just to set you up for it, right? Long story short, I was a PS One Nintendo to Nintendo kid. I had like a PS One, then I had an N64 and a GameCube. And that's kind of where I was, like PS1, Nintendo, and I didn't care about Xbox. Halo comes out, get into big, get big into Xbox. Xbox becomes the coolest shit in the world to me. When I played Halo on an Xbox, I thought, this is way better than Nintendo, way better than PlayStation. I was an, I, I bled green from that point on, right? And then moving into the uh, 360 generation, I bought a 360. I didn't want a Wii. I didn't want a PS3. I just wanted to be 360. And pretty much from the Xbox original era all the way until... 2013, I was purely Xbox. It felt awesome to be an Xbox gamer. I thought, like, not even objectively, but just in a very biased way, I thought, Nintendo and Sony does not compare to how awesome it feels to play on Xbox. It's how I felt when the high school years were dominated by Xbox. When I met Josh, we were still on the 360 years. Um, You know, when I met Josh was 2011. You know, that was the year that Gears of War 3 came out, Skyrim came out. Uh, 2012, I was still huge into Xbox. That's when Halo 4 came out. 2013 is where I st- where I very first started to question Xbox. 2013 is when you know Sony had already announced the PS4, and Xbox hadn't announced their next system yet. And I remember waiting and waiting for this Xbox showcase to see. I've Man, been I can't waiting. Imagine- I can't imagine what a new Xbox is going to feel like because we had the 360 through the most formative years of my life. I couldn't envision what a new Xbox would look like. And they right. come out, they reveal it. They reveal the Xbox One. I think 
mm, name's not the greatest, but who cares about the name? I see the box and I'm like, it's not bad, but it's not great. Kind of looks, it's really big, kind of bulky. You know, there's the VCR jokes, but oh, whatever. Name and look doesn't really matter too much. The, the You know, it goes on and on and on. They talk about how it's going to have Connect bundled in, which I didn't really like Connect, but I was like, okay, I get it. They've committed to Connect on the 360 for years. I get it. But then it went into the TV stuff, and it went into the sports stuff, and then it very lightly touched on games, not much of them, and what they did touch on for games didn't really seem to care much about. And then they dropped what is quite possibly the worst, the single worst thing they could have ever said, which is we're going to have a 24-hour internet check-in on you, and if you don't check in with the internet every 24 hours, you can never play your games, and you also cannot, um, well, you can't, they had like a sharing thing in place they were going to do, some weird quasi-sharing thing, but like, you know, it was going to be this 24-hour check-in, and I mean, there was the whole conversation of like, how do like Marines and people in the Army play Xbox, and and Don Matrick said, oh, well, they can just play 360, you know, basically, <laughs> basically screw them, right, and it just, the PR was horrible, um, we, we thought, man, this is this is bleak for Xbox. But then there was still the E3 show to come like two or three weeks later. And we thought, what is Microsoft going to do? Everyone hates this. Two or three weeks, are they going to reverse anything? Comes to E3, they don't reverse anything. They announce the console is going to be $500. Still with the check-in. Still yeah. with the TV and the Kinect stuff. And then Sony comes out and goes, no TV. No connect, no camera. This is how you share games, and they j- and there's no check in, no internet check in, and then they just say three ninety nine ninety nine, four hundred dollars, whole hundred dollars less. The console is more powerful. Uh, you don't have to have all the bullshit, and that pretty much set what the next ten years of Xbox would look like in motion. You want to say something, Josh? Yeah, is that the dirtiest thing that you've just ever seen? Like company do? Yeah, when it, it comes was to sad, gaming, dude. But I, I here's the funny thing, right? Like they That's resonated. A I was a I was an Xbox fanboy. Right. 2013, I was still an Xbox fanboy. I wanted Xbox to win. I wanted them to succeed. When I saw PlayStation come out and do that, I cheered for Sony. I wasn't even a like you guys who know me as like a guy who likes Sony a lot now. I wasn't that guy then, but I just thought that was so savage and it, it tuned in so much to the hearts of gamers that I cheered. I was like Hell yeah, Sony, stick it to Microsoft. Because like this company that I loved and I, I bled green for was like they just were ruining everything I loved about my hobby. And just overnight, it felt all the like, reputation that got built up on the three, Xbox and Xbox 360 just gone in that moment. Yeah, and if, yeah. if I as a hardcore Xbox guy felt like that, you know, like other people did. So so at that point, it was just like right. wow, and everybody was like, I'm getting a PlayStation. I'm getting a PlayStation. And the thing is, the word of mouth was so bad, right? Because I as a huge nerd, would go around to everyone who wasn't a huge nerd. Obviously, Josh knew about what was going on because he is a huge nerd as well. But like, I would go to people at work. I'd go to family members. I'd, I'd be at the grocery store if it was a conversation that came up naturally. And I would say, have you heard about Xbox? They're going to make you do mandatory uh, online to be able to play their game. say mandatory overtime. They're going to, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to make you have Connect. It's going to cost $100 more. It's less powerful. And the word of mouth was so bad, this it just kicked off horrible things starting in 2013. So... 2013 um, is where this all began. So we have 10 years of Microsoft being in a rough place. Now, 2013 was where I started to turn away from Xbox. It wasn't until 2017 that I kind of fully made PlayStation where I played games more. 2017, I'll, I'll come up to that in a minute. But, 
You know, even after this terrible, terrible launch and announcement of the Xbox One in 2013, I said I was going to make this a short story. It's really not. Take your uh, time. Even man. after, even this after this the terrible launch, begins. they eventually, because of such horrible press, they did reverse. There has, there doesn't have to be any online check-in. So that was the first thing they did. They did still still make it $500 with Connect, whatever. But being such a huge Xbox fan. You know, they managed to get me to go from, I'm only buying a PS4 to, you know what, I'll buy a PS4 and an Xbox, because I still love Xbox. So, fall of 2013, both systems come out, I buy an Xbox, I buy a PS4, um, still kind of sucks to be an Xbox gamer at this point, you know, they had the launch game Rise Son of Rome, which is okay. Is it safe to assume you um, bought into the Xbox ecosystem, namely because you knew Halo was going to be coming? Yeah. Was that yeah, part of it? Like, I mean, that's I started my digital, because we're, we're going to get to this in a bigger way in the conversation later, but I started my digital library on Xbox despite me hating everything the Xbox One stand, stood for. I was just so deeply in, in, involved and invested in in the Xbox you know, ecosystem. I loved Xbox. Also, I'd seen at E3, I'd seen like the Halo 5 teaser, and I was like, man, I want, I want Halo 5, you know, when that comes out one day. Um, so, Isn't it funny how they got us again with Infinite? That's the same reason I bought a Series X. Yeah, I mean, Halo, I mean, that's the thing. Halo is, you know, you can make your arguments. New consoles, for, new Halo, got me. Yeah, you can you can make your arguments for how good that IP is nowadays, but in general, Halo is one of the greatest IPs in gaming. I'm not saying it's, you know, number one. I'm not saying maybe it's not oh, top but it's five. A system, it's, it's still a system seller it's all these huge. years later. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. So I bought into it, and, you know, even when I got the Xbox One, I was like, this is, this is, I'm not feeling good about this. It's not that great. I mean, the UI was terrible. You had to, if you unplugged your Kinect, because you didn't want to use it, it had a thing that would flash at the top of your screen that like, hey, plug it in, plug it in, plug it in, plug it in. Josh, it was already gone by the time you got one. Yeah, for you guys listening, when I got my Xbox One, the Connect was it was separate, so yeah. I, I had to buy it extra. Like they had it so many that, that was if you unplugged it, it would just a thing would flash in your screen. Yeah, that wasn't in. there by the time. Yeah, by the time I got. Um, but what started to give me hope that maybe Xbox just made a colossal failure one time, and it was all going to be good from here. Is and we've talked about this before, and I, I'll try to make this shorter as well. Um, Take your time, dude. Very, time. very early 2014. So we're talking just months after the Xbox One has launched. There was this huge leak on an, a forum called NeoGAF. Some of you heard of, some of you haven't. And the leak was this supposed insider from from uh, Microsoft that said, "Hey, there's this huge collection coming for Halo at the end of this year, and it's going to be." All the Halo games with all their original multiplayers, campaigns, you know, Halo 2 Anniversary, all this is coming to Xbox One. And the people who ran NeoGAF uh, verified with IDs or whatever means that this person was indeed from Microsoft. So it was kind of like this pseudo verification that this is the truth. Hype took over. Hype was crazy. It was like, man, an Xbox collection where you can play all the campaigns, all the multiplayers across all the games in one package on the Xbox One, Halo 2 Anniversary, you know, a lot of people's a lot of people's favorite Halo game or at least one they have a lot of memories with. Huge moment, me and and my friend Justin, uh, Josh's cousin Justin, we've talked about him, we had him on the show before. We started talking to Josh about it. Holy crap, Josh, you heard about this. It's going to be this Halo collection. Soon enough, you know, it's 4 or 5 months after this leak, they properly announced the collection that's coming. Then they also announced there's going to be a Halo 5 beta with it. We know the year prior they announced a Halo show with uh, Steven Spielberg. So you come to summer 20, you know, E3 2014, and it's this 
you know, okay, Xbox One's off to a rough start. You know, games were running at 900p on the Xbox One, 1080p on the PS4. It was less powerful. All kinds of things. We were like, we're getting this Master Chief Collection. We're getting Halo 5 eventually. You know, there's going to be... And then it was not much longer. I think it was... I think it, it might have been 2013, but I think it was 2014 they announced, guess what, guys? We've acquired the rights to Gears of War from Epic Games. We're going to start making another Gears of War game. And it was like, okay, we're back. You know, like, maybe this will be like the 360 generation. But then, as you guys know, it just continued to be problem after problem for these 10 years. Twenty Fall 2014 came along. We've done a whole series on it. MCC came out was broken beyond repair, worst game launch in history, most broken game ever, couldn't play it, couldn't enjoy it, awful. Um, Halo 5's beta comes out, proves to be something really awesome for me and Josh, but uh, it was also very different for Halo as a series. It, it didn't play the same, it had changed a lot of things about it, so Halo 5 was kind of this like uh, controversial thing. Then we go into 2015, and we're waiting, you know, MCC still doesn't work properly, uh, we're waiting for Halo 5. Um, I'm not sure, without looking up a list, which I'm not, I don't need to do right now, I'm not sure what came out in 2015 for Xbox other than Halo 5, but it was like underpowered console, mandatory connect. Phil Spencer, Report come out? Was that 2015? It might have been. That sounds right. But Phil Spencer came in, took over the, the division. He uh, dropped the, the, he made the connect not mandatory. He dropped the price of the Xbox down to 400 instead of 500. Oh, Ori when, came out. I'm just Ori I'm came looking. Okay. Yeah, Ori's, yeah, Ori's, Ori's a great, great game. Obviously, it wasn't a AAA game like people were Correct. hoping for. Gears of War um, Ultimate Edition was 2015. But Gears man, of War Ultimate not, was 2015? Not a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you got a Gears of War remaster. Um, not a lot really coming out. You know, the system's still the same price as PlayStation, but it's, un, you know, now connect's not required, but it's, it's underwhelming. Um, then you get into 2016. 2016, they they bring out they bring Gears back, Gears Four. That's the big thing that year, right? Like another mm-hmm. Gears game, proved to be a pretty good game. Not everyone's fa- favorite in the series, honestly. Probably a lot of people's least favorite, but you know, I Potion Boys did an episode on it. Check it out. Yeah, definitely. Very good episode. <laughs> Had a shout out, my boys. Go ahead. Very good episode. Um, but Gears Four came out, but you know, it's like okay, so what have we got from Xbox in this new generation? More Gears, not quite as good. More Halo, not quite as good. Consoles underpowered. You know, all that stuff. Uh, So then you get to, let's see, 2016, you go into 2017. 2017, guys, the year starts. We still don't have an MCC that is working fully as it was intended. Um, So you get into 2017. Man, what came out? Oh, yeah, Halo Wars 2 came out in 2017. So you get like a a spin-off Halo title. Thank you, Microsoft. You know, I love Halo Wars 2, but still, you know, that was the kind of things. Meanwhile, at this time, Sony's, you know, they, they have their Uncharted 4. And, you know, Last of Us, obviously, that was end of PS3 gen, but... You know, uh, infamous other games like that. Sony's putting out great stuff. Um, Nintendo's really not in the conversation at this point because they're in the Wii U era, which is arguably their their worst era of all time. Um, then you get to let's see here, 2018. <laughs> this What's is up, so Josh? funny, man. Every time you mention a year, I'm hunting to see what exclusive they have, and every list I see is filled with third-party games with, like, yeah. one to three exclusives because they just didn't have them. And I know there'll be little things I forget, guys. I already forgot. They did have um, Insomniac did an exclusive for them, Sunset Overdrive. A lot of people love that. It wasn't a console seller, per se, but it was a good game. Um, 2018, you get to... 2018 is when they first announced Halo Infinite. They didn't really show much of anything about it. They just announced, hey, there's going to be another Halo created for the Xbox One. Um... 
What was the? Are you looking up, Josh? What was the big game of 2018 for for Xbox? The biggest one for Xbox probably right. was Sea of Thieves, and it's an amazing sea game now. Okay. But it launched in the like, terrible state. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Launched in terrible Love state. It, it, uh, it was terrible. Though. I've been, I've been, I've been forgetting to mention Forza's. You know, high quality Forza games that every been coming year out through these yeah. years, um, which are great. Totally deserving of what year was Cuphead? Because it wasn't an exclusive at the time when it came out. Cuphead that probably was 2018. Yeah, that, that sounds right. But uh, 2018 is the year that MCC start was actually in the promised working state that it was supposed to be literally four years, three and a half, four years after the game came out. Oh. Kind of crazy. <laughs> and it's it's worth mentioning, Players Unknown Battlegrounds came out in 2018 in the worst state possible. Like, it played terribly. But I remember Xbox building up, like hyping up how they were acquiring it, it was going to be releasing, and it was a game preview and all this stuff. Meanwhile, Fortnite just takes off like night and day. Like, yeah. They borrowed the concepts and did it better. I don't know. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's, you know, I I have never known a single person to play Players Unknown Battlegrounds, but I have known a lot of people to play Fortnite. Uh, Player Unknowns, well, it used to be huge on everywhere, but now it's mostly huge on mobile and overseas and stuff, but it's pretty PUBG big. PUBG just but, did not take Which is still third party. You know, it's still not an Xbox it's, exclusive. It's interesting. Uh, I'm getting ahead of us, but man, PUBG and remember games like Bleeding Edge, that, DOA I don't games, remember that game. just... Yeah, DOA, it's multiplayer, so it doesn't surprise me respectfully, but uh, I never played it myself. Continue, though, yeah. man. Continue. Um, but so we're in 2018. Um, yeah, MCC's working. They announced Halo Infinite. Um, we're coming up on, you know, it's going to be close to hearing about new consoles. Nothing too nothing too huge in 2018. Um, 2019 is the year we started Sacred Icon. Um Man, Josh, what came? It's really see. This is this is they what did. this is the perfect way to, to to give you guys what we're feeling here. It was so hard to remember what was memorable about what came out on the Xbox because there was just nothing exclusive. There was nothing for the console that made it a console seller. What what'd you say, Josh? What came out? So yeah, here's a couple. And they had some good ones, but I still I think we would both agree uh, nowhere near what Sony was doing or Nintendo. Battletoads, which did well, but oh, we, know, we missed not, rare not replay early. Also, they yeah, did rare replay yep, yep, collection. Yep. Um, Crackdown 3, which underwhelmed for a lot of people. I had a blast with that personally, but I recognize mm. that uh, the vast majority, th- that game was not what they promised. Gears 5 came out. Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, yeah, Gears 5. And it says Phoenix Point, but I thought I, I think that's multi-plat now, at least. So, But anyway, yeah, Gear, uh, that's five a was, list. Gears 5 was uh, a AAA game that was genuinely good, but once again, it felt like more Gears. And you know, some people would say Gears 5 is their favorite, but I think for the most part, it just felt like another Gears and not the best one. You know, It was like more Gears, more Halo, not as good as they used to be. Um, so this is when we started Sacred Icon, right? And, he, and let's, I'll kind of give my mon- mindset of when I started Sacred, where, when, where I was when we started Sacred Icon, and then Josh can give his. 2019, you know, MCC was working. We're on the tail end of the Xbox One generation. They've done some good things. They've brought in Game Pass. They've launched the Xbox Series. No, how about oh, this? Xbox. We're in the Willow with the Wisps was 2020. My mistake. Oh, okay. Google um, got me they, wrong. They did. They brought in the Xbox One S, which was, was a better right. version of the original console. It played 4K movies. They launched the Xbox One X, which was the most powerful console there ever was. It was way more powerful than the PS4, but obviously it came much later in the generation. You see, you got Game Pass. You got a, a, the console's been improved. You know, Connect's pretty much completely out of there. There's not even a Connect port Dude, on the back. That list was that 2019 list was wrong. I, anyway, I'm sorry, man. Just I'm it's seeing no, it, Battle Toads was not even 2019. I just well, it just makes the list for 2019 even less. Yeah, just, no, it ugh. just it was just weak, weak offerings, weak offerings. But Yikes. Xbox had done a decent job 
of proving that they were course correcting. Like, I think everyone can admit, even if you still weren't happy with Xbox in the one generation, by the end of that generation, they were starting to turn the corner, right? Uh, we also, you know, they started making all these acquisitions. They, they acquired Obsidian. Um, I, I know that we're going to get there. They acquired Bethesda, but that hadn't happened yet. But when we start Sacred Icon, this is kind of what we feel like. We feel like Xbox is headed in a good direction. There's a new Halo coming that's that seems to be going back to its roots of what Halo is known for and its art style and its gameplay. And we're optimistic that maybe this new generation can be the one to change Xbox, change the change the trajectory of the company. Uh, we do the podcast, you know, 2020, or I think, no, 2019, they show off the Xbox Series X for the first time. And it's this console that stands up and it kind of looks like it's a, a Alexa or whatever, but it looks cool. It just looks very different for an Xbox. And they said it's going to be the most powerful console. It was a surprise. They got they showed it off way earlier than, than Sony. Uh, we go into 2020, and we're like, this is the year. This is the year of the next-generation consoles. This is the year of Series X, Halo Infinite. Um, of course, the pandemic starts. That throws everything off. Uh, what comes out in 2020, Josh, for Xbox? Do you, Not do you shit, know? bro. We should have had these lists pulled up before, probably. The, the only ones that I remember of note was Microsoft Flight Simulator because Flight that Simulator, is not which Xbox One X one, like it's an Xbox Series like exclusive, yeah. and then Gears Tactics, which Gears previously, Tactics, yeah. but you know, by technicality, yes, but it's like at the same time, I almost don't count that one because that was already released months prior on the PC. On the PC, so yeah, which Microsoft Flight, Flight Simulator might have been the same situation. So um, they didn't really have, they didn't really have anything outside of that. I mean, yeah, like, really I think I think Ori, maybe Battletoads. I, I can't. Uh, Google's doing me wrong today, but um, not nothing. They didn't have anything in 2020. They really didn't. Yeah. So we get to we get to E3 of 2020, and the the show appears to be like it might be a banger. Starts out with Halo Infinite gameplay. First time we ever seen Halo Infinite. We have live rec- recordings of me and Josh reacting to it. We were uh, so excited. Uh, they show that off. People are excited first, but immediately upon it being shown off and people being able to look back over the footage are like, wow, this is the graphics and the stuff. stuff's off with how it looks. People started complaining about Infinite. The rest of the show goes on to announce seemingly bangers. New Fable, New Perfect Dark, game called Everwild. Um, I'm forgetting another one there, another big game. Oh, Avowed. They show off, hey, we got these studios. We got these bangers coming out. Here's all this stuff. That was 2020. So we thought, okay, Xbox Series X is going to come out. Halo Infinite is going to come out. It's going to be a banger. They get all these new games. Fable's coming back. Perfect Dark's coming back. Holy shit, we're going to be there. You know, year goes on. Halo Infinite gets delayed. Not coming out with the console. Series X comes out with no big launch game at all. Um, Series X is cool, but it carries over the same, you know, the same UI, the same controller. Kind of feels like a more powerful Xbox One again. You go into 2021. This is the year of Halo Infinite. Um, just to move things along a little quicker, we get Halo Infinite. A lot of us really love it, but some people didn't like it at all. Either way, we can all agree the game come, came out not finished, not complete. The multiplayer came out several weeks earlier than the campaign. It was split. Not the greatest launch for, for Halo Infinite. You know, co-op wasn't there. They had to delay that stuff. Real shaky. Meanwhile, through all these years I'm talking about, Sony has... Oftentimes, the more powerful console, it's delivering banger after banger, AAA games, no problems. It's doing so well. Um, And then we get to 2022, last year, and they didn't have anything. They didn't have anything for the whole year. Also, I skipped over, you know, I I mentioned it briefly, but they they, they acquired Bethesda. You know, 
Starfield is going to be a, a platform exclusive whenever it decides to come out. Uh, they showed off, I, I didn't mention, they showed off Redfall. Redfall was at that, I think that was, was it the 2020? No, it's 2021. They showed off the 2021, 2021 showcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they showed off Redfall, this new IP for the Xbox. going to be on Game Pass. It's by Arcane, Legendary Arcane. Uh, but you get to 2022, there's no games. There's no games all year long. I mean, we even get to the Game Awards, and Microsoft's there, but they have nothing to show and no awards to accept because they didn't do anything for 2022. So it was like, 2022 is this bleak year. It's like, okay, guys, is this going to be... When is the other shoe going to drop? When are all these studios you acquired going to drop new games? When are we going to get games that uh, utilize a system that aren't broken? When are we going to see these new IPs, you know... When's this going to start rolling out? And we get to, and Microsoft's like 2023, right? 2023. The E3 of 2022, they did this new thing where like, we're only going to show games that come off, come out over the next year. 12 months, all these games will be playable. And they show off Redfall and they show off Starfield and some other things. And we get into 2023 after a terrible 2022, no games. Starfield's been delayed. It's going to be longer than 12 months, which to be fair, it's only a few extra months, but still longer than that 12 months they promised to get Starfield. And then Redfall, it was also, you know, it was delayed, but it came out in that year of time. Here we are, 2023. Uh, we've been past, we've already went past a, an Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition. That was about a, a little over a year ago. They they announced they were going to acquire Activision Blizzard. They have to go through all these regulatory boards to get there. And uh, that's still in progress. Uh, we get to this point where we're pretty much coming up to where we have arrived at now. I've taken us through 10 years of Xbox. And it's announced that... Game Pass is a little stagnant. Not saying it's not still doing okay, but it's not really growing. Uh, 30% uh, down in sales of Xbox hardware. Um, then the CMA, the Country Music Awards, no, the uh, the UK board. <laughs> That's what it is. That's it right there. The UK board comes out and blocks the acquisition, says that Microsoft has too strong of a foothold in the cloud market. Not country market. enough. And we're going to come back to all these topics, you know. Uh, too strong of a foothold in the, foot, foothold in the, uh, the cloud market, and that they're going to block the acquisition because if Microsoft was able to acquire Activision Blizzard, when they have such an up in the cloud market, they can make these games exclusive to the cloud and take over that and make it so that no one else could compete in the market. So that gets blocked, which is already a, a really bad. And then, finally, the last straw. Some people had hit their last straw earlier on. I had already hit mine. You'd heard me. I've been bitching about Xbox for quite some time. But this was seemingly the the was it the straw that broke the camel's back right here on on Redfall. Redfall comes out, and not only is it buggy and not ready to be released like most games, unfortunately now today, the game on a structural level at its very core, its foundation of what it is as a game sucks. The game sucks. And I'm not saying just suck. Kid, it's broken. It's broke. Well, it's broken. And even if it was fixed, the, this has been talked about about everyone. It still wouldn't be a good game if it was fixed. It still would be a poor game. And of course, there's opinions, right? It's okay if you like Redfall, think it's a good game. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying the universal opinion, the industry opinion, reviewers, critics, fans, uh, loudly right now, is it's bad. We're seeing review scores like four, three. Lower, you know, the the Metacritic sitting at like a sixty something, and it's in the fifties on PC, so even lower. So, this first release of the promised change of Microsoft with these studios they've acquired and the Game Pass, and this is when things are going to turn around. After all this bad news, we're ten years deep into this this downhill slope for Xbox, and 
uh, Red Redfall sucks. It's just a bad game. Uh, so then, then this is this is kind of the the apex of the situation here. So you know, if you've been in the Discord, you've heard me and Josh be very negative on Xbox this week. Very frustrated. I'm often negative and frustrated about Xbox, but Josh is kind of like more. He's kind of shown up to the party now in a big way this week. And uh, but where this all came to a head, and this is where the rest knock, of the conversation knock. of this podcast will go is that uh, the Kind of Funny X-Cast, which is the uh, Greg Miller's uh, journalism company. Not always company. funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> Greg Miller's journalism company, they have uh, the X-Cast, which is Xbox-exclusive show. And they had already had set up a, a interview with, with Phil um, prior to this bad news, and he decided to come on anyways. And Phil was extremely candid on the show, talked about all the failures of, of Microsoft and Xbox, uh, the poor launch of Redfall, um, you know, the uh, waiting for Starfield to come out, the CMA blocking them. And Phil said a lot of stuff that gave us a lot of material for just some insight into what he acknowledges, how the Xbox community is feeling, and where they're going to go from here. And it's a very bleak spot for Xbox uh, right now. So that's what we're going to talk about. Josh, say anything you want to say and, and give us some of your notes and let's just start picking at this thing. Well, the first thing I want to talk about, dude, is you got me thinking with all the back with the Halo talk, like, you know, buying into the Xbox One was Halo 5, buying into the Series X. I mean, every generation, you know, of Xbox, you've pretty much bought in because of a Halo title. And I'm just at a Halo point Gears Forza. where Halo, I'm, like Halo Gears and, Forza is the, that's the meme. That's it's true. a burger's fries shake, but it's mostly been Halo. Like, I don't think people, the people don't buy consoles, Xbox consoles for Gears. As much as, as great as Gears is, people don't buy consoles for Gears. People don't buy consoles for Forza. People buy into it because of Halos. And then they get the additional uh, fries and shake. But uh, it just makes me realize how, like, I don't want to swear too much in this, but I know I know it's going to slip, so I'm just going to use my one F-bomb here to get the PG-13 rating. Uh, I'm fucking sick of that. Like, I'm so sick of, like, a Halo game's going to be what sells the console, so I buy in because this is an, is an exciting new thing of a franchise I love, and it gets me excited about what's to come, and then nothing's there. Like, I have been an ex... I did not arrive at being a, a, any sense of, like, a brand fan... Uh, until I got an Xbox. I played every console I could. I didn't really play Nintendos as much, but it was just because there wasn't enough there that like made me want it uh, at the times, you know, that they had different consoles. But I played, you know, Dreamcast. I played Sega Saturn. You know, I played, you know, PlayStation 1, 2. You know, any console, you know, or handheld that I was able to play, I was checking out because I just liked all the different offerings. But then I get to Xbox and I'm like, holy cow, I love how this feels. I love the vibe. I still played the other stuff. I still got interested about the other stuff. But then it gets into the 360 era. And Halo 3 is coming out, so I get the 360. But then there's this new game called Gears of War. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Like these guys are making games that like, in the age that I'm growing in, uh, they're making games that feel like like are just what I'm ready for, what I'm wanting. Mm-hmm. They're making the kind of games I want. And then... I'm out of games for like two years. I come back. Brian's telling me stuff about the Master Chief Collection. Brian and Justin are telling me about, oh, they got this, you know, they had this other guy named Don Matrick with a chipped tooth or whatever, and this guy's gone. Or buck teeth, I don't know, whatever. He's got some issue with his teeth. Nothing wrong with that normally, but Don Matrick, fuck that dude. So then you get to Phil Spencer, and they're telling me how this new guy, Phil Spencer, seems pretty good, and things are changing, the connect is separate and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd like to get this. So I get the Xbox One, and... 
I bought into that ecosystem. Phil Spencer said in this interview recently with Kind of Funny Games that they lost the worst console generation to lose, uh, which was the Xbox One PS4 era, because that was the era that people started buying into digital libraries, started building their stuff up. And I did that with Xbox. Every third-party title I got, I got on my Xbox. I didn't get a Sony PlayStation 4 until 2017, but it was like 2015 when I got an Xbox One. So I had two years on PlayStation for myself, building up my digital library. But every E3 that I was paying attention, I kept hoping and waiting for something to grab me personally. And things like Record, things like Crackdown, things like Forza, all this other stuff was not grabbing me. Sea of Thieves seemed interesting, but even at launch, even promoting that game, there was no sense of like campaign, story. It was more, hey, look at four people playing this game, having fun. But I got into it because of Halo. Master Chief was, Master Chief Collection's got to get better at some point, and it does. Halo 5, I still had a great time with that game, despite some of the disappointment that was received overall. But then you get to Xbox Series X, and I'm like, this is the year they got to bring it with 2020. And the showcase seems cool. It's all CGI stuff, aside from Halo, but... It seems interesting. Fable's coming back. Holy cow. Fable Legends got canned. People have been waiting for Fable for forever. Avowed, set in the world of the Pillars of Eternity franchise, sounds very exciting, but it might be like its own kind of like Elder Scrolls Skyrim-y thing. Wow, really cool. We love Obsidian. They always put out great, fun games. You know, can't wait to see what that is. You know, then you got Stalker 2, which got a lot of people excited. And you got a bunch of these other games that got people interested. But Halo Infinite was coming. Bought into that. Now I'm just at this point that Infinite is past its, like, prime or, or past its plateau. And now we're just living in the multiplayer era. So many changes have happened at 343. And a lot of momentum is lost with that that I just, I don't think they'll ever get back. I'm not hating on 343. Uh, I like them. But I'm just saying that, like, I'm so sick of the Halo era of Microsoft because, like, I've depended on that so long to get me excited about Xbox, and there's been nothing else to support it. And when I say that, like, Gears gets me excited. But I can do count on that. I know that's coming. I know a Halo's coming. I know a Forza's coming. What else are you doing from the ground up original IPs to get me excited? And every time they've done something, it's been a game like ReCore. And I've never played ReCore. I'm sure it's really fun. But that game is not a console seller. That is not a game that if you're in high school and you're on the school bus chatting with your friends, you're going to be talking about. That is not a game, if you're going out with your buddies drinking, that you're going to be talking about. Games like Crackdown 3 that disappoint people, that had a lot of anticipation, but had numerous delays. I mean, just underwhelm and under perform so then what's xbox do i mean part part of the thing that bothered me was in this whole xbox one era right i had so much faith in them when i could have lost it because their ecosystem was becoming amazing phil instead of having this like we're gonna beat sony at their own game he's like no i want to see the better bigger picture and i want to do every i want i want to make our own rules i don't want to beat them by the rules they define so he goes and he gets what, what does he do he makes all these acquisitions comes out with backwards compatibility Game that's pass. one I didn't mention. I should have. Yeah. yeah, but that's Keyword. all right. But the Game Pass, uh, adaptive controllers for for those that are disabled, um, custom controller stuff. You know, like the Elite Series controller and all this stuff. Uh, different versions of the One X console at the time. You know, and now the Series X. So people have their choice depending on how they want to play. Uh, I mean, all subscription that plan. If you can't afford so, the console, straight up, you can buy the console over subscription. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So they come out with all these roundabout things. So in this roundabout way, it feels like okay. We're going somewhere, and it's all going to culminate in the Xbox Series era. That's where we're really going to see the payoff, because obviously these acquisitions are going to take time to make the games they're making. We're not going to see it this gen. This gen's already an L. But 
they're building, you know, they're taking time. It's 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 almost like like someone that's going through a weight loss journey and like they're in the dark right now. You know that they're going to the gym, but you're not seeing the results yet. But you know you're gonna they're gonna have that selfie on Facebook and you're gonna be like, Holy shit. Wow. You look hot. <laughs> but three years into this and nothing. And I I feel like what's got see, and for you guys that that, that don't know. The internet is just at a collective in the gaming industry is at a collective breaking point right now because there are people that love Xbox that, you know, shout out to someone like Wesley who's not too affected by this. He's just happy to play the games. He's content. He's having a good time. He's he's living it up. But then you got other people who just want so badly, like Brian and I, for Xbox to succeed that are just getting to the point where it's like, I'm running out of excuses. And in fact, I'm past beyond the point of running out of excuses. I, I'm sick of it because... You know, I, 2020 was hard for everybody, P- and people don't give enough credit still to this day, I think, for the developers and what people went through trying to make games. It wasn't only just there's a pause on making games, but now you have to figure out a way to make it while social distancing. You know, it was a lot of changes, and we're still kind of like in the sort of after effect of that. You know, we're not quite past that in some ways. So you get to 2021, you get to 2022. And the thing is, is in 2021, Xbox had their best year in a long time. Forza Horizon 5 was considered by many a game of the year. Like, not a contender, a game of the year. Halo Infinite came out. Psychonauts 2 came out. They had a couple others. I think Age of Empires is exclusive to them. But, like, they had some good titles in there. But then I think they were publisher of the year or something Yeah, 2022 comes out, though. And nothing at all. And even then, I think 2022 for Xbox was most known as the year that all the shit happened at 343 and just changed completely. One by one, people are leaving. And that took that took notice because, like, Halo is all they got. Like, it, Halo, Halo is their, like, mascot, uh, and they don't have anything else to support that. And so then when Redfall comes out, this is the first game in the acquisition. So three years, three years prior, in 2020, was when the Bethesda you know, uh, and everyone under them acquisition happened. So for three years, people were waiting to see like what them and Xbox were going to put out. The first game was Redfall and I'm blowing smoke up both of our buttholes, but Brian and I just, this, this felt like a game that's like, you know, there's that one saying, I I think it's in the water boy, but the mom's like, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? And I (laughs) thought, is this where you want, is this the game you want to kick off with for this new era? Like, it's all about there's a m- m- momentum is definitely a thing first impressions are a thing and this is the game a four player co-op that is essentially a dead trend and that's what you want to release as the game to kind of set the stage of expectations of what's to come because now that this game has become DOA it's making people not only worry about Starfield, but worry about Xbox. There's people online that are calling for Phil's firing now. And I mean, I, I say, we're going to talk about all this stuff, but like it's safe to assume. I mean, I think we both agree that's a little ridiculous. We love Phil. We want Phil to stay there. But it's at that point because people are like pulling their hair out, super frustrated. And it's just this up and down slope of like, Xbox, you seem like you got, like you're putting in the work. You're not like, you're putting in the work to make it seem like there's an actual you're, substance you're to what seed you're doing. In the ground, but it's yeah, not growing. But it's not growing, and and uh, it's not bearing fruit. And look, Phil also says in this interview, you know, that like he feels he, you know, I mean, he says a lot in this interview. If you guys listen to it, this is the most. This is the thing. I'm all over the place. So hopefully, you know, I'm sure you're taking mental notes too, Brian. I but, am. Uh, I'm running. This out is space. fun. This is fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But 
this is and if you guys go watch this or listen to it this is the only time I've ever seen Phil frustrated I've never seen him frustrated up until yep. this point and it, like he's visibly upset and disappointed and he feels bad he apologizes he takes all the faults he has a lot of corpo speak and I don't blame anyone for still saying that's not good enough like I don't care about anything he says here until they deliver but he does say that to his credit but he mentions a lot in here that like the stuff that they have cooking even though he feels optimistic you know it doesn't really matter until you got the controller in your hands and you're playing the game but he did say he felt optimistic he felt good about hitting getting ready getting to the point where they can finally start hitting quarterly releases he said a lot of that stuff and i'm getting ahead but i say that because i feel like they probably have like maybe when we get to the showcase and stuff like that i feel like they're probably going to have a lot of cool reveals a lot of cool things to show and maybe not maybe it'll be so bad but i feel like they have a lot of good stuff finally cooking ready to come out of the oven it's dinging you know it's done the tea's ready but you have the cma blocking you have redfall taking a shit you have the hardware the hardware sales reporting loss it's just one thing after another and because we can't see what's on the other side of the wall all we can see is this stuff and it's got it's a collective build up to the breaking point you're a little more optimistic than I am, Josh, because I don't even believe in that what's over the hill because we've been looking at over the hill for 10 years. I don't know what to think different. about it, honestly, Brian. I don't know yeah. because it's like well, I want to hope that I'll see show me that I shouldn't, I shouldn't trust that they have stuff in the future because it's 10 years of I, them not saying and not having it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just what it's what Phil said. Like, and I like you're saying, I mean, there's very much a, a possibility that some awesome stuff's coming our way because of all these acquisitions and things that we know are working on. I mean, I can only imagine if Starfield, Fable, Avowed, you know, um, Perfect Dark, if these things were all good, like having all those games on Xbox exclusive, that's going to be awesome. But I don't believe, I don't, I'm not waiting. I have no belief that that's going to happen because I've been hearing this exact same thing for 10 years. I got so much I want to say to what you said, Josh. Let me say a couple things. First off, um, you got to think, guys, we're three years into this generation. This is three years. It is abysmal what Microsoft has done in three years. Think about the first three years of the 360. You had Halo 3, Gears of War 1, Gears of War 2. Uh, you had uh, Mass Effect Crackdown 1. Crackdown games. You had Crackdown, which, I mean, the yeah. first one was super successful. So yeah. Well, yeah. You had Crackdown. You had uh, Mass <laughs> Brian, Effect. Brian, like, I didn't play it. But yeah, yeah, well, I did play it, actually. Uh, you had uh, Mass Effect 1, which was Halo exclusive beta. to the console. You had, I mean, you had a lot. You had Bioshock. You had Oblivion. I know these became third party, but they were exclusive to Xbox when they came out. It, right. was, a, it was banging, right? Like, three years into Xbox Series X, what do we have? We have... Halo Infinite, which me and Josh love unabashedly, but it had a ton of problems, and the industry culturally sees it as a misstep in many ways. Um, I don't blame them. I think we, they're right. So, yes, yeah, so we have Halo Infinite. We have Redfall, which is crap. Um, what else? What else has there been in three years for Xbox? I guess we had, we had good Forza. Yeah, it's an empty wet good fart, Good Forza. Dude. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a tumbleweed it's rolling just, across. It's nothing. It's so bad. And meanwhile, meanwhile, at Sony... Oh my gosh, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Um, we've gotten, uh, what else have we gotten? I know there's plenty more, but... See, I think, I think, uh, I, I know, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I'm looking at Sony a lot more. But I will say they haven't put out much either. They put out night and day better games. They put out night really? and day more. Really? I think more. they put out a lot. It feels like 10 to 1, but they haven't. I don't think they have. Like Miles really? Morales, I mean, that was a 2020 game. God of War Ragnarok was just last year. Yeah, Horizon's but it was still on year. the... You know, Elden PS5, Ring was a big though. game, but it was like a multi-plat. But yeah, but I mean, like, 
that's like one. I mean, to be fair, like I think Halo or I'm sorry, Microsoft has put out mostly like at least one popular game a year. But that's really all they can hit, aside from 2022. Aside hasn't from, Sony put out a super popular game, more than one super popular game every year of this generation? I don't know. I mean, well, I, I mean, you could count games like Returnal, but I, I don't, well, I don't they care had, about that. 2020, they had Demon Souls Remake and Spider-Man Miles Morales and Spider-Man right. Remastered all in 2020, which all people love. It's hard for me to count Remastered, but I would, it's fair. I mean, I would definitely fair. count the other two, for sure. That's and fair. I know Demon Souls. Uh, Demon's 2021... 2021, yeah, they had they had remastered, they had return, you had they had Returnal. Um, what was um, was it? What else came out? Yeah, there, there was there was more. Wasn't it Horizon? It, no, I'm thinking 20. That's no, 2022. Because 2022 had Horizon and it had God of War. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, I, I I guess I can't keep. But anyways, it's night and day still. Even if you don't think it's, I think Sony's output's been outstanding for these three years. Josh doesn't think so particularly, but either way, it's, it's still better been than better than Xbox. Xbox Night. Much better than 100%. Xbox. 100. percent um, but, uh, man, where was I going with that? Um, but you know, when I, when I gave the 10 year history of Xbox, the last 10 year history, I, I was just giving the history of where the missteps have been, where, where it began. We skipped over, you know, the first 10 years of Xbox because the Xbox original and 360 was freaking amazing. It was awesome. That was our, our favorite times in gaming. So we have, we're at the point now where 50% of Xbox's time, uh, as a console manufacturer, has been bad, more bad than good. Now, bad is a strong word, and then but then Are you taking sure? that, and going off of something, going off of something that you said about Wesley, and I don't want to make Wesley like uh, the punching bag here because I think he makes some really good points, and I'm going to read his his email as well. Um, but the thing that, that Wesley, you said about Wesley is he's really happy right now with Xbox because for him it's just a great, uh, powerful console that plays. Most all games that exist are there. You know, Sony exclusives, Nintendo exclusives obviously aren't, but 90 plus percent of the games are playable on this fantastic system with Game Pass and backwards compatibility. It's a great console with great with great games. They're not great Microsoft games. That there's not that many of those, but there's all the games. But there is a point where I would say, you know, Xbox as a platform, my, Xbox as a in competition, they're failing massively, and I think if and I, I think if we're talking about Wesley here, you know, our friend Wesley, if he, from his perspective, it's more about he's living his life, and he's got more important things to care about than video games, and he's just happy with it. That's a perfectly good place to be, and that's a fair, healthy place to be. But if you are a fan of Xbox as a brand, if you are a fan of this console and what Microsoft does, I don't know if it's good to be happy with the state of Xbox. I don't know if it's good to be now. If, like I said, if you if you're not that invested in the politics of it, that's fair. But like, if you want success for Microsoft, if you want success for Xbox, I don't know if it's that good of an idea to lay down and say this is fine. I'm happy because. They're not winning. They're not succeeding. I'm not talking about console wars. They're not winning in the sense they're not selling more than Sony. They're just not doing well. They're looked at as the weak competitor. They're looked at the ones that have no games. They're looked at as the ones that you don't need to buy their console because there's really no reason. You know, even stuff like Game Pass's offerings are getting to be not as good as they used to be. So while there's plenty good about the console and it's a perfectly fine console, it also just 
it's like do something Xbox, do something Microsoft, and please we want we me and Josh and I think most people we want to see Xbox succeed. We want to see Xbox be badass. But as me and Josh being the self-proclaimed positive people of Halo for all those years and positive like podcasters, positive people, there it gets to a point where just like saying everything's fine and being positive doesn't it's not gonna help at all no, and I push it I was forward. Say, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Wesley's like laying down and being content with the Xbox stuff. Because I mean I I get it from a sense. It's like that's what we did with Halo. All this bad shit was going on and we just looked at the bright side of things and we're like, you know what? Yeah. With campaign's fun, the multiplayer seems pretty good at the time, you know, and uh we were pretty content. And so I mean I don't blame them because some people I don't blame I mean, them. But we, I, I also mean, to know be, that you know yeah. I know there's a lot of people out there listening that like don't give a heck about the exclusives though they will buy into a brand because of the ecosystem or just like with nintendo you buy in for the wholesomeness the colorful characters and all that type of stuff you know playstation you got your big triple a exclusives right now xbox just got a good ecosystem i think they've got the best one but that is not a reason to buy the console and at this point with also how much microsoft has been showing it's another thing worth mentioning they've been showing off their games that are P, like PC gameplay. You're not seeing an actual representation of what you're going to get on the console a lot of times. And that's what sucks. I mean, another thing that happened with Redfall, the first red flag was the announcement that it was going to be 30 FPS and they weren't going to hit the 60 mark by launch. And I I'd mean, that was the I'm, second red flag. I think the first red flag was saying this is a single player arcane traditional game, but it has four-player co-op, and that's what we're marketing. Oh, by the and that's way, another you have thing. to be online at all times for this game to work. Yeah, that, and then they walk that back, and then they're like, we're, we're going to be fixing that in post. But it's like, why from a concept that's a dead trend, why do you have, like, Feels chasing like late dead 360 trends trend. sucks. Yes, I'm so, this is the one thing I'm sick of with Xbox is the most, is most of their games on Game Pass, bro, a lot of them are co-op. And look, I love being able to play with my friends. I don't do it a whole lot. But being older, I want a lot of single-player games. Where am I getting that? Over at PlayStation HQ, baby. Where am I getting that? At Nintendo HQ. Yep. I'm so... Like, don't get me wrong. Like, when the Halo had their announcement, uh, when Infinite had the announcement, that they weren't going to be having co-op at launch. That was a huge blow. What Halo hasn't launched without co-op? It's like, now we're really in the drizzling shits with Halo because Halo yeah. 5 didn't ship with Big Team Battle Forge, but we got it a little bit after. This isn't even having co-op at launch? Bro. But I didn't care because I was going to... Like, the game was coming out, and I was going to be able to play campaign. And even though I thought it should have been delayed, I'd say even now up until this year, uh, I was still looking at it optimistically. But I don't blame people that are just enjoying things where they at because they just some people don't want to they don't give a shit about exclusives they don't give a shit about you know they, they just if their games are there and they can play it um they can and i mean like a teenager i i don't i wouldn't blame a parent for buying their teenager an xbox all consoles because if they just pay a monthly fee they don't ever yeah. they get the kids yeah. get access to this whole library which is essentially going into like an old family video you know a blockbuster or something like that so i don't like again i'm with you too like i i mean they have this whole cool ecosystem and it's like that's cool microsoft but if you don't have the games there then it doesn't matter to a lot of people. So for people like us guys, for those, I mean, I, I don't know how many of you guys have your ear space to the, the discord or the Twitter, but for us, the triple a stuff is really what matters. Like we have both Brian and I have a Nintendo, a PlayStation and an Xbox. We like each three, but we're so sick of the Xbox shit because we remember a time when they were putting out bangers and it's just not anymore. 
Yeah, well, exclusives are where the conversations lie, right? And there's there's two elements to this. There's the there's the super nerdy industry industry people like well, I don't want to say okay. I'm, what I'm trying to say is Josh and I are not industry people, but we we care deeply. We're we're plugged into the industry. We're constantly looking at news every day. We're constantly following the topics. People like Brian, us, did you especially. See this? Oh, yep, already. Yeah, exactly. We've already seen it. So it's like people like us. We're looking for these tentpole titles, and we're and we're part of our gaming as a hobby is the anticipation for these big games that come out every year. A lot of times they're third party, but it, just as often their first party, right? Like last year, it was like Horizon Forbidden West, Elden Ring, uh, God of War. You know, this year it's been uh, Hogwarts Legacy, Jedi Survivor. Um, you know, Redfall was gonna be one. You know. We're waiting, Starfield, we're waiting for these big games, and that's what we, we, we look for. So that's important for, for us, but then there's also the element of, like, for instance, my wife teaches at school. She has kids in her classes, and the kids, she hears them talk about the games they're wanting to play. And what are the kids talking about? They're talking about God of War Ragnarok, Hogwarts Legacy, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. You know, the kids are saying, this is what kids are talking about in grade school, because... These are the thing. This is what keeps the industries like it's it's not really new information, guys. Like, what is the flow of conversation around the industry? It is certain games and the hype that surrounds them, and the anticipation, and and just what these teams have been able to pull off. Right now, Jedi Survivor is probably the most recent like really good game that people are like, yeah. wow, you know. And that's the and now everyone's well, waiting for. Tears of the Kingdom. That'll be the next one. Then it's going to be Diablo 4, Final Fantasy 16, Starfield. That's the flow of things. That's pretty common for people to care about. This, but it's so rough to be in that space. If you're an Xbox-only person, what have you you've you haven't got to be a part of the conversation for Ragnarok, for Tears of the Kingdom, for Mario Odyssey, for Last of Us Part 2. I could go on and on. Spider-Man 2 is going to be coming out this year. Yeah. Now, if Starfield's great. That's going to be awesome, and it's we've heard this in other podcasts and other YouTube like channels and stuff. Is there's an element, even if you're not a console fanboy, even if you're an adult who's responsible, there's a little bit of pride you wear, being able to say, "I have the console that plays Halo Combat Evolved. I have the console that plays Ocarina of Time. I have the console that plays the Grand Theft Auto games." You know. Yeah, I I have God of War. I have Jack and Daxter. I have Ratchet and Clank. What has been the pride for Xbox exclusive owners? Like, what game has? What is a game that you've universally been able to go out in public? There's always going to be haters, but what game has come out on Xbox? You're going to be able to universally go out and say, "We got that game." I remember when Josh and I could go out and say, "We got Gears," and people would be like, "Damn, we got Halo." Damn, we got Fable. Damn, you know, like holy shit. That every cool. time they come out with like some big AAA game which there hasn't been a lot of variety of, but when they have, there's always a stopgap between that and the next one. You have Sony, which even though I feel like their stuff has been a bit spaced out, it's been, there's always, you, you play a new one, then there's always another one on the horizon, on not the horizon, too far yeah. away. Xbox doesn't have that. And yeah. the thing that sucks too is that Starfield got people excited from the reveal, even though it, would look, it looked kind of janky and buggy from the reveal, I think, personally. It's it just still we know got what people excited. Of. And we know that this game in particular is a system seller. Like, And that is that is the... Like, Jeff, I didn't tell you, Jeff just bought an uh, Xbox Series S the other day because of Starfield. 
Like Starfield oh, was the reason he bought it. And I want to so get got, into Starfield talk. I got so yeah. much I want to talk about. We'll come back. So to. you got that game that's going to come out, and people were already excited for that. People were already looking forward to that. And obviously, there's some anxiety bubbling around it right now. But the pressure is like because it's it, it, like the pressure has now fallen on Starfield so much more than was already there to just be a be a game of a generation. Because it, and, it, and I like I want to clarify, it's not because Redfall like is just like a game, you know, that isn't like on that level. It's also because it just it's that first game after three and years and that acquisition, and it's so it's not even like a game that just needs patched in. Like something something like Jedi Survivor, uh, clearly the foundation is there for a great game, but it has performance issues that can get fixed. Redfall is fundamentally broken. Like Fallout seventy six levels, you know what I'm talking about? Like MCC well, even if level. it wasn't broken, so, it's still not a good game fixed. That's right. That's but the I'm just saying it's so it's so deep in that that you know it's making people worried about what's to come next because they didn't seem like they were afraid to delay a game. They did it with Starfield. Todd Howard gave the date, but they still released the a infinite, game like whole this. Year delay. And here's the thing too: is the showcase. I feel like. I've been saying this for like weeks, and maybe I'll end up being wrong, but I feel like this showcase is like the make or break moment for Xbox in their history because every, I mean, we've come, everyone has loved Phil and sucked his cock for like 10 years, and now everyone is, a lot of people out there saying fire Phil. A lot of people are pissed at Xbox. And the, and I say this because the thing is, is that he makes it sound like on the show that we can finally expect to maybe see some gameplay of games like Fable, of games like Avowed, and, and maybe we'll get an announcement, hypothetically. This is just me drinking the hopium that maybe we'll see a release date for Hellblade near the end of this year. But even then, even if we get all that somehow, even if that happens, what are we going to see from Xbox that gets us excited about what's next? Because we spent three years waiting for every one of those games I just mentioned. I don't want to wait another three years for all these games. And it's safe to assume that won't happen. But like that's what they have to prove to us. And that's where they're at is like... Is make or break time. Like it's show and tell. Because if they don't, like, you're going to see a drop off. You're going to see. There's the Xbox fanboys like me that are going to sit there and be like, I'll always try to find something to look forward to with them and be on the bright side. But at the same time, when you cut your losses and just say, like, dude, it's just not working. Like it's a relationship that, like, you say you're going to fix it and you show it, like, that day. And then the next day I wake up, like, you're, you're back to your bullshit. Like, yeah. I'm sick of it. See, Josh, I feel a little differently. I actually don't think this showcases the make or break moment. I think we're past it. I think it's already broke. I think we're already in the broke period, um, which I, I I have something to say about that. I can I can take this further, but I, I think what we're seeing now with stagnant Game Pass and hardware sales down and the CMA block and, and all this stuff, it just it we're bro- It's already broke. They're making it or break it. They've had several of those. And it's just, it. we're at, this is the point. This is why the conversation is so big right now. This is why everyone's talking about it. Because it has broken. Phil talks about if Starfield was an 11 out of 10 game, that's not going to fully turn things around for them. I agree with that 100%. Because it's already at a breaking point. Now here's something, this is on topic and this is what I want to say. Phil Spencer says something in... He, most everything he said, I, I liked. He was actually candid. He was actually honest. The one thing I didn't like, he said, and, and this, is, this is kind of one of the biggest pull quotes of the thing, is he's like, people just think that if we put out great games, people are going to go sell their PS5s and buy Xboxes and will win the console war. And he says that that's just ridiculous. That's not going to happen. And that 
You know, the Xbox, as Josh Ruiz said, the Xbox One generation was the hardest generation to lose because everyone built their digital libraries and most people built them on the PS4. He's right and wrong about some things here. Here's where he's right. People did build their game libraries. The main reason that I still have an Xbox is I have such an astronomically huge game library on my Xbox. The Xbox is a great console with with a great library of games, not exclusive, but great library of games. I never feel like I can get rid of my Xbox because I'm so I'm more I actually have more money put into my game library on Xbox than I do Sony. I have pretty a lot in Sony also, but way more in Xbox. So he's right about people aren't likely to give up what they've put their their money into for their game library. He's right about that. And I think that mostly applies to people like moms coming in and buying their kid a console. Well, I bought my kid an Xbox One, and we bought him all these games with our credit card. He's getting a Series X. They bought a PS4, they're getting a PS5. I do think that in a very mainstream way, you know, like as far as buying a console for little Johnny for Christmas, you're going to do what comes next. But where I think he is complete, now I don't, I almost, this sounds kind of full of it, but I don't think he's wrong. I know he's wrong. He says that uh, good games aren't, good games aren't the path to success. They absolutely are. If Microsoft's concern is winning, like being number one, it's pretty unlikely they'll ever be number one, period, in gaming again. But none of us really care that much about them being number one. We just care about them being awesome and being and putting out great stuff. Look at Nintendo. I know Nintendo's selling astronomical amount of Switches. I think they've actually sold more Switches than PS4. But in a sense, I think you'll most of you will understand what I'm saying. Sony's still beating Nintendo, right? Like Sony, Nintendo's this side thing, right? You know, that's what Sony has, or my, or, I'm sorry, Nintendo has positioned themselves as the additional console. You buy the Wii with your PlayStation. You buy the, the Wii U with your Xbox. You buy the Switch with your PS5, whatever. So Not if you're Nestor, baby. He's buying into that thing. No, there you go. First but he has an Xbox, months. though. He has an Xbox, though. See what I'm saying? Like, you always, Nintendo is the console you get with another console. Not many people are Nintendo-exclusive console owners. They're usually the supplemental console. So mm-hmm. Sony is the winner, right? Sony's in first first place constantly. But everyone wants to buy a Nintendo because they have such fire games. No one looks at Nintendo as a joke. No one looks at Nintendo as losing because everyone wants a Switch and Zelda and Mario and, and Metroid Prime, all this stuff. Um, that's all Microsoft needs to do to win. And I'm not saying win be the best, I'm saying make tons of money, tons of profit, have people sign up to Game Pass, have people buy Xbox, have people get excited for Xbox, talk about Xbox. All you got to do is put out good games. Like, if if I, if I literally, dude, if in the next year I have, this is not going to happen the next year, if I have Hellblade 2, Starfield, Fable, Avowed, Perfect Dark, if I had all five of them games in the next year or two, and they were all at least really good, if not great... It's going to feel so freaking badass to be an Xbox fan. And I'm going to tell people, like I got my friend Michael, he's in the Discord, I, a friend from, from that I know in person as well. I've been, I tried to get him to buy an Xbox when Halo Infinite was coming out because of the hype. He almost did it. He ended up not doing it. I think he made the right move because it ended up not being worth buying a whole other... He already has a PS5 and a Switch. He didn't end up doing it. But if, if those five games came out and they were fire, I'm going to go to my friends like Michael and I'm going to say, dude... Xbox is so badass. We got Perfect Dark. Hell, dude, you can't miss out on Hellblade 2. You can't skip Starfield. You got to get an Xbox. And it's not going to be me being a fanboy shill as much as it's going to be, dude, it's freaking awesome being on Xbox. You got to get one. 
And that's what's going to sell the consoles. That's what's going to sell the game. Because I'm going to say, dude, you know, Michael, if you just buy the game, if you just buy the Xbox, you're going to get Starfield. You're going to get Hellblade 2. You're going to get all that with Game Pass. Oh, you used to be a fan of Gears and Halo on the 360 days? They're all backwards compatible. They're in Game Pass. You can get that too. We're just going to go out there and we're going to all market for Microsoft for free because it feels so cool. That's what I was doing during the 360 days. I'd see them over there playing like Infamous 2 and like Sly Cooper on PlayStation 3, and I'd be like, dude, I got gears. And oh, yeah, Halo. bro, enjoy your kill zone. I'm over here playing Halo 3. I'm like, my dude, friend. seriously, get a 360, yeah. man. And that's what we're going to do. All they have to do is make great games. And maybe Phil spoke in a not maybe the best way because he was frustrated. Maybe he looks back and says, I could have chose my words differently. I'd almost guess that because Smart's extremely Phil. Or, so I said Smart's extremely Phil. Yeah, I was like, what? Phil's extremely smart. Way smarter than we are. He knows he knows that good games are going to sell the platform. But I think he was just trying to say, you know, we're pivoting with the cloud and the Game Pass and all this stuff. And game and good games is not enough to make us first place. But we don't care if you're first place. We just want you to give us a, re- a reason to be proud of your console and proud of what you're doing. You know, you guys are they're so upset about this Activision Blizzard deal. And it not going through, but as has been said many times, you guys have so many studios and so many IP and so much money. There is no reason why you shouldn't be able to match Sony one to one for as many good exclusive games as they have coming out. And there's there's so many ways that Microsoft is already ahead of Sony, honestly, that if they could just match them on the single player games, holy shit, things would be going good for them. They have a way better service with Game Pass than what Sony has. Sony's service is a joke. The PlayStation Plus, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, uh, premium, is a joke compared to Game Pass. Backwards compatibility, it's a joke compared to Xbox. Cloud integration, it's a joke compared to Xbox. Like, there's so many different ways. If you can't afford an Xbox, you can get a subscription plan where you pay for the console over time with your Game Pass and you don't have to... There's so many ways that Microsoft is factually doing better than than uh than sony actually i would even say that their ability to like put out uh live and i know halo infinite's a terrible example their ability to like do the whole live service ecosystem mm-hmm. cloud multiplayer angle also better on xbox that's why sony acquired bungie they want to get into that market they're much more the single player type but it's just that microsoft is failing so poorly on one of the central cores of what makes a console worth buying, which is the exclusives. It doesn't, I, I would say single player exclusive, but it doesn't even have to be single player. I mean, if Redfall was a 10 out of 10, doesn't matter that it's that it's multi, mostly multiplayer. It would still be, I mean, if Fortnite was an Xbox exclusive, holy shit, right? You know what I mean? So they're just failing in that one thing so bad. And we've seen, Josh has already said it, and I'm going around and around. They've just, they've made so many good moves in so many areas. The acquisitions, the, the game pass, the, uh, the backwards compatibility, the console itself, the Xbox Whoa. Series X is such a premium piece of of, of, of hardware. They got to change the narrative, man. They have to put out good games. I I agree and I disagree with some of the stuff about you said about Phil because okay. I feel like when I heard that that it was just I've, I saw it on Twitter especially and it was getting so taken out of context and so misconstrued. Okay. And to me, when he said that like we can't just put out games and that be the be all end all. Like, that's not going to be, you know, we can't put out a, a one game to rule them all type of thing, he said, which I love the Lord of the Rings reference. I but, love that too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, to me, what that's saying is, it's, it's like a mama mentality of, you know, if you define your success by someone else's rules, you've already lost. You're, I you've agree already with failed. that. And I, I think, that. like, what he's trying to say is, 
is look, he's trying to look at the bigger picture, and he, it's coming right at the end of the show. He doesn't have much time. So I think what he's trying to say is that we can't, like, yes, we do have to put out AAA games. We have to put out bangers. But we can't just do that. We have to have all this other stuff, too. I agree because, with you. Yeah. Because, you know, so what Sony's doing is they put out these games. That's what they're known for. And that's, I mean, that's why people like Brian have shifted over because Brian is 10 to 1 more passionate than me about video games. I'm more of a movie guy these days. Brian's 10 to 1 about that. Brian will check out new games. Brian will replay games. Brian will just go over, back, left, and right, all around, talking, thinking, obsessing about games, ranking games, getting in the community with people and talking about it. There's a reason the Twitter has 12 uh, 12.4K followers, even though I'm running it. It went from like 500 likes a post to 30. So that tells you how good Brian is and how passionate he is with that stuff. So Brian buys into that stuff because number one thing he wants is to play video games. And they're putting out exclusives he can't get anywhere else. But then you go on Xbox and there just ain't shit. So I understand that Phil's trying to say like, to me, I take it as you have to have not just that. You know, you can't just have great food at a restaurant. You got to have great service. You got to have great dining areas. You got to have great glasses, silverware. You got to have a great overall experience. And they built up the foreground of that. They built up the foundation, but there is literally nothing to jump off of with that. And I mean, I would even say to your credit, Brian, I mean, I love what you said about how, like, imagine telling friends that, like, oh, wow, we got this. We got Perfect Dark. We got Fable. We got, you know, Halo and all this stuff. I don't even think that's enough at this point because it's like, what's next? What's beyond that? These are the games we know that's coming. What else are you doing? Because I'm so sick of Microsoft putting out a game and then it's like, oh, great. This is fun. But as I'm playing it, I'm like, Another three years or another two years or another, you know, like another console generation waiting. Like the great thing about Sony is, like I said, there's always something to look forward to with Xbox. There's not with Xbox. It's it's in this vast beyond of like, well, I mean, people have had and this is the problem, too, with expectations, with momentum, with uh, I mean, just first impressions, period. A game like Avowed that they show off at 2020 as a CG trailer. okay, and I'm going to put Fable in this category, too. You have two games that are both CG trailers. We have no idea what those games look like in gameplay. Now, I'll pull Fable out of this part because people know mostly what to expect from Fable. It's an established IP, right? But Avowed is the only thing that's similar that people can pull from is that it it takes place in the Pillars of Eternity universe of Aora, I think it's called. But other than that, the game is fundamentally completely different than those games. It's a first-person game. People have had three years to picture what that game looks like in their mind. And it's got them hyped because they have nothing else to go off on. Now, people had 30 years to picture what was going to happen with Luke Skywalker, with Han Solo, Leia, Chewbacca, Han, I mean, uh, Lando, everybody. So expectations get built up over this huge period of time. And those play a huge factor in the defining results of an experience. So when Avowed gets revealed, it's entirely possible. Like, this is the most excited, or I'm sorry, this is the most, this game is the most interested uh, one I'm, I am to hear more about. I, I know Fable's probably going to be fun. You know, Perfect Dark's going to be probably super interesting. you got other people like In Exile and other stuff. They're cooking up stuff, right? You know, but something like Avowed has got me very interested because it's going to be a while before we still get another Elder Scrolls. And this makes it sound like Obsidian's crack at like an Elder Scrolls game. 
but I've had three years to kind of imagine what this looks like. I just, what I just say, I said, it looks, you know, it's, it's like they're cracking an Elder Scrolls game. What if it's nothing like that? We have no idea what to expect, but we've had three years to try to figure that out for ourselves. So when that game comes out and what they show off, it's possible it could completely disappoint people. Whereas another game like like a state of play that Sony does and puts out, that's a big surprise. It could be a little bit different, but it won't disappoint people because they've not had three years of just going off a cinematic trailer. You know what I mean? It's like... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think I think I think we're actually in complete agreement. We might just be slightly missing each other in a little bit, a little part, but I think we're actually in complete agreement. What you said about, you know, they have all these things lined up. They're doing so well, and you know, you saying that like it's not just about the AAA game only. Like like Phil said, you know, like that's just not enough. I agree with you. What I think's happened is Microsoft's built a Ferrari with, and they forgot the key to start it. Yeah, because they they have the they have the Ferrari. They have an awesome console itself. They have an awesome service, Game Pass, amazing backwards compatibility, uh, the best cloud service anyone has. They have uh, amazing controller. I mean, they have literally everything. But here's the thing: it's like a Ferrari without the key. It all of it really means nothing without the exclusives yeah, that matter. One hundred percent. Yeah. So. I agree with what Phil's saying there, but I'm just what I'm saying is you're completely right about that, Phil. But like, if you don't have the exclusives, we're gamers are just overlooking everything else. We just don't care. Like, we get to play God of War Ragnarok on Sony. We get to play Breath of the Wild on Switch. Mm-hmm. We don't get to play anything like that on your console. So I don't care how great your backwards compatibility is, how great your Game Pass is. Here's the thing too: it's like. I know, and this I don't want to. I don't want to sound shitty when I say this. I, I mean this in a very fair, nice way. Like some people are definitely financially struggling so hard. Game Pass is the only way they're going to play games, and that is amazing. And I am so glad that's there. Yeah. But in my experience, even people I have known who make barely any money at all, who are already in debt, to hardly have a cent to their name. They will go out and buy the iPhone over the Nokia knockoff. Yeah. They will go out and buy uh, $70 Tears of the Kingdom or whatever other game, $70 Final Fantasy 16 over a Game Pass subscription. They don't have the money. It's not logical. It makes no sense. But they want the big shiny. They want the good thing. They want the, the big iPhone. shiny. The big shiny. That. That's just that's how people work, right? Like I'm not saying no one out there would choose a Game Pass subscription over some of the best games this industry has to offer, but most people are going to pull they're going to pull the trigger. They're going to do it anyways. So, it doesn't matter how much Microsoft has all these other things lined up. I think was it was it kind of funny or some other people were talking about like having the dominoes lined up. Yeah. You can have all the dominoes lined up, but if there's no one there to hit the first domino, it's all worthless. You're not knocking all, down, yeah, no, absolutely. It's all pointless. And and then the thing that I think I didn't meant, I didn't say to to your, to your credit, I didn't say, but when I said like I'll go to my friends and say, oh, perfect dark, avowed Hellblade two, and you said that's not enough, Brian. What I'm saying is, I was saying under the assumption that those games have released and all the other studios are about to bring us more in the years to come. Like oh, the next then year. Absolutely, yeah, sure. And if, if they're able to give us what we've seen and then like all the studios they've acquired just start knocking them down and like, okay, we got all those games and then 2024, here's another game or two. 2025, here's another game or two. Holy shit. 
that's that's what I'm talking about. Obviously, they can't if they dropped every if they dropped all five of them bangers this year and then just screwed off for two more years again. They're going to be right back in this position. It, gamers want the new thing. If, if there's nothing new, we're going to forget about it. We're going to move on. Like look at the 360 generation. I feel like for a lot of for most people, the 360 generation was just way cooler than the PS3 generation. But it took less than a year for everyone to just abandon Xbox and go to PS4 because well, that's, that's where the cool shit was. That's why I think this gen- the state of uh, the showcase is going to matter because it's like it's like a glass half empty, glass half full thing, it's right? Gonna it's going to matter. Like, big there's so right. much. There's just so much buildup of like waiting. And I think ever like I, re- I remember when the Starkville delay came out and everyone was like, oh, like it was heartbreaking. But then eventually everyone got past it. It was like a normal thing. And then Ragnarok came out and stuff like that. And, you know, stuff shifted because people like 2022 was kind of across the board, mostly a dry year. But you had some hits kind of in the beginning and in the end. But in the middle, it was nothing. It's like a sandwich with nothing in the middle. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I look at it now and it's just it's frustrating for me because like I want to see what's coming. I want to see what's like what's ahead but I also haven't even seen what's supposed to be coming soon. And so, I mean, I, it's, it's hard, too, because I look at Phil and I think what he's saying, you know, I mean, there's a couple things I, I like. I, I'm all over the place. But if I could throw a bone at Xbox, it's like, look, the pandemic happened. And even prior to that, you know, there was acquiring of these studios. And something like the initiative is a culmination of people. It's the same situation as 343 in the sense that you're bringing together people. They're a rookie developing studio. And you have someone like, uh, is it Playground Games developing Fable, Brian? It's Playground yeah. Games, correct? Yeah. So yep. these guys are like 3432 in the sense that they're inheriting an already established IP and they're supposed to somehow make this and knock this out of the park right away. That's what we all want and we expect. That's not fair. And I don't I don't think in any scenario is that fair. Do they Should they put out a good, acceptable game? Absolutely. But I'm just saying that like there have been a lot of situations. I think Jason Schreer reported uh, like last year that Avowed has gone through a lot of changes. You know, there's stuff like that that goes on that we just don't know about, and everyone just assumes like you guys have had X amount of years put out a great game, but you don't think about the behind the scenes aspects of it. You don't think about what's probably cut, what they can't probably do, things that people that have to get brought in. I mean, like three four three sucks. Like I loved a lot of the people there. But just the work culture, the foundation, it fucking sucks because, like, how many times have they had to bring in other people to help them out? And I don't think that's a sign of weakness. I just think that, like, these people who inherited a franchise and they've had it essentially almost longer, I think, now factually than Bungie ever did, like, they just can't get good momentum with it. And Xbox relied on that to sort of keep the lights on. And it it didn't, it, it's lost all momentum. People, Halo, Halo players are having fun with it, but, like, it's not bringing in people like they were hoping it would like a lot of these yeah. other third-party games or or you know like a call of duty um, a lot of these uh battle royale games and stuff like that have done that was supposed to funnel them over until like we could get to the bethesda era but on top of it and i think you'll agree with with me and when i'm done you can give me your take on it but like it's kind of unfair but as much as i am you know curious to see starfield like i to preface, guys, I'm not like a, hyped over the moon for this game. This is not a hugely anticipated title for me, but I am interested. I am still kind of excited, and I do want to play it. But Redfall, despite Redfall and, and um, Starfield, like these are still games that like they sort of bought into in some ways. So like I want to, I'm going to give Xbox credit for that stuff. But like at the same time, I want to see from 
sort of in-house in a way, stuff that they haven't necessarily bought into, what is being cooked up, you know, like what is being, what it, what is there? Because, you know, that's where, okay, I told guy, uh, I told Brian the other day on the phone, Brian and I were kind of opposed. We, we were a little bit, and I should say opposed, but we were of differing minds with the, the Xbox Activision Blizzard acquisition. Brian thought, I don't want that. I thought, yeah, I want that. And I told Brian the other day on the phone, I said, you know what? I think I'm starting to come around to your side more. And it's because, I mean, I want Xbox to win. I, I would still like Xbox to get that acquisition rather than not. But I am, like, they have, they have to kind of prove that they can even make a game at this point. Like, the bar is so low that, like, buying into it, doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make me feel excited anymore. It's like anybody, yeah, you got that money that Sony and Nintendo don't, but you, it doesn't matter if you don't have games in-house that you're able to really put out that with these studios that you've had for years that you can put out, like, that's not going to be enough. And I don't think, I also don't think that it should be relied on that Bethesda, who was previously just a third-party developer who is now exclusive to Xbox, I don't think that should not what it doesn't matter if it's 11 out of 10 game that should not be representative of xbox like i'm like if starfield comes out i'm not going to be the guy that sits there and goes great job xbox thank you thank you xbox good job you've done good now i believe in you again that they don't deserve that they don't deserve that yet and i i just yeah. think you have to like so I, i'm at a point too where i'm sort of like you know what like as much as i hate to say it as much as i still am going to say even now i prefer xbox over the other ones Maybe you're not the best studio to really acquire this other studio. I know acquisition, acquisitions, shit, you know, but maybe you're not in a place where you can really do that because you're already showing with Redfall that you couldn't even handle that. And and before I pass it over, I'll just say that Phil says in the interview, you know, they try to ask him that, you know, did you know this was a thing? Did you did you know? And he kind of dances around this. He does give a good answer, but he, he dances around this and ultimately says that, like, they projected it to be higher. They have in-house people that sort of review those games, and they projected it to be more in the double digits than it was. But it's almost like saying, you know, and this kind of created a different discussion between I, I've seen across the board. Some people say Phil knew about it. They wanted to cut their losses and get the game out. Other people are like... Somehow he didn't know about it. They shipped it and this, you know, blah, blah, blah. This sucks. This is where we're at. Like, this is the timeline we're in. You know, I don't know what to think. But if I had to guess, Phil probably knew about it at some point in time or another. And it just got to a point where it was like, look, this game is so fundamentally broken that at this point it would be way worse to delay the game that a lot of people I've seen say. It'd be way worse to do that, sink money into trying to still build up a game that is essentially not there already, on fund- fundamentally, right? So you cut your losses, you get that game out, and you also do it because what happens if that game got delayed next month uh, or even two months? Well, let's let's say just somewhere around this showcase season, it gets del- it comes out and it's shit like it is. The argument, people can't get excited. No one's talking about, oh, I saw a Valve gameplay. No, I, I saw Fable or holy shit, this announcement. Fredfall sucks. That's the argument that takes over. You do it now. You get it out of the way. So then when the showcase comes, this conversation about Redfall is dead. And we move on. And I think that's probably what they did. That's my belief. 
I think that's what they did. And I don't blame them if that's the case, but it still sucks. So go ahead. I do blame them, Josh, because if 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 we're talking about, oh, I'm sorry, I should rephrase that real quick. I do blame them. I, I don't blame them for cutting their losses. With a game that just seems fundamentally broken, but I do blame them at the same time. But I don't know if they should be cutting. Morality says they shouldn't be cutting their loss at the expense of gamers. If you know you're going to release a shit product, and I'm not talking about just it cancel being the broken, game. I'm talking what happened about, to Scalebound? Can't cancel it. Don't 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 put it out, or at very least, do not charge anyone for it. Put it on Game Pass and don't make it a seventy dollars purchasable game. That's a great. That's. That tough, would have been tough discussion. If they could have just. What if they just had done? Um, now I know it still would have been a bad game, but what if they had just done the showcase and then halfway through the showcase they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, Red Falls out. It's playable. It's uh, it's on Game Pass right now, and uh, yeah. you know you can't buy it in the stores because it's free." That would have been better, you know. Like they're, they're putting their problem on us. I get what you mean by taking putting getting it out of the way so this conversation is behind them so the showcase can take over because obviously Red. Well, it's still a lack of faith, regardless. You know, like I mean, yeah. it still just shows like it is. But you have all this, you have this, Matt this Booty who's supposed to be overseeing this stuff, and I think it goes to show like one person is not enough because there was clearly some lack of communication, lack of like Microsoft wants to be hands off with this stuff. You need to be more hands on, and it's going to be interesting to see how this changes. I think I they think inherited Redfall, and it was never going to be a good game on what they inherited. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they. But yeah, it shouldn't be at our expense. Now, here's what I want to say about Activision Blizzard. Now, I know that nobody listening can can speak up other than Josh to voice their side. So that I know it sucks when you get to listen to somebody give their side and, and not be able to respond. But like, I've I don't like I understand from a fanboy perspective, but I just don't understand why anyone would want Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard other than being a fanboy. Because they're what is one time you can think of in, in recent history that Microsoft has c- taken over something and it turned out okay? Like they, they've they've mm-hmm. proven over and over again for a long time, they can't handle what they have. They cannot handle what they have. Activision Blizzard would only get worse under Xbox, in my opinion. Now I know there's the culture aspect, which is honestly the only reason this acquisition happened is because of the sexual misconduct. Ac- uh, um, that's going on at Activision. It was bad PR for them and an easy opportunity for Microsoft to come through the door. But Activision Blizzard has always put their games out on PC and Sony and Nintendo and Xbox. Mm-hmm. By Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard, even though they've made some 10-year deals and whatnot, you are, you are opening up the door to an opportunity, which in my mind is a borderline fact that they will in time make these games games exclusive to their platform they've already made bethesda you don't spend that much money to not have them be exclusive you said that on the when we when activision blizzard was announced and we did a podcast you said that you don't spend the money not make it exclusive bethesda games are already showing to be exclusive these activision blizzard games are absolutely going to be exclusive eventually not only on the platforms but eventually the cloud we'll get to that too the whole cloud conversation there's more to say there but they're going to be exclusive to microsoft why would you want now? I once again, if you're an Xbox fanboy, I get it. But if you're not a fanboy, why would you want Nintendo and Sony to not be able to play these games? Why would you want more people to not be able to play these games other than you just want your preferred console to win? Mm-hmm. And why do you think that Microsoft is going to use any of these studios or any of these IPs to do better than what Activision Blizzard already does by itself? If you look at the history of Microsoft, they've done nothing with, of any real st- extreme value with the console with the with the studios they've acquired recently. 
You have people like Bungie that they acquired way back in the day that obviously put out some of the best games of all time in Halo, but Bungie didn't want to work with Microsoft. They clawed their way out of there as quick as they could and left micro they left Halo behind because they didn't want to work with Microsoft. <laughs> Epic. Isn't that kind of telling in a way? Like I'm not. It doesn't it necessarily correlate one to one, but like it almost is kind of telling in a way. Like Microsoft, or I'm sorry, Bungie has like perhaps the most popular franchise at the time in Halo, the most you know yeah. popular brand in gaming, and, and give they up. give it up just to sort of get free of that relationship. Get you know? free, and now we're now where are they? Now they they are owned by Sony. You know, and it was very clear when it was very clear when when Bungie left Microsoft, they immediately started making deals with Sony. They have been more chummy with Sony. Sony, they want to be a part of Sony. What have we always heard about developers and Sony? Sony lets people bring their creative visions out and gives them more chances, lets them take more risks. Why Naughty Dog was able to go from well, and Phil did touch crash. on that too. I mean, I like I didn't uh, well, know where it was yeah, I do coming from. That. Yeah, go ahead. I want to get to that. I don't but, want to get ahead of you. Um, Naughty Dog had super popular Crash. They let him give it up. Jack and Daxter, less popular, but still really popular. They let him give it up. Uncharted, they let him give it up. Go on to Last of Us. They let these studios, you know, yeah, Infamous, which was, I know Infamous wasn't like Halo level huge, but they let them go do Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and look how much people love Ghost of Tsushima. Sony does those things, but Microsoft, you know, Bungie clawed their way out. Epic, after Gears of War 3, they said, you know, we don't want to do exclusive games with you anymore. We'll sell you Gears of War. And I think they bought Gears of War IP for a pretty poultry amount of money. Um, what other? I mean, Rare Rare, Rare was a Well, you made a good point by, with a lot of those already. I mean, that's a great point. Yeah. Like, look at how I, what, much. What is Rare? What is Rare done? Rare, Rare was one of the best developers on the planet when yeah. Nintendo had them. And Sea of Thieves is a great game now. Took a long time to get there. And also, what did they do prior to Sea of Thieves? They did Connect games. And Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, which people didn't really like. Perfect Dark Zero, which people really didn't like. There well, is on no top of history. That, you see over uh, was it Nintendo or maybe no, it was Xbox that you see that Banjo is going to be in Smash, right? You see that reveal? Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but then you know you think maybe like we'll get some kind of tease that like maybe we're going to get another Banjo game. Nothing. Nothing. And even no Everwild, people still have no. I, I mean, we don't need like it, that falls into line with what I said earlier about Avowed and Fable. But like, we have no idea what Everwild is. Like, what is this game? Yeah. And I've heard that's gone through so much development hell. Same thing with Initiative with Perfect Dark. I mean, who is it? Didn't you see someone was brought in to help them out the other day? Weren't you telling me about that on the phone? Perfect Dark. Half yeah. half of the Perfect Dark studio is is now Crystal Dynamics. Yeah. It's only so like, only half I the can, Initiative. I can forgive them because it's obviously clearly there's problems in house, but like it's still inexcusable to see. But guys, like, I just don't I just don't understand why you would want Activision Blizzard to be with Xbox. And I get the fanboyism. I have it a little bit myself in the sense that like I don't. I honest to God would prefer. The games were playable by everyone. I want Final Fantasy VII remake and Final Fantasy sixteen to come to Xbox. I do. You've but even said before you, guys, you would take Halo on Nintendo. You wouldn't mind. I that. would. I would absolutely. But to give you guys an example to show that I don't think I'm above at all. If I want, if anyone was going to acquire and own Square Enix or Final Fantasy outright, I would choose Sony because Sony has had such a long-lasting partnership with them. Final Fantasy was basically exclusive to Sony for many years. It feels like a proper fit for them. So there is that fanboyism that, that ekes in, and I get where you guys are coming from if you think it would be so cool to have Doom and COD be the, the Xbox thing, but it just doesn't make sense for gamers anywhere to want Activision Blizzard. There's a, there's a long pattern of failure 
with Microsoft acquiring studios and their IPs. Why do we want them to have that? Why do we want it to be limited to their console? And um, the, I mean, really, the only thing I can say is you hope that the con, the sexual misconduct stuff changes. Which you know, people's lives matter more than games. But I think that's also the crux that a lot of this acquisition leans on is the horrible things that are going on in Activision. We don't know how much the culture will change. Activision's, Activision is freaking huge. We don't know how much the culture is going to change just because uh, Xbox acquires them. And we don't know that Xbox is going to be able to do anything to make their games better. And, and, and the history just doesn't show it. So I, I don't get the you argument know, for that. I'm with but you, But one Brian. thing I want to do... Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, well... Go ahead, Josh. I'll come back to what I was going to say. Go well, ahead. I'm with you because I, I think the truth of the matter is that I feel like every Xbox fanboy would probably deny and they'll spin it. But like the truth of the matter is the biggest thing about this acquisition is just something to brag about. And we don't have a lot. It's It would be something to brag yeah, about. Yeah, it's a huge and when brag. It comes it's a huge down, dick swing. When it, yeah, when it comes down to it, like... That's it. Because, I mean, you make very valid points. Like, you look at the work culture that's established at Insomniac. It sounds like they have the best in the industry, almost. People seem to love being there in the way that there's, there's not a lot of overtime, th- stuff like that. So, you look at Xbox, and it's like, what fundamentally... I mean, I would feel better. I would I would absolutely feel like Xbox would go in and take a huge look at Activision. Uh, namely, maybe Blizzard too, But they would be able to shake things up there and make it better. But... At the same time, they've not really proven they can do that. Like you look at well, what's happened with what re- you almost said when when you know proper Go ahead. nicely, ni- nicely you interrupted me. I'm not saying you're interrupting in a bad way. You almost you interrupted me before to say, well, Phil, Phil, he he touched on that about how we want to be hands off on our studios and let them be creative. That's multifaceted, there, right? That that I could spin that two ways. One, Sony's already apparently doing that, and their games are good. It's great that you want to be hands off and let them be creative, Phil. But it, it, at the end of the day, if the games aren't good, then it doesn't matter. Like, I, it's it's you need to let these artistic people be artistic and be hands off. But if the games aren't good, it doesn't matter. Sony's already doing it, and the games are good. And then to take it even further, you said, you know, well, maybe I do think Xbox can come in and shake up Activision. Phil has said for years that they don't do that. They leave Bethesda alone. They're going to leave active. They're going to let those be arms of their studio. Well, you don't know what to believe, honestly. I really don't. So there's just all I'm saying is these things could happen. But if we have to take a list, a list of things of what we know and what if you draw up a conclusion, if you make a hypothesis based on what we already know, history says things are not going to get better. If Activision, I'm not talking about the sexual misconduct specifically. I'm talking about the whole picture. Things are not going to get better if Microsoft acquires Activision Blizzard. So no, I don't want them to acquire them. Now to give to 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 give Xbox a positive here, I know you'll want to say something on this too, Josh. Is there is there actually a positive? The CMA <laughs> country canceled the CMA the Country Music Awards blocked the acquisition based on cloud gaming. And how Microsoft would have too strong of a foothold in the market and could potentially make it inaccessible for anyone else to get in the market. Um, when this first dropped, it was early in the morning. I think it was Albino who first posted it in the Discord. And and I said to him, I, I wasn't a dick about it, but I said, you know, I don't want Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard. And he was like, Brian, you know, tell me why you feel that way. And I gave my explanation. And, I, you know, I, I feel like I gave a good explanation. But I do want to reiterate, I do want to say more distinctively there is an element to them blocking the acquisition because of cloud that's a little bullshit. Mm-hmm. I do think Microsoft has the best cloud 
in the industry, bar none. Mm -hmm. I do think they would have a leg up, Mm -hmm. but it's multifaceted again. How many people do you hear talking about cloud gaming? Not many. People don't. It's not that big of a deal. Um, Microsoft is Microsoft is third place by far uh, amongst their competitors. I mean, literally, the CMA is protecting the consumer by keeping the dead last player in dead last. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so cloud's not that important right now. I know it could be in the future, but it's it's a big jump to block the whole. I think there's other reasons to block it. They, the whole time they were talking about COD and, and World of Warcraft and like these big games that will now be, you know, uh, for competition, they'll be, you know, Microsoft will own them and they can, they can make them exclusive. I thought that was a good conversation. I thought that was potentially a good reason to block them. I don't want them to have Activision Blizzard. This cloud stuff, it's really kind of BS. It feels like they led them to talk about the COD stuff and the other stuff, the exclusive stuff, to get them to focus on it. And then they went, ha, got you, bitch. Cloud. Yeah. It's cloud. Yep. And, and it does feel like it was motivated by the wrong reasons because, and the thing is, I've heard that the UK infrastructure with the internet's not even that good there. Uh, I guess this is not something I found out myself. I, I, I looked up. Um, cloud gaming accounts for 10 times less than VR gaming. How relevant do any of us feel like VR gaming is? I'm super conspiracy theorist here, but I feel like Sony's got some hand in that whole situation because that seems well, like the dumbest you know thing to pick a bone about. As a guy who's a bigger Sony fan nowadays, I think you're probably right because two things, two they've been obvious about it. Yeah. Sony has came out and did everything they can to say this is bad and we don't stand for it. They wouldn't. Now, I don't blame them for not accepting Microsoft's 10-year deal because as soon as you accept as Sony their 10-year deal, you're given a big okay to the to the acquisition, even yeah, if you're not saying that you are. So I get it. But and then and then uh, what's his name? Ryan? Uh, is it Jim Ryan? Jim Ryan from Sony? I think so. I the, think their so. big head guy. He came out and he said publicly, "All I want is to stop the acquisition." That's what yeah. he said. He yeah. didn't even color code it. They're absolutely so, dirty. So there's 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 absolutely. I mean. Even, even just the public stuff is is borderline trying to. Inter- I mean, it is trying to interfere, right? Like Sony is having to reveal. It seems like the strangest in court bone to pick. Because, I re- yeah, yeah. So and, and, and let me. Get, it's just like the whole like uh, Republican Democrat thing. Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo is as sweet as Nintendo. Nintendo seems like your little brother you just love. They all do some shady shit, and it's all about making that money and that bottom line. Right. No it's one. A business Sony is Corpos. not the white knight. No, Nintendo is not the little brother who's never going to hurt you. They've all got problems, but the cloud thing, you know, for for those, if I want to, if I want to make my stance that I don't want Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard, and I feel there's good reasons why they shouldn't acquire them, I need to be fair and honest and say, yeah, the cloud reason, it's kind of a bullshit one. You got anything to say on that, Josh? No, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, plenty. I mean, I, I, I think. It just sucks all the way around. I'm so sick of talking about it. I'm so sick of seeing this whole thing. We got years to go. It's been over a year, and who knows how long we got now. But it's like a movie that was like way too long. For like, I love The Way of Water, but for some people, this is like a way of the water. This movie's too long. Well, it's like, guess what? You're getting at least two more. And they're like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? No, like three more movies of this shit? <laughs> I can't take any more of it, you know? So like... It just sucks because it feels like the industry. This has been like this sort of like thing people can't move on from, and I, I shouldn't say people. That that's that's that, that has, a, has a negative connotation toward gaming community. I mean it more just toward the business, the industry as a whole. Like this thing has been in a chokehold for so long, 
and you will see stuff like Xbox will sort of like put up these like pictures. I mean, you'll see people like Clobril on uh, Twitter and they'll put up these like banners that look like you see like, you know, in exile three, four, three, you see all these developers and you mm-hmm. see blizzard Activision, all this stuff. And you see it under like one big umbrella of a family. And it's like, it's not even there yet. And it's like, I get the yeah. excitement as an Xbox fan. I want that. Sure. But like at the same time, I'm like, you're not even there. It's like a being a football team and you feel like statistically speaking, it's night and day. Like you're an NFL team going up against an XFL team and you're going to blast them and beat them. But until you get to that field, none of that matters because maybe they've been cooking and you don't know. But I mean, if I can just spin this slightly in a different direction, when it comes to something like the showcase, for example, and I feel like you'll relate completely on this, Brian, but like as optimistic as I want to be for that on the other end of the direction of the spectrum, I feel like every time, like the last 10 years i mean maybe five i don't know but like xbox has gotten to the point where they're the only one that does a showcase e3 was going to happen this year and e3 is not happening because pretty much everyone else was like no i don't need to what's sony do they put out a state of play and when they announce a state of play even if they don't tell you what's going to be in it people get excited and people too they know there's going to be something nintendo direct same situation right yep Xbox is like the only person or in the, in the at the table that is putting out a showcase and it gets people excited. Why? Because it feels like a plethora of announcements and it's exciting because you feel like that's the way gaming you, the way you grew up with gaming being, right? When it came to these big E3 type of things. However, what have we seen from Microsoft the last like 5 or so years? Half of the show is about oh hey let's take a look at Xbox or uh, uh, Halo's next season, let's get a look at a new update coming to Sea of Thieves, grounded new update coming, uh, f- another Forza game, you know, so half boring. of the if you take away like those sort of service announcements, stuff that's already sort of established in the Xbox ecosystem, yeah. what do they have left? They don't actually have a whole lot of time. They have about the same time that maybe a state of play is, right? So, but they have this big pomp and flair about it, and it's supposed to get you excited. And every time I come out of it, I do feel a little disappointed. Now, and that's across the board, but that's just me. For some reason, my expectations are high. I don't know why. I expect I, I'm expecting a shotgun blast, and it's wrong. But you still come out of that kind of like there's still a part of me. I told Brian, I was trying to compliment Brian the other day, and I was saying, you know, how like you know I've kind of largely been more into the movie sphere of things, and lately. In an ironic twist, this stuff, this whole situation has got me more passionate about gaming in a positive way, simply because it's getting me to talk about it, think about it. Jedi Survivor's out. You got Tears of the Kingdom on the way. You know, Diablo 4 is coming out. Um, you know, you, you got all these games that are like getting ready to come out, starting to feel like gaming wise, just general gaming wise, we're back to getting into the good times again. I mean, I seen Ryan, uh, Ryan McCaffrey post about that, and I, I agreed with him. But, you know, I was also telling Brian that, like, this is the most yeah this is the most like passionate i felt in a while about games but at the same time like you know it, e3 season summer game fest season always has this weird way of kind of like manipulating me where i'm like i come out of it and i'm so enthusiastic that almost every game i see i get excited about because it's this shotgun blast i love shotgun blasts when it comes mm-hmm. to stuff so I'm a sucker. They get me every time. Doesn't matter what Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft shows. I'm just excited. I'm happy to see the collective enthusiasm about announcements and just seeing people talk. Our Discord always especially pops off during this type of season. So we see a lot of traffic with that. But 
the reality is the substance, there's not a lot there with Microsoft. And I'm so tired too of just like, look, I want Halo to do well. I mean, Grounded seems like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and turned into a video game. And I love that movie. I, I haven't played it. I'm sure it's great. But um, Sea of Thieves, I love it, but I haven't played it in over a year. I love seeing the updates. I love that it's got the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, but like I haven't played it in over a year. And it's just because the type of gamer that I am, the type of gamer that Brian is, I mean, we want single-player experiences. Brian is married with a kid, and he's working his job. He's busting his butt, and he's still finding – like he has such a successful – I mean, I'm, I'm, Brian wouldn't say this because it would sound so egotistical, so I can blow smoke. But Brian has Compliment such a successful – marriage and he's doing such a great job i just got to see river his daughter just before the recording and she's just looking adorable you know this guy is doing all that stuff he's working his full-time job he goes to church all that stuff but he's still super active in the community he still has conversations with me our conversations like our friendship isn't even tied to this podcast we we this whole past week even prior we were talking for hours on the phone we kept saying this needs to be a podcast. We need to do this just with Anchor and a random call and stuff like that. So Brian still has all this time he makes for that stuff. It's part of his passion. Uh, you know, it, it keeps him super stimulated and excited. And we both like having things to look forward to. That really is a big driving force for us. Me, I work nights, you know, so my schedule is super whack. But I'm working full time, you know. I live with my dad. I spend a lot of time with him. I want to spend a lot of time with my family, especially as I've gotten older. And... You know, I had a back injury earlier this year. I'm sort of playing catch up with a lot of things in my life, with friends, family, all this stuff. So, I don't. Neither one of us necessarily have the time to get on. Like Brian and I haven't played a game cooperatively in a long time. We work different shifts and everything like that. This is when it aligns for us to talk and stuff. So we decided to do a podcast rather than play the games. But foundationally, we're just not as interested in that type of stuff as we used to be. Sony puts out games that aren't really co-op. The type of games that we're looking for at this stage in our life is the type of games we want to play. That's, Sony's putting out those games. Nintendo has been consistent with offering a good variety of that. I, I mean, I'm still kind of getting refreshed on, on what Nintendo's offering, but like I can tell there's a great balance of the single-player experiences with sort of the multiplayer fun. You have like the Mario Parties to your Super Mario Odyssey, right? But Xbox is mainly putting out games that have cooperative stuff built into sort of the the network, the the mainframe, the the nature of it. And I don't you know, mind. We that. desperately want co-op like Halo Infinite. It doesn't come. Yeah, and it doesn't <laughs> and it doesn't come. And I don't mind that. That's like I, I, to go to go back even farther. This is where I kind of agree with you, Brian, a lot too. Is it's just like Phil. He says a lot of stuff in that interview, and I agree with him mostly i'm pretty much with you on the same page i felt like it was very telling it was very like you could he's clearly frustrated there's a lot of corpo speak but there's a lot of also not beating around the bush i've never seen someone in the industry like show themselves visibly that frustrated you know usually they want to be you know in you their wouldn't suits see jim ryan do that exactly but i feel like you know he one of the things he touches on is sort of you know being sort of proud of in a way is having this sort of variety of, of, of offerings and stuff like that, both in what they have in the ecosystem already, things through Game Pass, and then also just, you know, in what's coming. And I believe that. I mean, I see what's there. But at the same time, now, I would never in any scenario want Phil Spencer to be removed. I want him there. But 
He turned the whole he turned the whole Xbox around. In yeah, a, I, and, and this whole conversation is coming off of just how much they foobarred the Xbox One reveal. Like we're still climbing still back. From that. That's why it was every the that's, biggest that's why people are in this situation. You know, I mean, every, I, there might have been more behind it, but the behind the scenes that we've been told, I think it might have been by Phil directly. I yeah. don't know. Was that basically? Phil was asked. I'm, I'm probably getting the details wrong here, guys, but this is more or less the truth. Phil was asked, like, do we? Uh, you know, after the Xbox One failure, do we mothball this section of our company and move on? Or do we double down, spend more money than ever, and go in on Xbox hard? And Phil said, we go down, we double down. We double down. He started, that's why they started acquiring all these studios. So, I mean, Phil is the reason that we have all the positives about Xbox. And the only reason I'm not going to list them here is because I want more towards the end of this episode for us to go down all the great things about Xbox. And I want to list them there. But Josh, I wanted to give you, if you're okay with, you got, if you don't mind me bumping in here, go uh, ahead, man. I wanted to give you uh, a scenario because I want to make up this scenario because whenever a story drops, you get all, all of us go to the story like flies and we formulate our two opinions. Mm-hmm. And rather than have my opinion, um, people look at my opinion differently because of the bias, I'm going to give a scenario, and I want you to tell me what you think. Okay, here's the scenario. Uh, it's announced later this year that Sony is acquiring Square Enix for $7 billion. All right? Okay. So that means all of Square Enix, Final Fantasy, it's all going to be exclusive to Sony. Okay. If, let's say, you know, I don't want, I don't want all those games to not be playable on Xbox, but... If I come into the Discord, I come into the internet conversation, and I say, well, I think it's fair because Microsoft acquired Bethesda for $7 billion. I think it's even. I think it's fair. Do you think I'm fair to say that? or Because there's going to be people going, oh, man, Activision <laughs> Blizzard. I everybody love blocked Activision that. Blizzard, and everybody yeah. hated when Microsoft wanted to buy Activision Blizzard, but then Sony, little Sony, that gets everything they want, they get to acquire Square Enix for $7 billion. This is bullshit. You can't tell me the industry's fair. If I come in there and say, no, guys, I think it's fair, because like, I don't want them to acquire Square Enix, but if I come in there and say, well, I think it's fair, I mean, Microsoft acquired Bethesda for $7 billion. Do you think I'm right and that it is fair in that sense? Or do you think they have a good point that it's not fair Microsoft? Because my point is Activision Blizzard is this huge conglomerate, $70 billion, mm-hmm. versus small, I don't know what Square Enix would sell for. I chose $7 billion because that's what Microsoft acquired Bethesda for. I think, and it's my friend Michael who brought this up, actually, and I thought it was a good point. That's why I'm bringing it up here. I think that's comparable. So I would say that Sony acquiring Square Enix for $7 billion is not a straight up one to one. Oh, look, it's they were unfair to Microsoft, but they're fair to Sony. What do you think? Where would you take? Where would your stance be if that was the news story? I think the say way, whatever you really feel. The way you phrased it, I would definitely agree with you that it would be ridiculous of Xbox fans because, and I I would agree that that would happen. Like that would absolutely be a situation yep. where they'd go, oh, okay, okay, look at Sony being the bullies. There would be some something like that, but you know. Doesn't it already kind of feel that way? Because I feel like if you remove it, they're the a lot bullies. of the, yeah, no, well, yeah, I mean, I do, I do think they play dirty, and I don't blame them. If you win, you, 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 
great. That's why, that's why it's dogs. great having three different uh, you know, Look at it this way, Josh. They came in with their first system and won the generation, and it wasn't close. They annihilated. They made Sega leave the market, and they and N64 sold like one-fifth of the PS1. And they've technically, oh, in a, they've never lost, really. They got big the old P- cocks, you know what? man. They're the, swinging and slamming. The slant. PS3 has... They sold Absolutely. more PS3s than the 360. That's the thing that's crazy, yeah. even. Yeah. So. so, I mean, no. I, I I feel like people would still have that issue. And, I mean, I look at the Square Enix situation now, and it's like it wouldn't surprise me. But it already feels like that's happening. We know factually now that they paid to keep Final Fantasy VII Remake, like, over there to not get it to Xbox. Yeah. Because originally, guys, it was stated that this was going to be a timed exclusive to Sony. So Xbox fans were like, cool, can't wait to play that. Now Xbox fans are like... Wow, I remember when that was a conversation. So, but I mean, and you look at things like the Kingdom Hearts series, you know, stuff like that. That's playable. You know, past Final Fantasies are playable on the Xbox ecosystem. Yeah. But you look at games like the remake, you look at like 16, FF16. These are not games that you can play on the Xbox as far as I know. 16's a PS exclusive, correct? 16 appears to be a permanent, lifelong yeah. exclusive. So it which is looks insane. like it, it seems like they're already in that conversation, sans the announcement. So it's like I'm already kind of like personally used to that. But yeah, I would see people get pissed about that. And I think it would be unfair. But at the same time, you know, I, the one thing, uh, and, and I, it's not really a great defense, to be honest, but the one thing I feel like Xbox would have done with Activision Blizzard is for a lot of people, there's a lot of games that they put out in their history that are like dead IPs now that I feel like Xbox would have absolutely went and resurrected and brought back and sort of got those things going again or pumped some life into them, had them pumped life into them. But at the same time, that's me on the hopium that doesn't actually know that for a fact, you know, and that's just a big, broad, speculative. I think I thought of the best defense uh, against my own case, actually, while you were talking. The only thing I could say to give the Xbox, you know, people a fair shake is, well, the difference is Sony was already astronomically the lead in the gaming industry, and then they were just allowed to go off and acquire some of the biggest IPs of all time in Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, Dragon Quest, and the difference being that Microsoft was distant third. You know what I mean? Like if, yeah, if the competition, you, if, if monopolies and competition is the conversation, the best argument you could present to me as an Xbox fan is, well, Xbox was already way behind. Why would you, why does Sony need to acquire this gigantic franchise conglomerate itself, even though well, it's way less than Activision absolutely. Blizzard? Absolutely. When they're when they're first place, so that yeah. that's one good argument. Why? Because at that point, then they're shifting the the focus and they're saying now it's the mama mentality of now I'm gonna well I should say the inverse of the mama mentality of now I'm gonna do what Xbox is doing. Sony's already doing what they're doing and they're winning and they're doing great. And I don't, I like, see, this is the difference. I like, part of the reason I love Xbox is because I love the mentality that Phil sort of conditions sort of everyone to believe with this umbrella. He like sprinkles down this sort of like a very positive experience of like, you know, when he comes out and he's like, hey gamers, gaming, you know, I love that it's about the passion for the video games. I love that he is not, he, look, behind the scenes, guys, I mean, Phil wants to kick ass. He wants to own. Like, it, I'm not gonna say he's he honestly. Necessarily he has wants a to few be, times. He's already yeah. kicked ass a few times. I'm not gonna say he necessarily he he has this perspective, even though he denies it about you know wanting to be number one. I'm sure he wants that, like as a personal goal, because that's a huge success story. But I don't think that's necessarily the vision he has. I, but that's what I love about Xbox is I like you see them when you look at the socials. 
there's a lot of times like Sony will have a big release and you'll see the Xbox Twitter go and say like, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. And Sony will be like, thank you. Or you'll sometimes do, you see the inverse, right? But Xbox has this more like, look, we just like we care about people being able to play games as in, in many places as possible, however possible. The accessibility is a big important factor, and that's not something that's being offered elsewhere. We've already really talked about that. However, when it, you look at Sony, Sony is definitely, I mean, pretty much from that reveal that Brian was talking about with the PS4, they pretty much put their cocks on the table and said, we're Sony. People, you know who the fuck we are. You want us, come get us. And they've been playing dirty ever since. And I hate that, but I also respect it because it's like, I very much, like Xbox, I think to a lot of people, Sony, Sony people would say Sony probably plays the game a little bit aggressively. I think the argument could be made passively in a way too because they're so successful. They don't need to necessarily get aggressive, but they're a little bit more aggressive. Xbox plays the game a little bit more passively. And I think a lot of people are tired of that. And I see people out there do that are like, you know, they've got to like, they've got to go after this. They got to do that. They got everyone saying what they think they should or shouldn't do. We probably said that numerous times on this too, but like, I still like fundamentally that they're more kinder, that they're more compassionate. You know, like they don't want to shit on Sony when the Sony is succeeding, like behind the scenes. Sure. Especially with this acquisition, but you see publicly, like there is at least a kind gesture out there of, you know, extending like congratulations. A lot of times Phil will say that stuff on Twitter and whatnot, not necessarily just tweeting like, oh, hey, Sony, congratulations. Hey, Jim Ryan or hey, such and such insomniac games. He'll go tweet them. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference. And I I would agree. Sony is by far the least humble. Yeah. But I also think, too. That Sony, what Sony's doing is something I just wish Xbox had so much that it makes me sad about Xbox because mm-hmm. Sony, when, when they come out in 2020 with the PlayStation 5, Brian is talking to me about how Final Fantasy VII Remake is not even a conversation for Brian yet. But the PS5 comes out and Brian's mainly getting it for Demon Souls. And if I'm not mistaken, and yep. Demon Souls, to me personally, I haven't even played it, but it looks like the most, like the most beautiful looking game I've seen to this date. And Xbox has put out some beautiful games, but you you get into like the you get under the hood of like Sony's games, and you can tell, like Brian said earlier, like they care about their developers and they trust these guys to put out these good games. I think Xbox does that too, like they trust them. They 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 don't want to take their agency away to conceptualize new ideas and they don't want to relegate these studios to just pumping out the same type of game with a different face on it you know but the difference is is that Sony has found the secret to success and they've continued to let like let that happen and let that flow that same way and they've not changed stuff up too differently Xbox had that like the Xbox landed and it was good and it had a lot of foundation and room to grow. You could only go up from there. It wasn't a case of like, this is DOA or like you've already plateaued. The 360 comes out and they build up from there. The Red Ring of Death doesn't even stop that console from being a success. You yeah. go watch movies around the time of that generation. Every person in a movie, like you look at a freaking Seth Rogen movie or something, dude. They had 360s. They didn't have PlayStations. Yeah. Now it's different. Disturbia. Shia LaBeouf's playing Ghost Recon on it. There you go, yeah. So, But by the end of the 360 generation, stuff was changing, right? 
they were getting to the connect was coming out you were starting to see the ips that had gotten them to that point we're starting to get milked a little bit like here comes 343 now and we're going to put out halo 4 and gears puts out gears of war judgment and it doesn't go over well and oh look here's this fable game on the connect and stuff like that so it's it doesn't feel like it at the time i think in retrospect but you start to see where like there might be trouble in paradise in a way and then the xbox reveal comes out and it's like it's out front and center their pants are down and we've been <laughs> we've been trying to recover since then and you know counting that gen two gens later and three years into this one enough is enough you know like it's time to put up or shut up and it's just like i don't want to see xbox go away i don't think that's going to happen but like i can see a future where i do a complete 180 and switch to where i buy a playstation 6 day one and i buy my xbox 900 <laughs> uh just to play their exclusive games and I can get them through game pass. So I pay, I pay 500 for the console and then I just go pay $15 a month. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, um, there, there's the, there's the discussion and the arguments we have online about which we think we prefer, but like the behind the scenes, the behind the scenes truth to like myself and what I enjoy is like when we were in 2020 and we're building up to the release of the, the PS five and the series X, I watched the showcase for E3 for Series X and and uh, you know I was ex- I was you know I was like oh this is cool I'm gonna get a Series X this year this is cool yeah but then I remember because I because my you know I was newly married so I you know I'd only been married for a year so I had agreed Erica and I had agreed as a couple as a married couple we will save money for you to get one new console day one we'll put that money aside from our own bank account so Erica had saved all the money for a Series X for me. So that was the plan. And it's not because I, you know, like I said, I told you guys earlier in this episode, 2017, I became more more Sony, right? But the thing was, me and Josh had started Sacred Icon. Halo Infinite was coming. I wasn't going to want to play Halo Infinite on my Xbox One. So I was like, I'll just get a Series X first. You know, I'll get a PS5 shortly after when I have the money. Well, then uh, I was sitting here in this very room and I was watching the PlayStation showcase where they announced the, the price of the system. And they showed off Demon Souls and how it was a launch day. They showed off Miles Morales. And the whole time I was sitting here, I was giddy. I was excited. I remember I like, that. Day. Oh, that. Oh, Miles Morales. Oh, oh, Demon Souls. Oh. And then the price showed up and it was, and it was, uh, you know, you get the digital for, for what was it? 400 for the digital. So mm-hmm. same, same price uh, as, or a price between the Series S and the Series X if you got the digital. And I was so hyped. Like I didn't feel any, I was excited, but I didn't feel any hype for the Xbox Series X. PS5 and I, I got so hyped and I said, Erica, I don't know. I we gotta go. We gotta go to the mall. Get the dog. We we'll go. To, all we have is one dog at the time. No kid. Get the dog. We gotta go to the mall. I, I gotta pre-order a PS5. We got. I, she's like, okay, okay. Well, I thought you get an Xbox. I'm like, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out after I get it. After I pre-order it, we'll figure it out. So we get in the car, drive to the mall. I get there. When I get to the mall, I walk into GameStop. Literally, as I walk into GameStop, the GameStop manager is on the phone with corporate, and corporate is telling him how they're currently adding the PS5 pre-orders to the system and how you're going to ring it up. So I go up there. I'm like, can I get a PS5 pre-order? He's like, well, I'm on the phone with corporate. Like they're showing me how to do this. I think it'll be up. I think it'll be up in the next half hour. So I was like, okay. So I left GameStop and I walked the other shops in the mall for like 20 minutes, just kind of like not getting too far away from GameStop. Did you feel quite anxious? I would have felt. I was anxious because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to show up there and be like 20 people in line getting the right, pre-orders. Right. 
And I just kept kind of monitoring it, monitor it. Sure yeah. enough, I wait. I walk in right after he gets off the phone. He's like, yeah, they're live. And I'm like, do you have any digital? He's like, we're actually only allotted two digital here. Do you want one? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, it's $50 for a pre-order. I put the $50 down there. I was the first one. No one was there to get one other than me. I felt I was just so excited, you know. And then I ended up convincing Erica that I could. I think I sold my PS4 and my Xbox One. And then I also took patron money, and I made enough money to buy the PS5 with my trade-ins. Gotcha. Aside from that. So I ended up getting both. But just that excitement, I felt like... For me, Xbox and 360 is where I felt that excitement for so long. Yeah. And ever since that 2013 moment in Xbox, they just haven't been able to fully recapture me. They've had moments. Like me and Josh's MCC hype, it was it was there. It was there for sure, but it didn't deliver. The 5 hype, it was there, but it didn't deliver. For me and Josh, I know this like it would be best best example to say that Halo Infinite didn't deliver, but it mostly did for me and Josh. It, they did water it down by splitting the multiplayer and the campaign up. That really did water down the whole situation. But we actually it actually but just did the core product itself. Us. Like yeah, for just, the most part, yeah. But that's just where I'm at with you know being more excited. And the thing is, you know, I like I said, I bled green for so many years, and I want Xbox to succeed. I want them to kick ass. While I won't say I want them to destroy Sony. If they did, if they did, then I'm probably gonna be like, if when they, you know, what's gonna make them destroy Sony is having a better product and better games. If they start destroying the Sony one day, I'm probably gonna be more on Xbox, right? Like I'm well, yeah, not beholden I was gonna, I to one platform. You, what's I mean? Is there anything they can show at this showcase? Is there what can they do for you? That's what's it gonna take to turn you around, to to, to make you pivot from going I'm a Sony guy to going I'm an Xbox well, again. I'll answer your question two ways because truth be told, there's nothing that the showcase could do to turn me around because okay. I need what Phil said. Yeah, give me the long. I need what Phil said. I need the games in my hand. I need to be mm-hmm. playing the games. That's when I'll turn around. When I say when it's 2025 and I say that I have played Starfield and Fable on my Series X already, I loved them both, and now I'm playing Avowed and I love it too. That would be the moment when I play that third big game that delivered, or so, I'm, I'm just giving you a random number. Sure. That third big game that delivered in a short period. That's when I'm going to be sitting there looking at my Series X and going, and then they've already got announcements on the horizon. Like, oh shit, they're actually doing a Halo Infinite too. That's actually coming. Oh shit, you know this game, this IP, uh, they're bringing back a full. They're, they're making Banjo 3E, you know, and it's like a Free. full like. They actually got people from the original team and. Like, that's when I'll sit there and go, Xbox is back, baby. You know, this is sweet. I love this. Uh, but to answer your question another way, what they could show me at the showcase, I guess if they could give me hard dates for games I care about with real footage. What if, out uh, there that they've already talked about that they have announced are you actually if they interested say, in? If they say Fable is coming, if they say Fable or Hellblade 2 is coming in my hands, quarter one of 2024 or earlier that's pretty exciting to me if i see gameplay for hellblade 2 it's coming march 2024 stoked if i see gameplay for fable it's coming april uh 2024 i'm stoked um you want a tangible if, window of when to look i want a to tangible window with gameplay for a yeah. game i really care about avowed I'm, I'm up in the air avowed looks cool to me seems like a game i would buy haven't seen enough yet if they show off seen anything avowed, yeah yeah, I mean, well, I think they did show, like, it was pretty much, it was borderline CG trailer, but mm. I think they showed off, like, a B-roll first-person gameplay of Avowed back in 2020. I think it was. It was, like, was pseudo-gameplay. Yeah. 
Okay. It was like B-roll, I think. I don't, there was no UI on the screen, but mm. um, if they give me a cup, a solid game right after Starfield, like because I'm excited for Starfield in a sense, but I want to know what's coming next, and I want to know I'm not waiting that long. If I have to wait an entire 365 days or more to get a game I care about on the level of Star Starfield, disappointed. So give me at least one, if not two, games. I'm gonna be able to play within six months of Starfield. That's what he I. Do. He says, you know, in that interview, he says that he's he feels pretty good about uh, the, the hitting the quarterly releases. He feels like they're getting to that point where they're gonna they're there now. Do you believe that, or do you think he's full of shit, or do you think it's a case of like, well, we'll see. Well, it depends on what he defines as quarterly. Because if you if you count, I'm not shitting on High Rush. High Fi Rush seemed like a good a good game. If you're Just talking not, quarterly, not our kind of game though. No. If if quarterly me if you're if it means that there's certain times where you're gonna put up high fi rush against the third god of war, no, nah, I'm not stoked about that. But if he if he means like, but if he means like straight up AAA games, I don't I don't believe him either because I don't think you can get. The, but here's the thing, I don't need one every quarter. Do you, Josh? Like, one one every six months is fine with me. You sure. know, you could you could almost borderline do like. You get one in eight months, and then another four, another six after that. You get one, like you know. I kind think of we will feel like I. I think we, yeah, I can see us both feeling that way. But I think for most people, no. Like it, it's at the I point mean, where it's like, come on, guys, you got to, you got to get one out. I kind of want one at the beginning of the year and one at the end, but that's kind of what I want. But summer, I don't expect. Yeah, I don't expect. Yeah, it's summertime. I don't expect there to be a straight up huge banger in the summer. I, I mean, I don't know. Did I mean Sony had they led last year with Horizon and they ended the year with. God of War, that was fine to me. I don't, I don't remember them having one in the summer. Maybe they did, and I forgot. Um, but that's just what they need. They need. A game that I care about with real gameplay and a firm release date. If I hear, like, and that's the thing, it's got to be pretty concrete for me. Because if I hear, if I see a new trailer for Hellblade, it's not gameplay, and they say it's coming summer twenty twenty four, does nothing for me, Josh. I didn't see gameplay. And I don't believe it's actually coming summer 2024. That shit's getting delayed what? to at least the fall. You're giving me a lot of questions here to chew on, buddy. What happens if we get to this showcase? And I, I know you're talking sort of in my arena with this showcase stuff, but what happens if we get to this showcase and they don't show gameplay for Avowed or Fable? I, I mean, maybe there's announcements I mean, for other stuff. We see. Forza well, is there gameplay for other big game, AAA games, or just sure. gameplay? Yeah, we'll area? say yeah, but it's but neither the not those two. Uh, if they're that we've significant, heard about for three years. If there's significant gameplay and a release date for a game I don't care about, I'd still give them pretty big props. You know, like if they showed off... Um, don't you want there to be something that they put out? Well, was- yeah, I mean, obviously... That's the thing is, though, I'm already I'm already on that... On that, you know, like people on, uh, you know, uh, Twitter would, you know, look at the 343 Dick Rider. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm already on that. I'm already riding PS5, right? Like, yeah. I'm already on the Sony, so... I don't need Xbox to be great. I don't I don't expect greatness from Xbox anymore. I haven't expected it in years. Is it fair to so say that you're matter. living in the mindset of expect disappointment so that you can only be surprised? You know, like how some people I can people, only be surprised, but the thing yeah. is, is what's funny, Josh, and I think I think you'll actually agree. I've expected disappointment for years from Microsoft. <laughs> and they really and they really they really didn't surprise me. I ended up just being disappointed. Like they well, actually you, to be fair, yeah, yeah. You've been there ahead of the game for me. You know, uh, so, so, to me on that one. So yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I would love Xbox to do something awesome to showcase, but I don't expect it. And I, I'm not I'm looking forward to it in the sense that I always love new game information coming out. But I'm not really looking forward to it because I, I don't expect a lot from them. Okay, well, um, you're you're a big but, Fable fan. You you love the first Fable. The other ones aren't as much to your liking as the first one is. But is there a 
what what uh, what happens for you if you see if you like you're in the moment right and you you see that they're about to show fable gameplay but it's just it's not you you're you're realizing you're watching that that it's just not for you something about it just turns you off um once again if 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 it if it turned me off because of some kind of personal bias yeah i think i'd still give them the props if they show it yeah. off and give it a release date uh but if they if it shows that they integrally like they don't understand Fable. Like if they show off that, like let's say uh, Fable ends up being a, I don't know, a real time strategy game, or maybe maybe. Well, we it's talked like, about it over the phone the other day. Like, what if it does? You know, kind of lacks that sort of British charm that line. Yeah, if it doesn't. If it doesn't have any of the charm, or the, if it, if it seems to be Fable only in name, that might be pretty disappointing. Like it needs to seem like they actually know what they're doing with the IP. Right. If they announce that Fable's uh, online, if it's an MMO RPG, what if they say it's an MMO? Like I- I'm out. You know, I, yeah. that's not. I feel like it's safe. You know, to we assume, didn't want that. You know, but yeah. I know, but we didn't want that. Right. You know, so like, yeah, it's pretty obvious. But I mean, yeah, I hope the best for the showcase. I want Xbox to be great. Like, and here's the thing. I- I'm 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 I was saving this for the segment on all of Xbox's positives. But let me be real with you guys. For as much as I love Sony, I'm talking about Sony's had all these bangers. They got their Spider-Man, Demon Souls, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon, all of this shit. I like Halo Infinite, even though Halo Infinite, you know, review-wise, industry-wide, wide, Halo Infinite is not seen on the level of God of War, Ragnarok, or on the level of Spider-Man. I personally like and enjoy Halo Infinite more than those Sony games. So, for all the bitching and complaining I have had about Xbox, they still managed to give me my game of the year in 2021, yeah, and a game that I still sure. love and replay. You know, we're going through, you know, on the side of these topical podcasts, we're going through my top 50 games list. Pretty soon, you're going to hear the next one, and Halo Infinite's on there, midway up my top 50. I love that game. They mostly delivered for me, and... That just goes to show that there's Xbox is still able to tune into that younger part of me from the Xbox and Xbox 360 era and give me the kind of experiences I felt I could only get on Xbox. Mm. I've never got anything like Halo Infinite on Sony. What 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 first person shooter Sony exclusive transcended gaming for me like Halo? Nothing, man. Well, that's so. that's why I think like the game the Game Pass thing kind of sucks. It's cool and it sucks in a way because. It's like, you know, the the concept of, like, getting every one of their exclusive IPs day one on Game Pass, it's such an, an exciting idea. You know, to think, like, especially, yeah. let's say, if yeah, it's a quarterly release. And, yeah, maybe maybe for every Halo, there's another State of Decay. Not hating on that game for you guys that are fans. It's just that's not, like, in Brian and I's wheelhouse of that, that, that type of experience we're looking for. But for everyone, you have, you know, like that. Or, like, for every mm-hmm. Starfield, you get, like, a Wasteland or something, right? So, but at the same time, just seeing that sort of start to fill out the library and start to pad out the Game Pass, like, here's another big Game Pass. This isn't just, we're getting MLB the show this week, we're getting a freaking AAA exclusive on this thing, and it works. Like, that would be an amazing thing to just see happen, and I just remember when I felt like on the Xbox One, around sort of the Game Pass announcement, and the sort of, whenever they announced that, like, this stuff will be day and date with, uh, you know, on Game Pass as their release date. I was like, wow, what a vision of the future of what this could really be. How exciting. But we're not there. And, you know, and and also just another subject I want to talk about, like, I mean, I'll kick it off with asking you, but I got to go on a rant because I do want to hear your answer, too. But, I mean, does it just feel like this might kind of be the breaking point where, like, people, like, players are like, I am sick 
of broken games being released. Like it's like to the point to where I feel like that's just a general conversation I'm seeing, dude. That like, how many times have we got this now? Like it's 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 a new normal, right? I feel like the first time I remember that really happening was with AC Unity. But ever since well, then, I mean, wasn't MCC before that or no? I can't remember. I you might be. Remember. I think you're right. I think you're right. But MCC was where it started. But I remember seeing it not soon after. Uh, one or the other. But yeah. they followed one another. And Once we entered the new generation. Yeah. And it's like, it's just been a normal thing. And it's like, I don't care how long it takes. I would rather see something either completely canceled or delayed. Like, don't half-ass stuff. Give me the whole ass of it. Like, we don't know. We'll never probably know this full story on what happened with Scalebound. But people were so excited for that game. And then they just come out one day and they're like, yeah, it's canceled. And it's like, wow, I can't. I mean, maybe that wouldn't have changed anything with the Xbox One era, but like it would have definitely gave it a bit of a different shape of footprint. So I'm so sick of it. Like, I I don't know. Like, I expect when Starfield's going to release, it's probably going to be classic Bethesda bugs that are fun that we all kind of love. But at the same time, I'm like, huh, I, I, I don't, I almost don't like that there's a positive stigma on that stuff because it's almost saying I accept this because I know you guys are going to do it. This is their next game. Like, I want to see them deliver. I know they're not going to be flawless in that and perfect. And this is a hugely ambitious game. So there's probably going to be just as many flaws yeah. as there are pros. But yeah, I'll just kick it over to you. I can tell you got a lot to chew on. But I mean, I'm okay. sick of this stuff, aren't you? Yes, I'm going to say one thing prior, then I'm going to answer your question, then I'm going to kick off the next part of our discussion. The one thing prior I wanted to say, you know, I'm going to be real, Josh. I, I'm not even, I don't, I'm not even asking that much of Xbox. I'm going to go back to what we were saying. I just need one AAA Xbox exclusive every fall, just one. That's enough for me to be. That's. I'm not saying that I'll immediately jump back in and like Xbox more than Sony. That's all I need to be happy with Xbox. I, I, I just said like two, two a year would be fine with me. One a year would be fine, dude. Like. It, Picture this. But they can't even this year, meet that. So I get what you're No, they can't even meet that. But like if I got Starfield this fall, right. Fable next fall, Hellblade 2 the fall after that, mm-hmm. Avowed the fall after that, I'm happy, dude. Holy shit. Because you know what I'm getting? I'm getting all the third-party games on Xbox. You're getting the Game Pass value. You're getting the backwards compatibility. Then you're getting that one brag-worthy, awesome AAA game. And then you still got your games you're playing on Sony and you're playing on Nintendo. That's great for me, but to me, I just like I constantly look at my Xbox in the corner, and it's like that meme with the kid with the stick. I'm poking my Xbox. I'm like, do something. Yeah. I'm like, I'm asking for you to give me one, one worthy game in a year. You can't even give me that. And Nintendo and Sony are dropping two or three. What the fuck, man? Dude, Holy I, shit! No, that and I, that's great because I feel like you know, I mean, that's the only thing that gives me any shred of hope for xbox at this point that's why for me i think that's really what i'm kind of like realizing as i record this with you is like that showcase is my make or break because i didn't give a shit about redfall we already knew like you and i were like clairvoyant right we were clairvoyant and we knew we just had a feeling this game wasn't gonna sort of land and it didn't and i i'm not I, i'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back right it sucks to see what's happening I feel bad for the people at Arcane, Xbox, Phil, uh, fans who are looking forward to this, people in our community who are looking forward to this game. But I didn't give a shit about that. But it still sucks to see. But then on top of everything else, I'm just reaching my breaking point. And I seeing everyone collectively kind of get to that point is nourishing. I am nourished by the negativity. Yeah. And that makes me a toxic Xbox fan right now. And I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. That's why the Discord was crazy this week. Yeah, I hate that so much because, like, I want to be positive and happy about it. So I feel hopeful because all it's going to take for me at the showcase is just to show gameplay and give tangible release dates for the established games like Fable, Avowed, 
You know, I, there's something like I, I don't I don't personally expect that we're going to really get a lot from the Perfect Dark thing. Hopefully we do. But I mean, I don't expect it. But like Hellblade, it would be amazing to see an announcement for Hellblade coming out holiday season this year and then Avowed and Fable next year at some point. But I also want to see what's coming. But like if I don't get tangible gameplay with tangible release dates, like I just feel like I'm out. Like because I was just telling Brian recently that like and again, keeping in mind that I'm someone who buys my games my third-party games on Xbox. I'm at a point where, like, when Jedi Survivor was coming out, I was like, it almost kind of feels like a PlayStation game. You know how you guys, like, you look at, like, a spiral game that's now multi-platform, and you're like, it still feels right to play on PlayStation. It still feels like a PlayStation yeah. game. But, like, and uh, but Jedi Survivor, I'm like, I could have saw myself playing that on PlayStation. I didn't have a preference this time. I still bought it on Xbox because that's what I've done. You're familiar. It's familiar. Yeah. It's yeah. comfortable. My library is huge. But I'm at a point where, like, well, how big deal over here? <laughs> <laughs> you know it, baby. But uh, no, it's actually a, a, a grower, not a shower. But uh, no, in all seriousness, like, it, it, you know, I look at my library and I just think, like, I'm at a point where as a gamer, I'm saying, who gives a shit? Like, I can't carry this with me into the next life. So, like, why does it matter where I go? I've got all three consoles. I can choose now. The only thing you're maybe... You're probably not going to... You're always going to have the three consoles now, probably, like it, most of us. And true. I mean, but I, but I can see a scenario where I don't buy into the the next Xbox for a couple years if they yeah. continue with this trajectory. Because I don't think Xbox is going away. I don't see a scenario... As it stands now, I will not buy the new Xbox whenever that happens. Isn't that telling, though, dude? Listen to your... It's like, crazy. I mean, that's just crazy yeah. to think about. Gives you something to think like, about. Because the thing is, gives you something to think about, doesn't it, Josh? Because the Series <laughs> X, the, that's where the thing is, right? Even though they'd failed me time and time again, if you yeah. think about when we started the podcast and the Series X was coming out, this is what it looked like. It looked like Microsoft had built Game Pass and built backwards compatibility. They bought all these, made all these acquisitions. A new Halo was coming. Yeah. Obsidian Bethesda. Holy shit. Xbox One was just a bad generation. Series X is going to be the Xbox 360 sequel. That's what's going to happen. And here we are, <laughs> well three said, years well in, said. and we're like, we're like, holy shit! Three years in, we're like, this is nothing like the series, uh, like the 360 era. This is kind of reminding me more of the Xbox One era, and I didn't like that shit. That shit. And I'm dumb. I'm feeling bad, bro. I'm like I'm bad. getting sad, bro. And Josh, I wanted to go. I don't have much to say on this, but I think you probably won't want to say this when you 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 asked me the question: Will games keep being broken? Are people getting fed up? Blah blah blah. The answer is yes. The games will continue to keep being broken. Nothing will change. And that's not just me being this highbrow pessimistic asshole. The truth is, we <laughs> you have proven. Your fucking head. This highbrow pessimistic asshole. No, you didn't. <laughs> Dude, we go ahead, go ahead. Have proven by our behavior. As gamers and the culture of gaming, that we want the new thing. Hype is insane. Nostalgia is insane. We want the new shiny. We want the new thing. We are going to buy these big games that we want day one, and we can't help ourselves. We have to get it. We we gotta have it. And me and Josh are just like that. We're not calling anyone out. We're we're, we're that way. Like. I didn't That's buy Jedi Survivor because no, I'm not particularly not. interested in that one, but Josh bought it immediately. I'm going to buy Tears of the Kingdom immediately. I'm going to buy Final Fantasy 16 immediately. Even Starfield, you know, with all this shit we're talking about Xbox, I'm going to have that thing preloaded. Like, I'm buying it, right? So we have this horrible, uh, uh, this horrible behavior that we have as gamers, and everyone working in the industry knows it. And the thing is, it doesn't really matter if the game comes out broken if the core of the game is good because we'll either fight through the brokenness or they will fix it, and it won't matter. Even Cyberpunk now has a pretty good name for itself. The only reason Redfall is taking the biggest L on the planet is because 
The game sucks even if it wasn't broken. It's a poorly made video game that is not worth your time even without any fixes. This isn't a cyberpunk situation. For them to turn Redfall into a product that everyone heralds as a classic, a game they love, they would have to literally just build an entire new game on top of it. It's, it's they're writing this game off. It's a tax write off. It's done. It's yeah. bad. Yep. There's no and why would you pay? We didn't even get into the topic of which I don't. I want to go into Starfield. That's the next topic I wanted to go into. Starfield as as a single topic, but we didn't get into the fact that this is the first game Microsoft has charged seventy dollars for as an exclusive. Yeah. This is them saying we're bringing the heat. We got this. We got this new console, new generation, new big games from all these acquisitions. Seventy dollars a title, and Redfall screams. Twenty nine ninety nine release. It does, if dude. It, if it was one hundred percent agree. If it wasn't broken, and it's it like seventy dollars. This is where you know it's like, it goes back. Just where you want to be when Jesus comes back. It's like, it's are you kidding it's me? Insane. You know, I'd like Crazy. I can't stand <laughs> that. Like we're at that point where it's like it, it's setting that expectation, and that's why you see feel so frustrated because it's this. like there's no excitement. Go ahead, go ahead. There's no Jedi, excitement. No, no. Keep talking, Josh. No Jedi Survivor. You guys know I'm not a huge fan of those games. I would not feel bad at all going out right now and paying $70 for Jedi Survivor. I wouldn't. Like, I'm not particularly, like, interested in playing the game that much, but I look at Jedi Survivor as this premium quality experience that I would love to just shell my $70 over for. Redfall looks like a game that is appropriately priced at $29.99 if it's working, and I still wouldn't buy it because I'm not interested in that type of game. This is not something you. This is you don't dude. go up against. Yeah. Look at the the game awards, dude. God of War, Ragnarok, and Elden Ring were neck and neck. Elden Ring's third party, but you have Sony with Ragnarok, which I mean, this game is huge. I mean, critically, sales wise, the the voice acting, the music, the storytelling, and then what's micro? Microsoft has nothing at the game awards. They had nothing in all of 2022. We get into 2023, 2023, and coming off of the heels of Ragnarok. Microsoft puts out Redfall, which yeah. is just a big That's what I'm saying. Like, regardless of what direction they even would have went in, delay or just outright canceling, like, that's not the game. I saw some people, like, at differing points. It would have been better of, off not to release of, this game at all and waited till Starfield. I, I agree. I agree. But that that's the point I was saying before, like, in the Discord. And I know some people disagreed. And again, opinions are opinions. But, like, my take was just that, like, you need, like, this is obviously the new era. People know after having a whole dry spell of 2022, we knew that the Bethesda games were the ones up to bat. They were the ones that were coming up to the plate first to sort of kick off, like, this whole, what's supposed to be this whole big lineup that we've been waiting for. And you do it with Redfall? Like, Redfall's the one that you say, Massive I'm but a... Yeah, it's like... It this just, is the promise delivered. That's what this is. This is them delivering their promise and it, it, it's shit. It's awful. <laughs> well, it, it's like, I mean, we're not even talking about the specifics of the game. Like, this is supposed to be a AAA title that, like, has a lot of quests that flow the same way. That, I mean, not even, like, uh, like there's like there's not really even cutscenes. You know? There's not even, like, proper cutscenes in this game. Dude, this like is that. the thing I couldn't get over. I could yeah. not get over this. I know you're going to, as soon as I start talking about it, you're going to be like, yeah, Brian, I knew this already. In Redfall, <laughs> in Redfall... I, there's no cutscenes in Redfall. The cutscenes are just slideshows of images. But there is a literal fetch quest in the game where you have to go fetch a film reel and take that film reel back to a movie theater. Have you heard this already, Josh? I have not. Oh my gosh. You grab a film reel and take it back to a movie theater, and then the quest ends by you putting the film reel into the slot and watching the film in the movie theater. It's a slideshow. 
<laughs> oh, really, dude? That's fucking awful. It's a slideshow. Bro, the darkness on 360 let you watch episodes of fucking Popeye, I think, all right? Dude. Oh, my God. And what, what, was, that game, what, what was that game high on... High on Life, Life? let you watch that one Denise Richards, Paul Walker dinosaur movie, dude. Like, bro, that's insane, man. Dude, that's like getting getting a comic book and you open it up and it's just words. And see, guys, this is what, yeah, seriously, this is what it comes down to with expectations. It's like if this game was legitimately shipping, like Brian said, a $29.99 game on Game Pass exclusive, that would set the expectation there to say, okay, maybe don't expect this to have, let's say, like cutscenes and stuff like that. Yeah. But you release it as the first, like you said, Brian, a se- first seventy dollars title in this Starfield. new era, next to Starfield, as a build as a triple A game. And you know, if I'm not mistaken, they closed off one of their one of their yeah, showcases the, in a previous year with with Redfall. And this yep. is where this is where you want to be, Microsoft. Like they absolutely yeah. deserve to be in the drizzling shits right now because of this. Yeah. That fucking That's, game, no one wanted they have it. earned this. No one wanted that goddamn game. No one asked for it. And I know fans there were, it has its community. Any game that comes out, any movie that comes out is gonna yeah. have fans. Yeah. It, it it doesn't matter because someone out there, the Euro world is so different, someone's gonna latch on to some kind of tea. But like this fucking game, no one was asking for with Microsoft. Everyone said, "Show me the money, put that money, you know, where the mouth is, and let's get these big ass titles that are single player games." And I know people out there were so excited because it's arcane, and that's another thing. You know, we talk about brand loyalty, but then you also have, you know, developer uh, loyalty expectations. Like, like, you know, like people got so excited for Destiny before even really seeing it because it was Bungie's next IP after Halo, so. It's coming off arcane, and you do feel bad for the guys, but at the same time, it's like, like it's cool in the sense that Microsoft gave them the agency to like, hey, we want to make a four-player cooperative vampire game, but it's like, that's a dead trend at this day and age. Like, maybe when they started it, you know, well, it wasn't. And- and we don't wish we don't want failure for anyone. No, 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 not at all. Or at Microsoft, and it, that's what and sucks. The, the fact them. is, it feels so if bad. If somebody listening, if somebody listening to this says, Brian, how would you feel if somebody at Arcane was listening to this podcast right now? I mean, I'll give you the honest truth. I wouldn't change anything I said. Of course, if I had to face, if somebody from Arcane came up to me and said, "Hey, I listened to your podcast and how much you dogged on Redfall," I, I you know, like Red obviously. Obviously, that's not a position I'd want to be in. Nobody wants to. It's just like if I told Josh, you know, uh, Josh, you know, even if I told Josh's friend, I'm like, it's really shitty that thing you did the other day. Even if it's true, he's not going to like hearing it, right? So, like, I'm not going to enjoy talking to an arcane employee, but I do believe what I'm saying, and I I, I don't take it back. I don't wish any harm on that. And the thing is, too, is I, I guarantee everyone at Arcane is freaking talented as hell. Like, it, they've proven it, right? Like... There's, I don't think there's any lack of talent. I don't even think it's laziness. I just think it's mismanagement and a, and, a, and a product that just... Not everything's going to come out good, right? Like everyone says when a game comes out, it's a miracle that it even got there at all. Sure. Well, this is this is one of those instances where, you know, it wasn't a miracle, right? Like it just fundamentally had problems and it didn't come together in a way that formulated into anything worth talking about, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I'll give them this. Redfall is a pretty good game, dude, to sit right there next to your Xbox... And put your PlayStation controller on it while you boot up your Sony PlayStation Five and put your oh, disc in. Damn. You know, it's a piece of damn. shit. It's a piece of shit, dude. Gives me no reason to play the Xbox. Like it get like I mean, I'm I'm playing Xbox because of third party titles at this point, guys. Like it turns yeah, me hey, off of the system. Yeah, because exactly. I look at my Xbox and I look at it because you know 
I think about Xbox original 360 days. Xbox original, I looked at my Xbox, I saw Halo. 360 days, I looked at my 360, I saw Halo, I saw Gears, I saw Fable, all that shit. I looked at my Xbox One, I thought, oh, well, let's move on from that. <laughs> I didn't think anything good. <laughs> but I look at my Series X right now. My yeah. Series X is sitting right next to me, actually, because I just brought it upstairs. Erica was Erica was playing Portal on it, so I actually have. You said, I don't want you to hear this shit about you downstairs. I want you to hear it right to your face. I have my Series X literally in my hands right now, and I look at it, and it's a cool-ass console. Doesn't, it feels pretty heavy, look, right? It still feels pretty it's heavy. It's really heavy. It's really heavy but with the failure of Redfall. Oh, it is heavy. That's what I'm saying. I, I pick up my Series X, and I look at it, and I see Redfall. I do see Halo Infinite and Starfield, too, but like my mind goes, oh, that's my, that's my Redfall machine. What? Bro, <laughs> I, if I, put, this? I won't put a Redfall disc in my console ever because that shit's giving my Xbox fucking herpes, bro. I'm not oh, playing that yeah. shit. It's going to give it an STD. I'm, I, like, I, put, I, put, I, I put in Redfall and my controller port don't work no more. Yeah. What? <laughs> don't work no more. Dude, I just, yeah, and again, to go back to what Brian said, uh, man, you made so many great points. Uh, I Yeah, we don't wish it will on Arcane. I feel so bad for them, dude, because this is the first L that they've ever really had to take, and they built up such a good reputation. And it does suck because, you know, there's a game like Prey that, like, I hear people talk about so much. And Prey is this sort of, like, underdog story of, like, this game that essentially is, is borrowing the name from a previous title that was successful, was going to have a sequel, uh, was canceled. So, And it's also, like, a spiritual successor to, like, System Shock, even though it's borrowing right. the name Prey from right. the other game Prey. So you have this come out, and it doesn't kind of get the sort of worldwide acclaim that, like, or I should say worldwide awareness that a lot of other AAA titles get, but it has a huge fan base. People love it. I'd say on the same level as Titanfall 2, you know, something that didn't really take off, but at the same time, like, in later times, it's sort of become this cult hit of a video game. But, you know, their next follow-up is a game that, um, for Brian and I, turned us off immediately. Like, the CG cutscene, I remember, just did once I kind of realized what was going on, I could kind of piece together that this is a cooperative game, and I thought, I'm out, but I'll be happy for those who are interested and then as this game went further on and on, and I started to see more time in the showcase slots taken up for this, I'm like, dude, I, I just don't. I, and it's all my my window. It's all my spectrum of like perspective. But I didn't see anybody really excited for that. Maybe two people, and I'm just like, I, I just. It felt like Xbox just did not have their ear to the ground, and it sucks because I feel like Phil Spencer knows more than he lets on. I feel like Phil Spencer, you know, we're, we're guys working jobs, like full-time, you know, day uh, nine-to-five type of jobs, basically. What do we know, you know? Like, we're out of our depth with this stuff. But you see Phil Spencer, like, giving people agency to put out games like this, and it, 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 it would be okay if the game was complete and it was decent, you know, but at the same time, decent just doesn't cut it anymore. And at the same time, it's only acceptable if you have these fucking bangers, bro, that are coming out and are just nailing it. Because then you look at these titles like Redfall and you're like, holy shit. You're like, you know what? This is like for some people, this is an unexpected journey Hobbit in the Lord of the Rings edition. And you're like, well, I don't really give a shit about an unexpected journey. But you know what? It's part of this. I'm going to buy into the whole thing. I might actually, you know what? I'm actually try this because starfield seems really good bro you know and it's just like there is none of that now like when i look at sony i would never ever be interested to really play a soulsborne title that's not personally my cup of tea i know like high potion guys love it brian loves it a lot of people in our community love those games and i i love hearing about that because it like it kind of lets me like turn my head in that direction so then when i see demon soul stuff after i get my ps5 i'm like you know what xbox is kind of doing pretty or i'm sorry playstation's kind of doing pretty good 
I might check this game out because the other games are such bangers. You have that associative like adrenaline that you can leapfrog over to. And I just don't have that with Xbox. And it's just like, I, I like, like, like all you have on the table right now is Starfield. And I, so just to move us into that subject, I just think it sucks because like, I'm not even personally jumping out of my pants to play Starfield because frankly, guys, I was, I was personally underwhelmed with what I saw at the showcase. I don't really care about the whole, like, all these worlds and stuff like that that are procedurally generated. But, like, even just... Glad we're moving on to Starfoot. The rest of the stuff... Yeah. The rest of the stuff that was there didn't necessarily get me excited. Like, the core story, like, when you see them, like, showing, like, NPCs talking and stuff, that got me excited. That got me interested. But, like, the actual gameplay that had a lot of stutter and looked like some AI issues, I thought, like, I I felt bad at the time because it was like, does... Like, usually Bethesda or any other studio, you know, when you see gameplay, you're seeing what they want you to see. They fake And they I didn't, feel like they couldn't that wasn't <laughs> faked because there was clearly some issues. And it was surprising to me to, quite frankly, see that people were like, oh, my God, I got to buy a shirt. I got to buy a merchandise. We got to start a Star- Starfield podcast. And I'm not d- disputing any of that. Like, I get that. Like, look what we did with Sacred Icon building off of, you know, the hype for Halo Infinite in a way. But... I didn't feel like there was enough tangible stuff there, so I was a little surprised to see the excitement. Yeah. But I, 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 you know, now that it'll, it's going to be, it's going to turn out to be a year until we, you know, looking back off that reveal, that we'll have gotten to see more from that game. Um, and I don't count those little like trailer look vid doc stuff or Todd talking on a podcast. Yeah. I don't count all that. I'm talking about a genuine like another reveal look. But yep. considering we're at that point. Like, I don't really have a... I mean, I'm sure they're going to show something at the showcase to get me excited about that game. But, like, even... I guess what I'm trying to say is, even now, like, I want to be... That's a game I want to be excited for, but I don't have enough, sort of, like, to chew on to sort of be excited for that. And so it just kind of sucks that, like, Redfall could have easily, even though I wasn't going to be... Even though I was not... I was expecting that game to not do well. It could have given me enough like hope to like like look at just the conversation we're in now like all this it feels so doom and gloom for Xbox and it just Redfall is sort of the game that made it like it fell flat on its face and it's making Xbox look like they're caught with their pants down right now and it's making even though there might be banger shit in the future it's hard for people to see because we just don't know and we have to wait even though it's a month we have to wait for a showcase and even then what's in the showcase and it's just Star is Starfield even going to come out this year? They asked Phil. I'll say this last thing, dude, so you can take over. But they asked Phil in there, "Will we have a clear answer about whether or not Starfield is going to be thirty or sixty frames per sec uh, per second?" And Phil said, "Yes." I'm personally expecting thirty. It's a Bethesda title. Yep. But I'm just thinking. I mean, I, I, from again, from the impression I get, most people don't agree with me. They, a lot of people think the game as is looks amazing. But what if that game just, like, what if Starfield isn't even a, a 10 out of 10, a 9 out of 10, an 8 out of 10? What if it's a 7 or lower? What's that conversation look like? Well, see, it could be. See, this is kind of what I want to touch on because I'm, jo- I'm with Josh in the sense that my excitement for Starfield, yeah, I went any on a excitement I have is... My excitement, any excitement I have is built on my love for Elder Scrolls and Fallout in the past. Yep. As far as what I've seen from Starfield, 
I don't think there's anything they've actually shown that warrants excitement. Uh, you know, they've, they've announced what the game is, that there'll be a thousand planets. They've shown the name of the game. They showed us a little gameplay that looked really choppy. There's nothing there that really warrants hype. But knowing what this studio, who the studio is, what they've made, that itself does warrant hype. And I think that me and Josh have been downplaying Starfield more than anything because we're just not super on that hype level for it. But I do think there's the other element of the conversation. Now, Josh said, you know, obviously Starfield could be where Bethesda really takes an L. This could be like a 7 out of 10 for them, which is just going to spell a bazillion more problems for Xbox because right now it seems like, you know, to, to most people, it seems like, oh, Xbox is bleak as hell, but at least we got Starfield. That'll be a banger. Right, If right. it's not, like, especially when we have no release dates or real gameplay footage for anything of significance right now, if Starfield's bad, it literally just, it's going to feel like there's no reason, period, no hope. to be yeah. on Xbox. It's going to seem like no hope. But I will say, Morrowind and uh, Oblivion and Skyrim and Fallout 3 and 4, um... These are some of the best games in the industry. These are games that top the very highest echelons of Josh and I's favorite games lists, Oblivion, Skyrim, stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, so there's also absolutely a reason to be real excited for Starfield because, I mean, Skyrim's still a huge game now, and it's, what is it? It's uh, 11, 12, 13 years old. Is that right? Yeah. 13? That's insane. No. It's 12 years old. 12 years Math, old. Math. Yeah. But close enough. <laughs> 12 years old. And the game is still... I mean, Skyrim's another game that gets brought up just like... It's a generational I mean, game. I, it's a generational game, right? So it's it's huge. Uh, Fallout 4, not as much. But Fallout 4 is still a great game. It's still a game people love. A game I like. Josh likes a lot. Didn't make people uh, like that franchise know. any less. That's for damn sure. No, it didn't. Um, so this is a behemoth of a studio... Sure. And even though it's a new IP, we we all know what they're doing, and, and Todd Howard's pretty much said as much. When you get a Bethesda game, you get the same game with a different style, right? You Fallout, I mean, there's a lot of difference between Fallout and, and Elder Scrolls, but like at the same time, you're getting the same type of game, but one's in a certain setting with guns, and the other one's in a different setting with swords and magic. Right. And you know what this is. You're getting a Fallout, Elder Scrolls type of game set in space, with you building your own spaceship and traveling to planets. They've also talked about how Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 are games that they couldn't have developed for the Xbox One PS4 generation because the technology wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. There is absolutely everything there for this to be a gigantic game, a generational game, a game that... Because they, they said they want this... They said they built Starfield knowing how people played Skyrim for over a decade and wanting to build this game in such a way that it could more easily do that, be playable for decade or decades mm -hmm. on. So, I mean, there's plenty of reasons. We probably don't see Starfield 2 in our lifetime. I'm exact, I'm joking, but like, oh, yeah. it's going to be oh, a long dead. way off. <laughs> we're dead. We're dead. Uh, Starfield 2, we're, <clears throat> we're dead. Um, but Starfield, there's absolutely a reason to be high for this game. And if this game lands... I know, like, we've talked about the whole, like Phil said, 11 out of 10 is not enough to turn Xbox around. That's true. But if this game's a 9 out of 10 or a 10, and it's more or less like, you know, I'm not saying the exact same, but if it's more or less like Skyrim quality, this is huge. And this could be a great turnaround for Xbox. And I would be excited. Like, you know, if, if, if I liked Starfield as much as Skyrim, then to me personally, just Brian... 
that game's bigger than Ragnarok. That game's bigger yeah. than Horizon. Yeah. That game's bigger than that game's bigger than Spider-Man 2 for me if it's as good as Skyrim, which yeah. that's no light that's no that's a major feat to be as good as Skyrim. But if you are, I mean Xbox just got itself a killer thing that it's going to suck to be if it's Skyrim level, dude. You don't want to be on PS5 only and not be able to <laughs> yeah. play that. It's that's know? it's going to be interesting to see the conversation cuz if it is really really good as much as we all hope it is. You know, you are going to, and I'm not poo-pooing on it, but you are going to see the people out there that's like, Xbox, you know, they're going to be like Vin Diesel and Fast and the Furious where they just sort yeah, of like right. stick their arms out wide. Like, come on, come on, bring it, you know, you know, but uh, like, I don't think that's going to, you know, I don't think one banger, no matter how big, necessarily. Because the hype fades down. It, it fades sure. off, right? Like, but, we, we saw Elden Ring hype. Elden Ring doesn't get talked about near as much now as it did the beginning of last year. No. Like, Starfield, if it's not Skyrim, I mean, well, I mean, even if it is Skyrim level, I mean, there's going to be a sense that come March of next year, people are going, what's the new game? You know, I want to play the next new thing. Yeah. So, and I mean, I, like, yeah, it goes without saying. Like, I mean, it, it, it takes, it has a whole new meaning of, like, anticipation than just it's the next in line from the guys at Bethesda. Like, yeah, like, I mean, this is Xbox's biggest AAA thing that, like, they've ever seen, honestly, outside of Halo and Gears. And I would put it above yep. Gears, personally, just because of the the DNA of Bethesda and what people know to expect. It's bigger than Gears. Yeah. yeah. And if someone said even Halo, Honestly, uh, it's uh, debatable. Elder Scrolls is bigger than Halo. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely, I can see that argument. So it, it has a lot, to, a, a positive baggage that comes with it. But I think for me guys, and I'm, I think you're probably the same way too, Brian, but like, I, I feel like there is this conversation to be had where I get excited for this game. I get hyped out of my god dang mind. But the problem is, it's just like, you know, like, guys, if you could, like, they just didn't really show anything, like, narratively speaking. Like, they didn't get to show an actual, like, proper, like, quest type of thing. It was like, yeah. here's a combat scenario. Here's a sort of quick little timely, like, highlight reel of, like, people talking. And yeah. that's it. Like, when I remember back to the Fallout 4 one, it was your your vault dude traveling with dog meat. And he kind of, like, goes around and some stuff happens. And then they kind of forward it. It was a good, like, 20-minute thing. That mm-hmm. felt very consistent and had a lot of like meat to it. And I just feel like I didn't get that with this. It was a whole lot of like this. Like, it, Here's what it clearly showed me. This game is a whole lot of different things. Did you like Hearthfire DLC in Skyrim? You're going to love this. Did you like building and collecting lots of random shit so you could like build up like bases and stuff in Fallout 4? We got you covered. Here's all you these like no thousands Man's Sky? of planet. Yeah, you like No Man's Sky? <laughs> Here's all this stuff we got in there for you. What I am there for is the core Elder Scrolls stuff. And I don't hate that other stuff, but I feel like they try, like in sort of, uh, best way I can put it to not dog on them is like in sort of trying to almost appeal to everyone uh, with what they showed last year, it felt like they kind of directly appealed to no one because I didn't feel like I got a really good idea of what this game is. I got a big idea of the scope. But I just didn't see yeah. much. So, I mean, I honestly think that I could see something that turns me around and Starfield suddenly becomes my most anticipated. Right now, like, it's Baldur's Gate 3. Prior, you know, Jedi Survivor. But, like, those are my games. Brian was Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, that's huge for him. But I could see a conversation where Starfield enters that. But I just have nothing to go off on. So, Josh, I mean, do you want to... Go ahead. Go ahead. I want you to finish your thought if, you, if I interrupted you. Well, I, I want to be excited for this game. And I think I'll get that way. I just... It's it's I'm kind of scared right now because I still feel and care about Xbox a lot. They they're still my favorite, even though I recognize there's not a lot of substance to necessitate that being 
my perspective, my feeling. Mm -hmm. But I just want to see gameplay finally. I'm sick of waiting the last, you know, coming up on three years to see real proper in-depth stuff on Starfield, to see um, a real proper look at Avowed, to see Fable. And it's be- it's not because, like, I necessarily even want to play these games, which I do. It's more so because, like, I want to know if this is a game I should care about. Because, like, the CG stuff is... It's a hype trailer. That's all it is. And, like, I, I can think of... I'm not going to list them, but I can think of plenty of games off the top of my head that I've seen CG trailers for that got me excited that when I saw the actual game... I didn't care for it. You guys nope. remember the first Dead Island and how hyped that trailer was, and then the game comes oh. out. Yeah. So, and I'm not hating. One of the best trailers in gaming, but not one of the best games. In yeah. Game. So, I mean, I just want to. I want to get some meat on the plate. I want to get some food on there to yep. eat. And uh, I mean, that's pretty much what I'll say to pass it over. But Josh, I, I want to go into. Good. Do you want to go into talking about Starkle's all the good. things we love about Xbox? Absolutely. Uh, and then after that, we'll go into our clips. And emails, and then maybe we'll get out of here before four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby, I'm having a blast. Uh, this is this we is why I love this is why I love podcasting. But uh, yeah, it's dude, best. let's talk about it. Uh, okay, for speaking for me, and honestly, I don't plan for this to be a 30 minute segment because, and I know that seems unfortunate that we we spent so much time talking bad about Xbox, but I, I just want to kind of run through you know what Xbox means to me and 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 how you know all the great things about it. I mean, first of all, I want to say flat out, uh, if you if you took my my best memories in gaming. Most of them are going to have to do with the Xbox platform. Like the most of them are going to have to do with that platform. Uh, Xbox Original and 360 are my two favorite consoles of all time. 360 being number one. It felt so cool to be in high school and have a 360 and Xbox Live and Halo and Gears. I mean, two of my favorite IPs of all time are Halo and Gears. I uh, one of my favorite games of all time is the original Fable. All of this stuff that you could only get on Xbox. Um, for a while there, it felt like no one in the industry had a controller that I thought was good enough, you know, but then as soon as the 360 came, a little bit the Xbox original, but the 360 primarily, they just made the perfect controller, and then they just keep iterating on the perfect controller. Now, we've got to the point where Sony has such a good controller, it's it's more negligible, but for the longest time there, it just felt like you were at a disadvantage to not have an Xbox because the controller was so good. I remember them making... Uh, off-brand Xbox controllers for the PS3 and people buying those because they're like, I don't want to use the PS3 controller. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Xbox brought uh, hard drives into our systems as a mainstay. Uh, online gaming meant something because of the original Xbox and the 360. PS3's online gaming sucked by comparison, to be honest. You know, like, Microsoft brought the Xbox and innovated in so many ways. It felt so cool to be on those consoles. Like I said, some of my best memories, best times with friends, some of the most hype moments. Uh, I always look forward to the showcases in the 360 days, you know. Uh, I mean, like I said, Halo Infinite is one of my favorite um, exclusives to come out in a long time, and it's on the Xbox. You know, amidst everything I've said, Halo Infinite is Mm -hmm. one of my favorite uh, game exclusives to come out. Um, And I just, you know, so much of my history in gaming has been with Xbox, their backwards compatibility is amazing. It's it's something that the competition can't do. That the that was the a good discussion yesterday in there that David asked about that. That was cool to see. Yeah, yeah, Discord. absolutely. Yeah. And the the way that uh, the way that they fostered the the community with with the backwards compatibility. These games not only are playable on your Series X, but they run better. And sometimes they look like they're a full on remaster for free. Yeah. You know, and then you auto HDR. Some of those games get it's uh, amazing. To Sixty FPS. It's, the backwards compatibility is... It's is too much. much. It's, it's too much. 
it's literally better than, you know, when I talked about, uh, I said this on an episode in the past, MCC once it was working, like MCC today, better than my wildest dreams of what what a Master Chief collection package could be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, backwards compatibility is better than my wildest dreams is what it could be. Then you go over to Sony, they want you to pay like $10 for some old PS1 game that hasn't even been touched. You go to Nintendo and they're like, you can't own any of it, but just pay us yearly a subscription fee and we'll let you play it with poor input lag and latency issues. I mean, it's just not even comparable. Uh, you, you look at uh, how powerful the Series X is, how they give you an option to play the series to get the Series S, which is an affordable price, but it's an amazing console. Um, you know, the controller is amazing. The online service is amazing. Um, Game Pass is the best value in gaming bar none. Uh, Microsoft, or I'm sorry, Sony and Nintendo's versions of whatever a Game Pass could be are crap by comparison. Um, I don't know. I mean, the way you could buy an Xbox One game and then you get the free transition right to Series X where, you know, Sony would charge you for it or Nintendo didn't even have a system like that. Your Wii U games are just stuck there. I mean, Microsoft has gone in so many different directions to make gaming more fun, more accessible, more innovative. They're the only one doing... Uh, doing like making cloud give it uh, worth a damn. The only ones making cloud worth a damn. They're adaptive controllers and accessibility. Uh, the way that you can build your own controller and what color you want it to be yeah, online so and have neat. it shipped to your house. Yeah. I mean, they've basically got it nailed in every way except exclusive games for their platform. And back in the Xbox original and 360 days, they just had it nailed. Period. They had it all for me. They had the best systems and controllers and games and it just felt awesome to be there and you know microsoft's done so much for my gaming life and my gaming history that i just don't know if they can ever go away fully i mean the 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 best memories for me you know my favorite series is halo it's it's from xbox but even taking halo out of the picture which is such a major part of why xbox is great they've still done plenty else to make me proud to be on those systems and be a part of that ecosystem in the past and Sacred Icon wouldn't exist if it wasn't for what Xbox did for me and Josh's gamers. Um, it's a it's it's a great system, you know. Like even today, the Series X, Series S, they are great systems to play on with great controllers and great features, and almost all the games the industry has to offer. When you take every game that's in the industry, over ninety percent of them are on that console, and they play great, they run great. Uh, they have, it's just, I mean. <laughs> You know, when we get into Wesley's email, which I almost think this would be an appropriate time to read it. It's not very long at all, and it applies to what I'm saying. Uh, well, go ahead. The the Xbox, the, the place where the Xbox is failing so much is in the competition. If we're if we're watching a sports game, this is like that. You know, I'm not a sports guy, but like the Xbox is like this is the this is the it never makes it to the drafts or it never makes it anywhere near the Super Bowl. I mean, this is like the worst NFL team of the year is what the Xbox looks like. It's when it comes yeah, to the competition. Like the Chicago Bears. <laughs> when it comes to the competition, to Bears. <laughs> that's where the Xbox sucks. Yeah. The Xbox on its own does not suck. It's a premium system and a great place to play games. It's just so astronomically failing to the competition that it looks like a joke. So I want to go into to Wesley's email here, and he reiterates on this. Uh, Wesley says, Dear Sacred Boys, when I think about Xbox, the first word that comes to mind is comfort. I've been an Xbox fan first, uh, or I've been Xbox first since I really started gaming in earnest. I love the controller, the original IPs, the software, and the features, the whole ecosystem. 
I've also dipped in and out of gaming a few times due to life circumstances, and those absences just so happened to be in the middle of some rough times for Xbox. Long story short, I'm very content with Xbox, both as a fan and as a consumer. My gaming journey and exposure to the corporate background noise has not been typical, but it's benefited me. I also don't have as much time as I used to. When it comes down to it, Xbox offers great access to all the games I've come to love over the years, and it allows me to have fantastic experience with the latest third-party games. As it stands, I don't have much time or interest for anything else. As Brian said to me, Xbox isn't failing in any of these ways. It's more of a matter of competition and comparison. Right now, that just isn't an issue for me. Hope that helps the conversation. Appreciate you guys to the max. Peace and love, Wesley. Wesley. So thank you Appreciate very much for sending in, Wesley. Thank you. Um, great, uh, great stance coming from someone who's pretty happy with Xbox as it stands right now. And I, I like the way you put it, and it's, it's very much in channel with what I say, is if you take away competition and comparison, it's very easy to understand why you could be happy with Xbox right now. It's a great product. With, with you know, It's got everything you need, really, right? It's just that when you look at the competitors, and for, especially for the people who own two or three systems... It just seems like, man, if you're, if I, you know, why can't Xbox have what these other systems have? Especially if you were an Xbox fan. Yeah. Especially if you're an Xbox fan first. Right. You're like, you know, I believe green, Xbox. Where's my Ragnarok? Where's my Tears of the Kingdom, man? It, it feels like we're kind of a joke out there with Redfall, you know, and then yeah. like, and, and, and Halo Infinite, it's not coming out with core features the game's always had. You have and, sort of like, uh, you have like Tears of the Kingdom in a bar, like an old Western cowboy bar. And then yeah. you got Ragnarok in there, and you got all these other ones sort of surrounding it. And then in walks Redfall, and a, everyone like qua- everyone shuts up and stops drinking, stops talking, and looks over at Redfall. And Redfall is like looks like the equivalent of like you know a, a Disney cartoon character amidst all these like top dogs. I, I just you know, yeah. and I hate to phrase it like that, but it's just kind of it's again another case of like this this shouldn't have been. I I think even if Redfall had honestly come that came out a year from now and, and it came out in the same state there would absolutely be a conversation on it but there wouldn't be the conversation around the state this of xbox the, the concern and yeah it's just the worst time possible for this to release like it but josh on that note though why don't you share with us everything you love about xbox yeah i'll lump this in with, with wesley's awesome them. email i mean i i think i think the coolest thing about wesley right now is like he's been for you guys that don't know i mean he's been on such a huge Star Wars kick and has been going through like all the games that he has in his Xbox library leading up to Jedi Survivor and I, I've been meaning to ask him like what his his next one that he's going to play after Jedi Survivor so he's just been on cloud nine playing these Star Wars games on his Xbox and he's having a blast and I look at someone like him and I think look and, and this might sound bad but I don't at all mean it that way it's a huge compliment but he is someone who is staying in his lane and he's playing games look at someone like look at us what are we doing? We're not playing games right now. We're talking about the state of Xbox. So, I mean, Wesley is someone that has found a sense of contentedness, and it's just he's not thinking about sort of the bigger picture because, you know, who's he got time? To. Who, he doesn't need to, and who's got time for that? You know what I mean? What's the point in taking stuff so seriously all the time? He is just focused on playing the games he has that are available to him. And when you get to the point, I mean – a lot of you guys who are around our age or older will definitely understand this, but when you get to the point when you don't have as much time as you used to for your games, what you invest your time into becomes a lot more important. So for someone like Wesley, it makes complete sense that Wesley is having a great time because he's 
what time he does have, he's playing games he wants to play and he's having a blast doing it. You know, someone like me who I'll watch any movie, you know, uh, I take, I'll take a lot of chances on all these different movies. There's a lot of them I just don't actually enjoy, but I'll watch because I want to have that new experience. I'm, I'm different in how I consume stuff um, than Wesley, but I respect that because like there is a, such a sense of contentedness and peace that he has with that. And I really, really value that and respect it. You know, so on the positive side of something like that, to leapfrog that into Xbox stuff, I think, you know, the thing I've always loved about Xbox up to now, more so in the Phil Spencer era, is just how he runs that from a mental sense. This sort of like headspace is just a very positive sense, a very positive place for gaming. And I kind of hate the term gamers, even though I use it a lot. I kind of hate the term gaming. Like I like to say video games or people that play video games because it kind of has, the other ones have this weird connotation to me. So I always enjoy Phil Spencer coming out in a t-shirt of some like Conquer Live and Reloaded. It's like, cool, are we getting a new Conquer? No, I'm just wearing it because it's a shirt. And he'll come out yep. and he'll say, hey gamers, you know, and, and talk like that. Anytime he comes out and he has this like corpo sort of like, he tries to sort of reach, you know, reach down and kind of touch you, you know almost like he's God and you just, oh my God, Phil Spencer, you know, like I'll, I'll play whatever you make. You know, you get so excited, you get wrapped up in it and I love that about him and it's simply because of the energy he brings. Even though he uses these terms I don't like or he does, you know, he wears a corny t-shirt or something, like he genuinely cares about the product and he has shown that but, you know, I'm not going to get into the negatives of it but I love that. I love the headspace he's in that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to beat Sony to a pulp. It's like, it's almost like it's almost like he doesn't want to get in the same ring. Like if, uh, I don't know, if it's Rocky and Adonis Creed, he doesn't even want to get in the ring with Adonis Creed or Rocky, whichever one you want to phrase them as. But instead, he's like, I'm going to go play basketball. I'm going to go play tennis. I'm going to go do a different sport. They want to still like play. They want to essentially do the same thing, but in a different way. But he doesn't ever dog on Xbox, or I'm sorry, on Sony or Nintendo. And I just like that. I respect that. I think that's like a real sort of like taking the high road approach that I like that I can even learn from in my real life. I mean, even when you listen to him in the interview, he takes the high road. He, you know, in a lot of it's Corbo speak, but he takes all the fault on him. He doesn't put any on Arcane. He doesn't put any on Team Xbox or Matt Booty or this person or that. You know, he just takes it all on himself. And I, I appreciate that because that trickles down and into the headspace of the rest of the corporate structure. And, you know, when I look at Xbox One and Xbox Series gens, they do feel a lot more corporate. And I see that more in the aesthetic designs. But I do feel like the headspace is really positive. And, like, pretty much you already said, Brian, with everything. Uh, I won't spend all the time talking about that, but uh, I love the infrastructure. I love the ecosystem. I love, I think it's so cool that they have controllers for people that are disabled and can't play a traditional controller that we have. You can't get that elsewhere. I think that's so freaking cool. And I mean, I always hear is <laughs> multiplayer people tend to play more Xbox. The single player people tend to play more PlayStation. That's not one-to-one, -one, but that's what I see a lot. That's what I see a lot. And, you know, I think that's awesome. I think that it's so cool because I remember when I was a teenager and Xbox was just so much fun because 
Halo 3 offered just such a bevy of features. And then if you didn't want to play Halo or you were sick of that, well, here's like Gears. Here's, here's the Gears trilogy. Go have fun with that. You know, if you don't want that, here's all these other games. You know, and I, you know, it's like remember that Shadowrun game, guys? That was like a multiplayer only game. It was kind of ahead of its time on Xbox because that's a normal thing now. But it wasn't back then. It didn't really do as well then. But like now, that's more of a normal thing. So I mean, I love that they take chances. I love that they're trying to sort of build up. You know, they're not. I, I like that they're not playing the same game. I like that, and I like at the same time that they're not hating on those who are succeeding. And I think that's just a great way to sort of still climb the ladder. You know, or if it's like, okay, I'll put it this way: if uh, if Sony in Breath of the Wild is like paragliding from one mountaintop to another and it takes 10 seconds. Xbox probably climbed, like slid down the hill or whatever and they're running over across the way trying to get on the other one. Maybe they hop on a horse to gallop a bit there. Uh, maybe they end up, instead of like paragliding over to that one, they, they get up there literally by climbing and there's rain coming down and they're falling down a little bit but they're battling through that. I like that they're still like in the arena, they're just choosing to sort of play a different game and um, gives me optimism, gives me optimism because I don't want them to necessarily do exactly what Sony's or Nintendo is doing because if I want that experience, I'll go buy that console and I'll play those games that way. I, I just, you know, I feel like the potential is definitely there for Xbox to succeed. For me, it's not a case of if, it's a matter of when. So that's pretty much where I stand. I, th- I still think they have so much great stuff to offer. And where we're currently at, I mean, like, I put myself firmly more in the PlayStation first camp, but Josh is still Xbox first camp. Definitely. Like, nothing's Definitely. changed there for him. So uh, that's great, Josh. Do you, do you want to read um, your message from Prey? Yeah, let's do that, buddy. Let's go. Yeah, on. that'd be good because that's our only two that are actual emails and then the rest are voice clips. So. Dude, I know that while I bring this up, <laughs> this is going to be dated by the time uh, this goes live. But are you seeing Guardians 3? Uh, you know what? I'm not really interested. <laughs> no, that's okay, buddy. I couldn't remember. Yeah. I know Quantum Mania, you're like, yeah. I but thought okay. maybe 3 would get me, but I'm not really interested. Not really. Okay. No problem. No problem. Okay. So, yeah. I already on. looked up the ending spoilers to it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I, I did just too. don't, because I just don't I mean, care. I mean, yeah. it's funny, guys. Like, Brian, like we talked about before, like when it comes to like Halo or something like that, they'll drop out a cutscene early, and I'll be like, Brian, don't just wait till launch. Brian's like, already watched it 13 times, you know? Yep. But when it comes to Marvel and Star Wars stuff, I want to know everything. So, yeah, I get that. But anyway, uh, Prey sent us in. Uh, we asked, we asked uh, him to send one in to get his thoughts, and he sent this in to me. He said, All right, boss, let's open this can of worms called the State of Xbox. What can I tell you that hasn't been said already? It's a goddamn disappointment, a tragedy, a letdown. There are not the words in me to truly describe how I feel about this company and this console. I'm tired, boss. I'm just tired. And there's not a lot that can wake me up, not even from cryo sleep. I might just freeze on this one. Imagine that you <laughs> Imagine that you had a friend. And when you were children, couldn't get enough of each other. They kept giving you cool stuff. You kept having fun hanging out with them, making new experiences together and whatnot. But suddenly, y'all switch schools and your friend boosts oh, boost one side of the state and you're at the other side of the state. You pen pal with each other and you always talk about how awesome he is when you guys see each other again. But every time the actual time arises, your friend makes excuses as to why they can't see you. At the start, you're like, okay, that's fine. Lots of time left soon enough and they keep making excuses one day and you're just like okay i guess we'll see you when i see you 
That's how I feel about Xbox. I kept my hopes up for years and years and years through the Xbox One and now four years into the series consoles. I can almost say that I may have spent one more time about what could be called the bad times of being an Xbox fan versus the good times of being an Xbox fan. That's extremely depressing to think about. And I'm not someone who loves to always go on back to nostalgia and things they enjoyed. It's fun to always talk about and reminisce. You know, if I spend all my time thinking about how good the past was, the present is just going to pass me by. Look at this guy speaking some sage shit. Y'all could tell I was Truth. angry. I'm usually the positive one around here, but even I'm tired. I will never lose hope, Spartans. Never do that. But damn, I really do feel like I'm stuck in this cryo chamber with Xbox, and who knows when we're going to be woken up. Anyways, I'm making this, or I'm, I'm making this while taking a bunch of Nyquil. So who knows how actually coherent all all this is? So good luck to you, buddy. <laughs> Hey, Prey. Uh, dude, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head pretty much of what we said this whole episode. And uh, especially that part about focusing so much on nostalgia that the, the present will pass you by. I mean, Xbox has bled so much nostalgia, you know, with the Master Chief Collection being such a big selling point for the Xbox One, for Halo Infinite being a, a, a reason to buy a Series X. You know, Gears Tactics coming out as sort of a launch title effectively. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm really... It actually generates good discussion because Brian is someone who plays, he does the whole bevy. Brian will replay games, Brian will check out new titles, but he'll play, he'll replay a lot of games that he loves a ton. You just beat Resident Evil 4 original for like, what, the fourth time? Is that right? Well, I beat, well, I played Remake and then I replayed Remake and then I played or the original again, which I'd played before. So yeah. three times in a row, but four times total. Sure. So Brian's someone who will do all that across the board. I... I don't replay a whole lot of games, even though I have a list of favorites that I sometimes maybe do or think about doing. But I often just like to take new chances because for me, my perspective is just that, you know, that new chance that I take creates that 50% opportunity that it might be something that becomes a favorite that I want to replay down the line. Like those other ones, it's something like I want to take a new chance on something so it can become established in my repertoire or of nostalgia, right? So I don't really play a lot of or replay a lot of stuff so i mean i I like to i don't want the present to miss me by but at the same time like if you're an xbox gamer that's all you got is nostalgia right now really so hopefully starfield's good because redfall took a big old shit but i mean you know i have so many i mean that's another positive thing i could say about xbox is all the memories it's created like this podcast wouldn't exist i wouldn't even know prey we wouldn't know prey all that stuff Without Xbox even just being conceived as a thing, because that's how yeah. we get to this point. And I mean, I get where you're coming from, Prey. I mean, you you pretty much. I think you, I was pretty harsh in this episode overall, but I think you you even managed to really make better better points and, and say it better than I could. Well, what Prey just reminded me of is just how. I mean, Prey is one of the front runners with Sacred Icon that that like followed us to through the hype to Halo Infinite, you know, and I feel like. I feel like the at least maybe two years, but at least the year leading up to Infinite, its release, a lot of us in this in our community, in the Sacred Icon community, we were riding that same original Xbox hype, right? Like, what's the thing that I think it was John Den Crimson Seraph who first said it? Were he it might have been somebody else, but I thought it was him who said like, being a part of Sacred Icon is it feels like being a part of that original. Playing Xbox, land party with your friends in the basement, hype 
like that original Halo one and two original Xbox. Yeah, I think it was. Brought, John. It, brought, yeah. it brought us back to that feeling, right? Yeah. And I feel like so many of us, it's bigger than Sacred Icon, of course, but I'm just talking about us specifically. So many of us in the Sacred Icon community, as we're building up to the to the Halo Infinite release, it wasn't. Ju- I mean, the hype felt like the, it felt like a resurgence of nostalgia of that era of when Xbox was cool because you know the Series X was new and Halo Infinite was on the horizon and we were so hyped. And we, whenever we all catch a glimpse of what it felt like to see Xbox riding high, mm-hmm. because even if it didn't ultimately, you know, me and Josh loved Infinite, you know, Prey loves Infinite, but, you know, Infinite ended up probably disappointing people more, unfortunately. Even if it didn't land there, the pathway there with getting the Series X and waiting for Infinite felt like one of them peak moments of Xbox again. And, and whenever you get a glimpse of that feeling, when it feels good to be an Xbox fan... Damn, does it feel good. And even, I'm not saying it necessarily feels better than Sony or Nintendo, but it feels different. It's not the same feeling. You can only get it with Xbox. Sony has their own version. Nintendo has their own version. But there's a version of Xbox hype and and excitement that only comes from Xbox. And when you get it, it is, it's, uh, it's addicting. You want it, you don't want it to end. It feels so good. And that's the kind of stuff that inspired us to make this podcast. So I think it was well said, pray. I really I'm so glad you're here with us through the good and the bad. Yeah, no, it's been it's been pretty fun because uh, we 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 were in the Discord and Brian and I were just kind of going off about this Redfall situation, and Prey kind of got in on it, and then like a couple other people, and we had some people that you know we, it was a good conversation all around of people kind of feeling multiple different ways, some debates going on and stuff like that, and nothing really mean, but uh, just a lot of like a lot of honest roasting of Redfall and, and Xbox because three years of just trying to look at the bright side of Halo and xbox and all that stuff and you know it probably seems bad to have a day or two of of just absolute dogging but at the same time it's like this is therapy and it felt really good and pray was and one i of mean how 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 long were we the positive the positive p i mean yeah for 365 days that, a year i think like, we yeah i think we deserve two days a year to be absolutely absolutely so no pray that was a that was a great message man. thank you so much pray josh you mind if i play one for we got a clip from our boy tony yeah let's hear it buddy i gotta Ready? hear this dude I've missed his voice. Go. What's up, Sacred <laughs> There he is. <laughs> it's your boy, Tony. Hey, uh, State of Xbox. The State of Xbox. It's a... World premiere. It's in a state, that's for sure. I mean, everything's in a state. That's really not stating anything real. But, <laughs> nonetheless, the State of Xbox. Uh, the Yeah, my height of Xbox was the first rush of the original Xbox and Halo CE and then just riding that momentum wave. It was, it might have been just like a perfect storm of my age. I would think I was like 15-ish at the time. And, um, you know, the age, the time period, the leap in technology, the the craze, right? It was a big, I just rode that wave. So uh, that was the height of it. And ever since then, it's just been kind of a wash, a slow a slow fade down again could be contributed to age or it could be contributed to the fact that corporations just get gigantic and um you know the the more they succeed the bigger they get the bigger they are the smaller you feel as far as being a customer and being mm. con- identified as a customer and connected with you know some yeah, well said things feel a little bit more tailored towards you when um, it's coming from homegrown uh, 
you know, entities that are either local or, you know, just grew up in the era that you did or just can identify with you or connect with you in some way. They know they're making a game for other kids. They're like thinking, if I was a kid, blah, 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 right? Well, I don't think that stays true when when these video game corporations get big. I think that what becomes true is they just try to go, what's going to get uh, their attention and... I don't fucking know. I don't fucking <laughs> dude. I don't fucking know. You're asking me. I have no fucking clue. I feel like 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 I feel like Phil Spencer and those guys throwing them softball questions. They're all full of shit. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm not gonna good. be positive on this one. They're all full of fucking shit. They know damn well they're rich off their fucking ass. They're not gonna fail. It doesn't matter if it if something comes out and it's shitty. It doesn't matter to them. They're like big mobsters with fucking cigars in their hands laughing at it. <laughs> These kids are going to buy whatever we fucking throw at them. Ah, and if they don't, there's always going to be a new kid on the block, a sucker, who's going to fucking <laughs> buy it no matter what we fucking put out. Just put something on it they like. I don't know. What are they like these days? Pirates? Fucking robots? I don't know. Put, put a little bit of that in it. You got these guys in charge, right? I'm not saying pirates, robots, of gold. But whoever he works for, his superiors, someone... There's always that big fish out there, a big corporate tycoon, and all they care about is the figures and the numbers, and that's where that's where we're at. How do you guys feel when you go into Walmart? How do you feel when you go into uh, when you talk to Comcast or your major cable company? How's the service, guys? Probably not that good. You probably don't get that the warm, friendly feeling, um, you know, and you don't need to because you're just there to buy what you need, and that's how I feel about Xbox now. It's just like, eh. They they know they know what we want, but uh, they're not as interested in that as they are in just keeping things going because they're gonna make the money anyways. It might fluctuate a little bit here and there, but dude, even them on a bad day is I mean think about what you make a year. Them on a bad day is 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 excessive. Them on a bad day is excessive. So, giant corporation, it is what it is. Original Xbox felt like it had that heart, had that soul, had that hunger. It's like I need to, I need to impress you. I need to pull you in, um, and we're gonna have fun while we do it because that's how pe- people can sense that. So uh, yeah, I, I just that's it. That's that's the whole scoop. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about xbox other than it's doing exactly what i would expect a giant corporation to do and it will continue to do that it's not a good or a bad thing um it's just a go with the flow kind of thing like we're we're along for the ride we can change my new things here and there but the river still goes to the ocean at the end of the day so whether we make a bank left or right on the way there yeah okay we feel like we have some freedom um (laughs) a perfect example of that of that sense of, of, you know, buyer's choice that they give you is uh, they put these dummy thermostats on in office buildings that they say that you can fluctuate two degrees up or two degrees down. I got news for you. Those those thermostats don't change the temperature at all. It's all psychological. It just makes you feel like you've got the freedom. Mm-hmm. Big corporation, guys, this is what they do. They can't, they can't tailor to every single person. It's not possible. Every time they make one decision, they're going to hurt a giant crowd of people. And it's just going to go like that forever. I'm 20 seconds over. I'm sorry. Bye. <laughs> You're fine, buddy. No, that was great. Um, gave me a lot to The one big thing I 
the one big thing I take away from what Tony said is you do get this feeling when the original Xbox came out. Uh, the phrase I think is they were they were young, scrappy, and they were hungry. Right, that's what it felt like with the Xbox original. It was like we know we're not going to beat PlayStation, probably ain't going to beat Nintendo. We're new to the market, but we're going to come out swinging. We're going to do our own thing. You know, we talk about Josh said he doesn't want them to just be carbon copies of Sony or Nintendo. When Microsoft came out, that is not what they were. They were like hard drive on the system, internet's a huge part of it. You know, our games mostly, you know, the big selling point is going to be a first person shooter, which most people don't think they're really made for consoles. Mm -hmm. It came out young, scrappy, and hungry. And you just felt like if you were a part of it, you got to be young, scrappy, and hungry with them, and you get to be on the come up. Problem is, it only took halfway through the 360 generation for them to already feel complacent. It already feels like they, they felt like they'd won already. Like they came in and, and just conquered, and they were just got really complacent. Halfway through 360, it started to be less about exclusives and doing cool new shit, and more about you know connect and how can we run this stuff on and market that we got Netflix on the box and stuff like that. And it was complacency until their ultimate downfall in 2013. And I think years of complacency put them in a position that's just really hard to crawl back from. So uh, definitely f- uh, understand your frustrations there, Tony. The only thing I'll say is, and, and you know this better than I do, um, you know, Sony and Nintendo are also giant corporations. So, you know, when it comes down to competition, the competition isn't any better at being like all about taking your money, right? Or, or, or if you're Nintendo, sending you to jail for 18 lifetimes because you emulated a game, you know? Uh, but... Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, even though they're all kind of the same in that way, uh, you know, for a while now, Xbox has been the only one to not be able to impress in the same way. So thank you very much for that clip, Tony. Tony, I love you, man. I love you through and through. I love what you said. You made so me, much you always make me laugh so damn hard. And you actually touch on a lot of good points, man. And uh, so you mentioned, like, you know, everyone in that thing was, like, full of shit and stuff like that. It's so funny because afterward... Uh, the, like the following day, they did sort of a, a sequel podcast episode where they were sort of talking about like what that experience was like talking to Phil and their takeaways and stuff like that. And I was I hit up Brian and I let him know like, hey, listen to this. This is not too bad. But there's a guy on there named Greg Miller, and I don't know how people perceive him at large, but like that dude sucked his own cock so much through that fucking podcast like uh, 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 like straight up deep throating and i just couldn't stand it because it's like you know there are a lot of people in the industry that i absolutely love and honestly it's those people whether you're working at one of those corporations of xbox sony nintendo or you're actually someone at like ign GameSpot, you know all these different places they get they're the ones that get me ultimately excited you know i don't even like that there's a middleman in this business that i have to uh get told what was shown in a behind-the-closed-doors demo. I don't like that that's a thing. I don't think that should be a thing. But, uh, like, I, I get sick of sometimes the uh, the sort of discussion of it all because sometimes it is it is a lot of corporate speak. And I think the thing that was interesting is there's one point where this guy named Paris, which is a really cool dude, I really love that guy, um, he tries to sort of spin a question in a positive light and feels like, no, 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 no. He's like, I'm grumpy Phil today. Like, we're going to have that conversation in this way. And I, so, I mean... I love it, and I—I I mean, that's the, it, honestly, it, it's just if you take Phil away from the Xbox equation, man, I don't feel good about Xbox at all. But him being there gives me confidence. And any, I could be in the worst state of my life, but if Phil comes up to give me a pep talk, I'm gonna believe that I can do the things that he says because every time I have seen this guy have to talk about something, whether they had their backs against the wall or they were doing really good. 
he says shit that just gets me more excited and gives me a reason to hold on. And like the fact that he came out and like the work, like they said, they planned that episode way before. I think Brian even said this earlier that it was just going to be a normal discussion about other stuff. And they shifted their plans because yep. of what was going on. So Phil kind of in a way like th- that's why I mean, that's why this has really taken off was because it, it's like it sort of feels like, a, it, it, you know, you think of kind of funny games. I'm not hating on them. I mean, they got great people there, but it sort of feels like. This is coming from kind of funny games. Like this isn't like some big like IGN unfiltered yeah. or it's like Microsoft is like a putting out some video or something. It, it feels weird, but like I feel like he just handled it really, really well. He owned. I mean, even if he afterward, if he if he took off his clown makeup and turned around in the mirror and went, <laughs> you know, it's possible. But like the fact that he came on there and just completely owned everything uh, gave me it made me feel a bit reassured because I hadn't listened to it while Brian was, and Brian's giving me feedback about how he's his take on it is, and then I listened to it at work and I was like, damn, this is good. It, it, he's not giving a clear answer on everything, but the fact that he's visibly yeah. frustrated. But yeah, I mean, long story short, dude, love what you said, and uh, uh, I, I I get it, man. I mean, I think corporations do a lot of that bullshit, and a lot of them don't care. I want to believe that Xbox cares, but you know. You're ahead of the curve on on me. I'm that guy that's like, you know, they're like uh, shitting out turds, and I'm like, maybe this time it'll be a Lego, you know. So I mean, I get uh, it. I get Josh, it. I just realized there's one huge thing we didn't touch on that I, I mentioned before on prior phone calls. What is it, baby? I think I think there's a good chance that uh, Phil deciding to come on and talk about this and position himself as a failure and distant third place appeals to the uh, repeal the appeal of the CMA blocking the Activision Blizzard mm-hmm. right like this I mean look what happened he, he came on kind of funny very much looked beaten down owned up to some stuff yeah. said he was third place said that he said he pretty he said in there that that Sony kept them from doing things uh, I think the way this is dominating the news cycle and how every YouTube and every Twitch and every uh, podcast and every Twitter account that has to do with the gaming industry is commenting on this right now. This might bode well for them in trying to appeal the Activision. Like this could be helpful to them. You can showing how they're <laughs> the they're UK not board dominating. is listening to us. Going, listen to that. They're making a good point. They're making a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think he <laughs> might have done that. Like this is this helps appeal to that. Now the thing that sucks is if if it just does nothing. And they just never get Activision Blizzard. It just kind of looks like, wow, you guys not only took the L, but you looked kind of sad doing it, you know? Yeah, well, it's just interesting because, and I, I know I come back to this showcase a lot, but, it, it, you know, had this thing not gotten denied and gotten approved, like, imagine how much differently the showcase, like, would have been had, like, Redfall been at least decent and that gotten, that went through. Like, their showcase would have been a lot different. Like, I feel like that's... yeah. It's just so many L's to take right now, and it's just really changed their trajectory in ways I don't think we can really see, but only anticipate. So, but that's a good point. That's a good point. Josh, are you ready for a clip from our friend Diente? Diente, de hombre. Yes, de hombre. Okay. Buddy. Listen up, gentlemen, and listen fast. It's time to answer the question everybody's been asking: Will Xbox ever make a quality exclusive title again? Short answer: It doesn't matter. Uh, hey guys, it's Diente. Um, I'm here to talk about my thoughts on the recent Xbox crises. So a little bit of background on me. I have been an Xbox fan since 01. I was in high school at the time when it came out. Um, I wouldn't be, wouldn't call myself a fanboy. 
but I've definitely owned every single Xbox console and enjoyed the crap out of each one. Um, things I love about Xbox, I love the backward compatibility of it. Um, I like having those old games there, uh, not just for nostalgia purposes, but uh, some of them are just really great games. Uh, I've been playing Fear recently, and that that is really fun. Uh, I highly recommend that game. But I also use it uh, for my kids. They like to play uh, Battlefront. And, and other games a little bit a little bit on the cheaper side to purchase those digitally than than uh, some of the newer ones. Um, I really am a fan of Game Pass and Xbox Live. Um, Game Pass I didn't pay for individually. I did the Xbox All Access program and uh, it came with you know it's a thirty five bucks a month to pay down a Xbox One and get two years of Game Pass. So. I really didn't utilize it until recently, but when I started using it, it was, it's been awesome. Um, Xbox Live has always been the better service to me, but I mean, I haven't really used the PS1, so I can't speak for that. Um, but I have been able to use the Xbox to stay connected to friends and family, and, and, and I think that's a great thing. Um, as far as the recent Redfall events... Um, so I was on Twitter and I saw all the the and YouTube and I saw all the hate that was being thrown at this game and um read that people had issues with quality, with performance um and that it was just generally a terrible game and I was like all right, well I might as well try it out. I mean, I had no interest in it at the beginning <laughs> to be honest. Um I thought it was going to be Left 4 Dead Part 3 basically with vampires instead of zombies um so i was like you know what I'll, I'll give it a shot it's free and all this hate kind of has me curious so i mean i guess it played a good part but um i downloaded it because it was free and i started playing it and uh and then like a few minutes like a 30 minutes in i was kind of confused i was like man why are people hating this game <laughs> um from what i played it was about three or four hours maybe at this point um it's been a rich immersive game uh, a high high quality game and then I've enjoyed it immensely um, I don't know I haven't had any performance issues and I don't know if I just haven't gotten far enough but from what I've seen it's, the game is fun what I played the game is fun and I'm gonna play more of it um, I don't know like I know people are a lot all about the, the, the FPS the frames per second um, and it's this huge debate between 60 and 30. And I don't know if it's my, like, 15-year-old TV that I play my Series X on or my old-ass eyes, but I can never really tell the difference between 30 frames per second and 60 frames per second. I mean, if you think about it, who can count to 30 in a single second? Is it really going to notice the difference? You probably will, but it's... I don't think it's a big deal. I enjoy the old games, too. I mean, they're definitely not 60 frames per second, but uh, it doesn't stop my enjoyment of it. Yeah, if it was, like, 10 frames per second or, like, 5, it'd be pretty slow. But I'm not going to complain over 30. Um, so I, I was thinking earlier, uh, all this this negative fire and shade thrown at Xbox over the last few days and uh, Redfall in general kind of has 
Kind of reminds me of my, my youngest kid. So we'll make dinner for him. His name's Raleigh. We'll make dinner for him. Um, you know, he's he's off watching TV or playing playing with his toys and uh, doesn't notice that we're cooking for the you know two hours and we'll make dinner and he he'd probably have it in his head that he wants like corn dogs you know and stuff because he loves corn dogs he'll eat a box of corn dogs in two days but um so we say it's dinner time and he'll freak out I'll be like no I'm not hungry and I'll see what's for dinner um even if it's something he's liked before he's enjoyed um he'll throw a fit no I'm not eating dinner that's disgusting dinner sucks I I hate dinner. And so we'll, uh, you know, <laughs> it's this huge fight to get him to try to take a single bite. Um, so we'll, we'll, you know, sometimes he'll even get to the point where he'll try a bite, but he makes himself gag before he eats it, before he takes a bite. So he doesn't even try. He just, like, it goes in his mouth and comes right back out. And he says it's gross. But sometimes we're able to get him to take a bite. And for the most part, he enjoys it. Um, and that's what kind of what I see. I mean, like a lot of people who are giving these negative reviews or just turning their back to Redfall haven't even played it. And I, it might not be exactly what you wanted, but how are you know how are you gonna know you don't like it if you don't take a bite or if you retch before you do? Um, and you know what? If you don't like it, set it down and move on. There's plenty to eat in this world. Plenty of games to, to delve into. Um, so that's, that's my thought on it. I mean, no offense intended toward anybody, but that's just how I feel as far as a game I've enjoyed. Enjoyed it and, uh, will continue to enjoy it. Um, I saw a lot of people compare it to Sea of Thieves at the beginning, the state that uh, Sea of Thieves launched in was pretty bare bones from what I've gathered. And uh, I wasn't there for that, uh, but I did download it um, recently to play with my brothers because they, they have been enjoying it, and they wore me down. So I've been plundering the high seas, stealing treasure and killing pirates. But um, I've had an absolute blast doing so, and um, wouldn't be possible without Xbox, so... As far as the future is concerned, I plan on enjoying Redfall um, some more, doing some co-op Halo games, and playing Halo Infinite, and see if these with my brothers, and delving back into the backward compatibility games uh, to get that backlog done. Um, I'm super excited for Starfall. Uh, I think that game will be a great. I mean, I don't really, don't really, I'm not going to let somebody else's opinion of it or review of it skew me from getting it. Um, I'm also excited to spend time with my family and to finish this little side project I've been working on. So, the state of Xbox to me, it's in a good state. I mean, I, I don't see myself buying a PlayStation anytime soon. I already have a Switch and an Xbox, and Xbox gets most of my time. Um, so my final thoughts for you guys. If there were no such thing as exclusives, if if play, if every game, every single game was available on all three systems that are out right now, uh, the modern systems, uh, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5, or Nintendo Switch, 
there were no exclusive titles, which system would you own? Think about it. Yeah, to be fair, Diente, uh, neither Josh of I or I have played it, and I guarantee many of the people criticizing it haven't played it either, um, which there's, there's two factors to that. One factor is you're right. Like, if you haven't tried it, uh, how can you spend so much time dogging on it, right? But the I think the bigger issue at hand for us is that Redfall is just a symptom of a bigger issue with Xbox, and Redfall's taking the heat for all of this frustration with Xbox over the years. Uh, it's not really about the game, and I think that's where we're coming from. As far as your question goes about which console would you choose if um, all games were everywhere, and that's a tough one because there's the part of me that likes my PS5 more as a console, um, and there's the part of me that likes the PS5's like UI more, and loves this. See, it's weird because like you're presenting something that doesn't exist, but I do that all the time with my scenarios. So I, I got to answer it. Um, I think if I was being, if, I think in your scenario, if I had grown up with the Xbox and all games were on all systems, why would I have ever left the Xbox? Right. And by by your question, that also means that uh, the PS5 would have all the backwards compatibility as well because all systems have all games. Um, but yeah, I, I think if I think if there was no difference in the games, uh, whatever I started with is just what I would have stuck with. So yeah, I, I guess it'd still be on Xbox. So I think it's I think there's really two angles to this because you know I hear people say that make this argument and it's a very fair argument, Deante. Um, if you're, I mean, there is the angle of just you know if you just like playing games, is is the Xbox a perfectly fine system to play almost all games on? Absolutely, you know. Um, but I think the other angle is. If you're a big nerd who's in the industry, like it follows the industry with this stuff and likes playing all the, the, the coolest games, the most innovative new games that utilize the hardware and get people excited and topical, like me and Josh are, all those topical games that we've wanted to play and experience and talk about have not been on the Xbox. And as Xbox fans, that feels really, really crappy and it's okay for it to happen for a year or even several years. And for a while, it was, this, okay, it's just this generation. And now it appears it's two generations of having all the best experiences and conversational topics around games uh, on games that are on other systems. And as Xbox fans, we don't want to do that anymore. And, and people who are, who are interested in the Xbox or a fan of that ecosystem or just want to have a reason to own it on top of the other systems, it just feels like, why? Why... Why talk about this system or play this system when I can more or less get all the same experiences uh, on my PlayStation, but also get some of the best experiences ever that aren't on Xbox. So that's where I stand. Dude, I love your perspective. I think you are in the right headspace. Uh, I'm glad you're just happy with Xbox. I mean, there's really no reason you shouldn't be coming from your perspective. Uh, thank you very much for sending that clip in, dude. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Uh, that was really, really gave us a lot to chew on with that one. Um I, you know, it feels like being in elementary class and every other kid in their desk has Crayola and you're sitting there with Rosart. And I, <laughs> it's like Rosart isn't really that bad when you just kind of focus on what you have with that 64 pack. You're like, hey, this actually isn't that bad. There's a lot of colors to offer in here. And ain't got no sharpener a lot of different in the back. Variety, still. But ain't got no sharpener in the back. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, but then all of a sudden it's like, well, my fucking crayon breaks and shit. And now, like, instead of like regular blue, I got to use Thalo blue and. All this shit, and it, I mean, I just like 
you're like Brian said in the right headspace because he it's like a case of Wesley and see that's why it's nice guys to get different stuff and you get different. To takes. be fair, I don't think me and Josh's headspace is wrong. I just no. think theirs is preferable. <laughs> yes, well they're they're in their happy place and I like yeah. that you know because it's like you know you're someone that's just playing this stuff and has accessibility for your family and you you bought into it so long ago. So I mean I definitely relate to that because I'm in the same boat. Um, uh, as for your question, I mean I would. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of with Brian too on that. That I, I don't like Xbox's infrastructure as much as I like Sony's. I do like some of their infrastructure for sure, but um, like I love, I love how it feels so easy for me to like navigate to my achievements, to get a party started, um, to send out invites or messages, you know, to um, if I want to change my customize my screen and all that stuff. Like I love how like accessible it is, but I hate the design. If that makes sense, I love PlayStation's a little bit more, but at the same time, I don't, I don't really like that ones either. Um, but um, you know, it short answer is probably still Xbox because that's what I really started with. And uh, but uh, I would I would love for there to be a world where that is a thing. There's a multiverse out there, and that's what I want to be in. It's where just you can play any game on any platform, does not matter. Um, I wish that was a thing. Yeah, that's the ideal scenario. I gave you that Final Fantasy on PlayStation Square Enix scenario earlier in the podcast. That was just a scenario. I would prefer that it was available everywhere and just like every other game, you know. Like if if we could have – now, obviously, it's not fair because Sony has more right now. But, like, if we could give Halo and Starfield and Fable and Gears to Sony, but Sony would give us God of War and Spider-Man and Horizon and all that, yeah, let's do it. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. And you said something earlier, too, about – um, never really sort of recognizing the big difference between 30 and 60 frames per second. And I can't speak for Brian on this, but I can say that for the longest time, at least, Brian and I were pretty similar in that boat, that that was not a big factor for us, at, at least for a time. And it was on the High Potion podcast I was on where we talked about cyberpunk. And I mentioned on there that um, there was this, you know, performance mode and then graphics mode. There's the two settings and stuff. And I played most, like three-fourths of the game on graphics mode and in 30 frames per second. And I just ran, it randomly hit me one day. I was like, let me see what this uh, performance is like. And it was like a night and day difference. And for me at least, and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I see it now. You know, like I understand because... It felt so smooth as butter. The combat didn't feel as janky. Like I, I felt so much more in control of my character. And I, you know, I, there's probably 60 FPS games I played that I didn't even realize what the frames per second were in. And so honestly, it's not a huge driving factor to me. Like, like to Redfall's credit, when I saw that first news break about the 30s to 60, I can see looking at it how that was a red flag. But I also could just kind of thought like if I was a person excited and anticipating redfall like sure you want as many frames as possible and it sucks when you know what we should be hitting we're not but i also thought "Eh, that wouldn't deter me too much because i mean i've i've played some games i love that had shitty frame rates you know i've you know i don't know just games that launched in terrible states that i still managed to have a good time with but you also kind of reminded me too of a point i wanted to make and that is just sort of across the board console like all these consoles it sucks that like going into this generation, one of the biggest things that were touted were 60 FPS and ray tracing. And we're still struggling to get those features out at launch, if even in some of these games at all. 
it just, it just sucks, quite frankly. They and it's not that that's too early. yeah, it's not that that'll probably be a main feature of the next generation. Oh yeah, I could see that. I'd like us to get to a point where there's not a performance or graphics mode, and it's just one and the same. But well, uh, probably not because as the consoles get more like PCs, I mean, PCs have all those options. They're gonna probably they're probably gonna increase the options, Josh. Sure, be sliding over how much view distance you want. In, yeah, in, I would love that, Brian. Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> I would love that, but no, I mean, I, I love your question, and I like where you're at with your headspace, dude. I think that's just the best place to be in because you just get to enjoy what's there, and uh, you know, that's I, I think I think for people that are really enjoying Xbox and are really happy with it, that's why. Because I mean, there's there's nothing about them that says like uh, that poo poo's on you for like playing their console, and I've experienced that before. You know, the 360 with the red ring of death. You know, you almost felt punished. It made me scared sometimes if I knew I was going to go to a, a LAN party or something. Like, I don't even know if I want to play my Xbox today because it seems to be working. Last time I tried, I don't want to red ring it right now. That shit happened to me a few days before Halo 3. So It's weird how he's like, he's right and wrong to me because it's like, the Xbox is a very good system worth the money. Mm-hmm. But because of how they've handled their output of games, it feels like... It feels like why would I buy an Xbox when I could have a PlayStation Five? It feels to me like the money could be better spent, and I think that sure. is the conversation in the industry, right? Is that just you get everything Xbox has plus more, and the more you get, it's really good. I get it. I mean, there's definitely a thing like as brand lo- loyalty. You know what I mean? Like I, I bought into the Xbox first as my console. Like I buy exclusively and one like boxer briefs. Um, you know, I love Colgate brand of toothpaste or, or gate, you know, I drink Gatorade over Powerade, stuff like that, that you kind of even subconsciously don't realize like you do as a person and you, 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 you kind of do, but, um, but dude, I, I, I just don't blame you. Bottom line. I don't blame you. I mean, I get a lot of fun out of my Xbox and, uh, I still feel it's the most accessible one in terms of a lot of its offerings. And, uh, I love it for that. But at the same time, you know, I wish I had more, <laughs> but I, but I, 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 you know, someone like you and Wesley, I just. I definitely respect because, uh, you know, AAA games, AAA exclusives aren't the driving factor for you. And that just goes to show there's definitely an audience of people who feel that way and that aren't just like Brian and I aren't necessarily the majority or minority. Um, there's a lot of different uh, cooks in that kitchen. Well, I would say we're the majority. Well, I wanted to say we're the majority because of the I think sales we're the majority, but the I mean, it just goes to that show that the there's consoles. just as many other people yeah. who feel differently, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Just sure. as valid for sure. Thank you, Colin. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you ready to hear from our boy fucking Ouija? Fucking Ouija, you know it, man. Here we go. Let me get Miss this my boy thing. Nestor. Downloaded 3.9. Dude, Super Mario just got like crossed a billion recently. It's amazing. Here we go. Oh, three minutes. Yo, what's up, guys? It's your boy Green Plumber, and uh, yeah, I just dude. gotta say, like, being an Xbox fan right now is uh, it's kind of frustrating. Because uh, the other end of the spectrum, we're about to head into the third year of the console's lifespan, and we still don't have anything like cool like that feels next gen that's like a big exclusive and sometimes i wonder if you know that's like on me because i don't think we're gonna have any like massive jumps in like graphics like we did back from like you know the original xbox to the 360 but it's also like you know safe to say that if this truly is the most powerful console of this generation why the hell are we still having shit come out that like doesn't run at least 60 frames yep. and like look i know saying, yeah. i i'm a nintendo gamer first and foremost so like i don't i probably don't have like the grounds to be talking about like graphics and like high fidelity 
but when you like market your That's console on like yo this is our thing you, you know you kind of expect it a little bit and then you got microsoft behind all these studios and getting cock blocked by the cma and it's like man what are you guys doing like why haven't you guys spent the time to like you know bring your studios up the way sony did or the way nintendo does I mean, shoot, man, I bought my Series X thinking I was going to do, like, a lot of my gaming on there, and, like, I really only beat, like, two or three games since I've got it, and, I mean, I always make the joke that, like, uh, my Xboxes are just Halo machines, uh, but this time I think it's, like, true, and even then, like, we're not getting any more campaign content for the foreseeable future, and multiplayer, you know... It's fun to play, but it's not something I want to do all the time. And then you got stuff with, like, Redfall and, like, 343, like, fumbling and getting, like, completely restructured. So, I mean, like, the good news is there's nowhere to go but up from here. But True. it's going to take a while. And, uh, you know, thankfully, like, got plenty of stuff to play, like, elsewhere. But, you know, I would like to use the console that I spent like $500 to get so yeah I'll just be you know sitting here waiting for the next Halo experience uh praying and hoping that they do something with Banjo-Kazooie and uh you know waiting and seeing what uh, Obsidian's got in store for us with Avowed uh, other than that uh, you know let's just, just wait <laughs> so I'll just uh leave you guys with this funny clip from a video from 14 years ago uh Oh. Of Chad Warden roasting the 360, uh, and uh, low-key, how I think we all feel, even though it's, you know, total hyperbole, but it's still pretty funny to take the piss out of Microsoft every now and then. Alright, see you later, boys. And then you, and then we got these Xbox fans, but fans <laughs> of the Xbox 360. <laughs> Xbox 360, Xbox Circle, they fuck, they think they are, they think they're smart shit, we ain't doing geometry, we try to play <laughs> games, and that's one thing Xbox don't got, Xbox ain't got games, it ain't got games. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's, uh, you know, that was hilarious, that was hilarious, um, Ouija, I, I can think see that you, being something we quote in the future. Ain't got games. I like, I like getting your perspective because you're not really Sony or Microsoft first. You lean more Microsoft than Sony, but you're Nintendo first, and you kind of jump into Xbox for things. And uh, you know, you feel like you have a piece of hardware that just you don't ever use, right? Like, and I know it's like Diente. You know, he says he you know he uses his constantly, him and his kids and all that stuff. And I get that. That makes sense. But like. My Xbox mostly sits on the shelf turned off. I usually am playing my PlayStation or my Switch. I don't usually touch the Xbox. So I definitely resonate with you there. You don't sound as pissed. You sound more just like disappointed. And I think that's a good place to come from. You're, you're not as heavily invested as me and Josh. So you're like, your disappointment's real and genuine, but you're not like, there's no hyperbole there really because you're just like, eh, you know, I wish. You're not I wish super do negative. Something. You're not negative like us. And yeah. then, like you mentioned, like Banjo Kazooie, you know, B Banjo Kazooie, that's that's one of a bazillion examples of IPs that Microsoft acquired and just doesn't do anything with. You know, I know that Nuts and Good Bolts job. came Thank out. You, Microsoft. Nuts and Bolts came out and it didn't do very well, so they just canned it. But, like, that's because Nuts and Bolts wasn't, like, amazing and it wasn't a proper follow up to the original game or the sequel. Um, but it's just like, you know, when you see Microsoft 
try to spend $70 billion to acquire Activision Blizzard, you ask yourself, why couldn't you just spend $100 million, maybe less, to make a decent Banjo-Kazooie game? And I guarantee... They're going to say, make that much to make Redfall a good game, because that's probably what it was going to take. It's going to take a lot more than that, Josh. You know, let's be, let's be real here. But Xbox had no games, no games. But man, Banjo-Kazooie, I'm not saying Banjo-Kazooie is going to be Starfield or Halo, but like Banjo-Kazooie is something people get excited Xbox about. Xbox could use a mascot, and they've clearly got yeah. them, but they're not doing anything. Man, come out with it. Give us a Banjo. Give us a Conquer. Give us, you know, they're working on Perfect Dark, apparently, if we ever see that. You know, give us some stuff. You don't, you don't need to acquire Activision Blizzard to give us stuff we care about. You already have it. You just don't do anything with it, you know? So... Uh, thank you very much for that clip, Ouija. Love you as always. Josh, over to you. Love you, man. Love you a lot, dude. And you actually made me think of something. And it's it's another da- uh, dog at Redfall. But, uh, dude, I don't, I don't know if you know this, Brian, but on the physical release of the Redfall game case, it advertises on the back that it's 60 frames a second with a sticker attached now that says 60 FPS performance mode not available at launch. So on the actual back of the box art, it, it advertises launching with the 60 FPS, but then they have to put a sticker on the back of the seal advertising that that's not available. Like, it just sucks, dude. That shouldn't but be I allowed, underst- dude. No, it shouldn't be allowed. And I, I get where you're coming from, Ouija, like Brian said, with the disappointed stance on things. I mean, it, it, does, it does suck, man, because, I mean, like, you're so big you know, on the Nintendo. And I remember like, I think it was one of the first episodes we had with you where we got to like meet you and stuff. And, um, or the first time I I got to meet you, but, uh, seeing your Nintendo collection. And then also like, I think you were talking about how you kind of got into sort of each console gen kind of late into the gen and Nintendo has always been sort of your, your primary thing. Uh, it sucks that you bought an Xbox series console and, there's nothing there. Like you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you're already Nintendo, so Nintendo is always gonna take the cake. But like you buy into this thinking this is the one, and it's just so far it's not. It sucks. It sucks, man. So I'm definitely Absolutely. feeling Thank you, you on so that. Thank you so much, Ouija. Yeah. All thanks. right, guys. Here's the game plan as we come to a close on this episode of the podcast. We are gonna play our last clip. It's the longest one. It's from our boy Small Print TV, Joe. Uh, Love Joey. He's the one. He's the one that edited our videos for YouTube back in the day, and he's just been so helpful to me in many different aspects of the technological side of Sacred Icons. We really appreciate him. We're going to listen to this 15-minute clip from him. We're going to we're going to give our thoughts on what he had to say, um, and then we are going to go into the business. Shout out our patrons, and we are going to be out of here. And you know, in this very short episode of Sacred Icon, hope you guys <laughs> hope you guys were happy to get through over half your day at work here with our podcast. Yeah, we'll close out too with a, a nice final thought, positive. Oh yeah, look. final thought for sure. <laughs> yeah. So here is our boy Joe. I think. Oh, here we go. Ooh, charging up. Hey guys, hope you're doing well. So this is an interesting. Oh, I love topic, the accent. Huh? Who better to send in an audio recording on the state of Xbox right now than someone who really doesn't partake in the ecosystem than your resident sacred icon Sony fanboy? <laughs> I say that lightly because I give them as much stick as I do appraisal. But with that being so, do keep in mind that I used to equally share my gaming time between both the green and the blue in both the 6th generation and the 7th. But this isn't about Sony. It's about their competitor Xbox, and for this, I'm going to preface my argument by saying that 
if you like Xbox, its service, its games, the people at the company, etc., then this isn't at all a direct attack on you, your preferences, or any of those things. We may not agree with each other, but we're all gamers at the end of the day, and we're all in this together. Absolutely. As the yeah, God of man. War actor Christopher Judge said in his most recent award speech at the BAFTAs, Be easier on each other. You have more in common than what separates you. No matter what platform you love, no matter what game you love, you're still part of the gaming community and give each other a break. With all that out of the way, though, let's get into the proverbial meat and potatoes of what this is all about. And to put it simply, I haven't at all been happy with Xbox's direction since the early years of the eighth generation. I don't necessarily need to get into the nuance of the well-charted roads simply because there's not enough time for that. But, I mean, the pre-release console DRM concerns, the lack of games on the Xbox One, the various cancelled projects in production, such as Scalebound, the mismanagement of our pride and joy, you know, Halo, and, you know, the studio, the over-reliance on an all-you-can-eat, race-to-the-bottom business model over a carefully selected and refined a la carte tried-and-tested menu of yesteryear. The list goes on, etc., etc., But what I will cover is how I feel now, which will use those things, or at least some of those things, to trampoline off for added context and to support my points. So, I'll start by saying this. Over the past few days, we've been going back and forth tag-teaming on Redfall and Xbox in tangent, mostly with the express goal of humour, which, you know, as everyone knows, there's a grain of truth in every joke. But in which, and I mean this with complete respect, it's been very interesting to see this very, well, outward level of seeming frustration from you guys with the brand. Namely due to myself having been in the position you're in, well, since the early years of the 8th generation, for all the affirmation reasons and more. Mm -hmm. Um, But you guys have always expressed, you know, a relatively positive um, outlook on Xbox as a whole, Xbox Game Studios and Game Pass, um, and certainly a positive outlook on Halo, which is fine. I totally respect that, you know. But my frustration has really transformed to acceptance from from frustration, and within that, pity has grown for the brand, and in some cases, for the fans themselves. But why is my frustration transformed to acceptance? Well, because I'm personally over that curve. I've been there, I've worn the t-shirt, and I've done it, and to be honest, I'm at a point where I'm just kind of disappointed consistently. And I've accepted this industry where Xbox, instead of pushing for their already owned climatized studios to go toe-to-toe with their contemporary competitors, a AAA exclusive quality on a creative and quality per square inch sense, but instead, they simply acquire studios and add them to this already run-down property, which the analogy is Xbox Game Studios, when they're already late on the mortgage, the, the shed outside needs demolishing and rebuilding, the kitchen needs a renovation, and the bathroom taps leak dirty-ass black oil like you're inside the Baker house. Welcome to the family yeah. I'll let you delineate which problems Xbox Game Studios each of these belong to. Halo 343, lacking yeah. in console sales across the board, MPD data suggesting games falling behind on that platform, insignificant first-party releases a la Redfall and State of Decay 2, Studios going completely radio silent, such as The Initiative, which actually, originally, initially, sounded very promising. But 
I could really go on and on. And to put it simply, don't bite off more than you can chew Xbox, which isn't even taken into consideration the industry-wide ramifications of swallowing up most, if not all, of the third-party scene as we know it. I mean, all it takes is one big company to, you know, knock the first domino and then everyone has to jump on it. But that's a conversation for a different time. I think what exhausts me more as of late with Xbox, and I talked a little bit about this on Twitter with Josh's post on the Sacred Icon account, is that Xbox Game Studios and their parent company entire just don't seem to have that goal, that hunger anymore. And they just seem like they're phoning it in. Yeah, we'll splash some games on Game Pass. We'll not sort out these mismanaged projects and studios. Yeah, we'll allow for Halo to lose steam immediately after release, etc., etc. The list goes on. And really, there's no more greater example of this than the following. In a recent interview with Kinda Funny, Phil Spencer addresses Redfall's middling reception and, of course, the upcoming Starfield in which he states... I see a lot of pundits out there that kind of want to go back to the time where we all had cartridges and discs and every new generation was a clean slate and you could switch the whole console share. That's just not the world that we are in today. There is no world where Starfield's an 11 out of 10 and people start selling their PS5s. That's not going to happen. While that may be objectively true, what does that say for their confidence? What does that say for their hunger to pull people across? You know, at the start of the eighth generation, Sony were hungry. Sony came along and they really, really took it to Xbox. They saw a chink in the armor and they took it. And the same went for the seventh generation with the PS3 and the Xbox 360. The PS3 dropped a major up <laughs> And Xbox came along and smashed it out of the park with the 360. But to me... That statement, it sounds like they're throwing in the towel and just trying to coexist. I agree. No more competition and very little hunger. Just a subscription service, which is incredibly economical for the customer, mind you. No doubt about that at all. But it makes me sad for the Xbox gamer. I mean, yeah, you're eating good with this buffet in front of you, but what culture is there to being a part of Xbox as of right now? Don't get me wrong. There shouldn't be some parasocial pseudo-relationship between the customer and the business. That's not healthy, and it should never be the case. And there certainly, obviously, isn't with me and Sony. For all I care, Jim Ryan, Jim Crying Ryan, Jim Crying is a reptilian under all that skin. <laughs> but I ask you, truly, what does it mean to be an Xbox fan right now, aside from being content with sort of being on a platform where all your friends are and the service is cheap? Well put. You know, PlayStation have their just ones, their narrative blockbusters that are gaming's equivalent of movies from the likes of, you know, Christopher Nolan, Quentin Tarantino, True. Dennis Villeneuve. And Nintendo is generationally the gateway into gaming for many. The company that seamlessly bridges this ever so challenging gap of enjoyment for all ages and skill sets. Whereas Xbox, well, they bring games to a subscription service and the games that are still fighting for air struggle to get the support they deserve in development and post-development. It used to be that you had, like, the greatest shooters on the market for casuals and hardcore alike with, you know, Gears and Halo. Now that accreditation, in my opinion, it goes to PC because Sony aren't doing anything like that. Xbox have lost kind of their, their gem. You know, they were always mm -hmm. the shooter box in a lot of ways, which they could be 
and so much more still. Xbox Live was also pioneering and storming ahead of the competition in the 6th and 7th generation still. That's two generations of lead. I mean, Sony didn't even have proper party support on the 7th generation. Now, on the PS3, you had to all talk in game chat for a long period of time. And their indie scene, well, that was ahead of the curve for a console at the time. Way ahead of the curve. I mean, greenlighting smaller titles and allowing things on that with, you know, Xbox Live Arcade and stuff like that. That was amazing. That was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. I had so much fun digging through the crates with that. And to this day, I still have some of the most intricate and quirky memories of kind of chilling with the boys on Minecraft knockoffs till, you know, ridiculous o'clock. You know, it was so, it was so right, good. Right. But I don't know, guys. I just, I long for the days where Xbox fights a heavyweight again, not lightweight, where you'd hop on with your boys and girls, you know, to have an experience that would last you until the early hours of the morning and you go to school or work on just four to five hours of sleep. But those four to five hours of sleep and that monster energy inspired day was so, so worth it for those hours. You know, Halo, Gears, Fable, Crackdown, Dead Rising, KOTOR, I mean, the list goes on again. But these were all I used to think about from the ages of five to 11, you know, and I still reminisce to this day. I think, like, pound for pound, multiplayer-wise, I think Xbox topped PlayStation. I still do. I think anyone that says opposite has just not had both the experiences. But now, I see those games as really nothing more than another franchise to market the Game Pass subscription, especially when it comes to the new sort of installments within those pre-established IPs and new IPs in general. And in general, they're just used to meet the listing quota of said service, you know, for over thousands of games on Game Pass, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, great, cool, a number, another marketing spiel. And I get it, it's a business, but really? Is this, does this really need to happen? Does it really need to be put across like this? Like it's just a numbers game? We don't resonate with that. A lot of us don't anyway. Which brings me to one final quote. Phil Spencer in 2021, prior to the release of Infinite, stated, Halo will be here 10 years from now. Um, is Infinite the, like, linchpin on whether it survives that long? Absolutely not. Like, the, the game has such a rabid fan base uh, and has such a history and lore that it's just an IP that's going to be with us. We don't take that for granted, but I, I oh. definitely believe that in my core that that's true. Oh. To many, that screamed confidence and a strong brand identity, which, while true, made me think of something entirely different. That the standards have dropped, and on an individual level, they no longer care for, but most importantly, need their staples to stay afloat. And if they don't need their staples to stay afloat, and there's nothing riding on the largest IP being the very best that Xbox Game Studios has to offer, then I ask you, what chance do the rest of the IPs have? If they can just rest on the laurels of the IPs and the fan service and the nostalgia and all that stuff and the service and the subscription, if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. It's as simple as that. And the standards do, unfortunately, in my opinion, drop. So there you have it. That's a very whistle-stop summary, or at least I hope so, of what I feel about the current state of Xbox right now. Again, these are just my unfiltered and raw thoughts on the matter. To the Xbox gamers out there, Wesley and Diente in particular, 
we're all the same. We're all gamers. We all want what's best for Xbox and the industry so that the consumers and passionate, talented developers can all have a good time creating, enjoying and celebrating this great art form. That's what it's all about. And in all honesty, I would say that competition is pretty much the driving force of that. Anyways, Brian and Josh, this could have quite easily have gone on for longer, and I tried to keep it as condensed as possible for you guys, but as you well know and are well aware, once you let my Pringle can pop, I find it very <laughs> difficult to stop. Thanks for letting me do this. I always love listening to you guys when I get the chance. Life's so busy at the moment, so I haven't had the chance to keep up on all the episodes. Okay, man. But I do truly love you guys to death. Keep it sacred. And remember, keep that schling schlanging. Big penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. A big right on the table. <laughs> that's when you, that's what it feels Man. like when you bust when when Xbox comes out with another triple A banger exclusive. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Go ahead, Brian. That just Go goes to show why I go to Small Print for like technical prowess, why he was our YouTube editor. The dude is so talented and the production of that clip was so good and it just made this episode better wholesale because yep. of it. Um he Wow, that was really good. A couple things you touched on that I wanted to talk about, small print. Um, you know, we've more or less said this, but I not directly. You're making me say it directly now because for someone who had Joe's a PlayStation guy more than Xbox. Like you said, he's not, you know, complete fanboy, you know, or anything like that, but he's, he's more PlayStation than Xbox. So am I. For people like me and Joe, what it feels like to us is that Xbox has given up. It feels like they've thrown in the towel They've quit trying to compete with Sony and Nintendo. And Ed Phil more or less said that they're trying to compete in a different way by going to different different markets, different structure. And as Josh said, he, you know, he said earlier, there's pros and cons. Josh said earlier, uh, I don't want Xbox to just do the same thing as Sony and Microsoft. That's why, or Sony and uh, um, uh, Nintendo. But then that's why they're doing the cloud and the Game Pass and the, and the accessibility and stuff like that. And that's great and all. But I think there's a sense in which people like me and Joe, we just missed heavyweight Microsoft. Like, we missed them. We missed the Microsoft that came in throwing punches, had this badass console that was powerful, had badass games, made you want to play there. And it just feels like that Xbox is gone. It feels like they've, they've been on a downward spiral from that since 2013, and they were never able to recover. They were able to come back with a new plan that has this Game Pass and Cloud and stuff in mind, but the Xbox that was hungry and fighting and, and sticking it to Sony, it feels like they just bowed out a long time ago. And and for Xbox feeling like such a powerful place to game, for the Xbox original feeling like this rock that came down from Mars and was just badass, uh, and that they could just take on anyone, it now feels like they're the weak little guy. And that Sony and even even Nintendo... I never thought I'd say it in the Wii Wii U days, but like even Nintendo kind of feels like if I if I picture like a stick figure, like there's the stick figure for Nintendo's got bigger muscles on it than an Xbox. Xbox feels like the weakling, and that's just so weird because they were the staple of strength to me for so long. And then the second thing that's got me thinking about Joe is that um, back when Halo Infinite came out and it came out incomplete and missing this content. The narrative on Twitter and around the industry was, you know, maybe 
Microsoft really doesn't need to focus on Halo so hard anymore. Maybe they don't really need Halo that much anymore because with the acquisition of all these studios, Bethesda and potentially Activision Blizzard plus everything else they have in Game Pass, maybe they don't need Halo to sell their consoles or sell their services. Halo's not as popular as it used to be and maybe they're just not as interested or as invested in it as they used to be and that's why Halo Infinite released in a state that wasn't complete or wasn't up to standards. But now, on the flip side of it, over a year later, we're seeing that we don't even have faith that they have the other acquisitions, the other studios, the content output to even do that. So now it makes you wonder, well, if they're not putting it in Halo, and they're not putting it in the new studios, and they're not putting it in Game Pass in any discernible way that shows content quality, like quality content coming out, what are they putting it in? And it just, it just makes you feel, as an Xbox gamer, like... They're just they're just gonna ride out what they have and accept some level of mediocrity, and that feels like such a far departure from what we knew of them in the OG and the 360 days. Thank you, Joe. That was an amazing clip. Yeah, well said, Brian. Too a lot of good points, uh, Joe. Dude, one of the things I respect the most about you is your takes, man. Because whether I agree with them or not, I feel like you always are taking into account a bigger picture. And uh, True. You're, you're emotionally sort of uh, detached from the like, it, there's not a lot of emotional bias in what you say. So I always uh, I get a more objective take. And I really love that about yeah. um, your opinions when you when you do that stuff. That was fantastic to listen to and uh, loved the editing there. It was great to hear Phil. Uh, show up on the sacred icon podcast. So right. Thank you, uh, Phil. World, world exclusive. Uh, by the way, I'm sick of hearing about those. Show me an actual world exclusive I give a heck about. But um, That's coming out in my lifetime. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> AAA, too. Uh, uh, but uh, a couple things I wanted to touch on is you mentioned, you know, um, just sort of like wanting Xbox to kind of go toe-to-toe with Sony. Um, and, I, Brian, you said that, too. And, I mean, I, I definitely get that sentiment. I mean, I... I I like. I think a lot of people probably would say Xbox has taken uh, has taken a more passive approach with um, how they go about things in this in the last couple generations, and I, I can see that. But I think for me, bigger picture, I do think that it only looks that way. I don't think it necessarily is that way, right? I think like on the surface it seems that way, but I don't think that correlates because, and this is just me on the hopium, but. That's why I feel like the showcase is such a big deal. That's why I feel like all eyes are going to draw to this thing as a make or break for Xbox because this is finally like last year when there were no games. Everyone was like, is this is this happening? Are we really doing this? Like, is this really like no games this year? And Xbox is like, yeah. And, (laughs) you know, yeah, that's it. So (laughs) (laughs) it's sad laughing. But now you get to 2023 and people, there has been such a buildup. Like there's, I'm not trying to be super disgusting, but there is such an edging of frustration that it feels like this is coming to the big bust of like, can't hold it in anymore. Here it comes because all this stuff is, yeah. I I mean, everything I, I pretty much said, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but like, I just, I feel like, for me personally, I mean, I, I like to think that Microsoft does have, they are planning on competing. They are planning on going toe to toe. 
but we just haven't seen that yet because all we've seen for like 10 years is like, hey guys, play anywhere. Hey guys, next delivery. Hey guys, cloud gaming. Hey guys, Game Pass. All this stuff that sort of, again, in a roundabout way, like makes them seem like we're, we're sort of like, again, you know, you're working on the interior. You're working on the mental fortitude before you, you know, as you get your body in shape and ready to show that body off, you're sort of doing a little bit of everything. But the thing that matters is what people don't see. And I just feel like, for me personally, if I don't see it at this showcase, I feel like I've lost all hope. Like, in, in an irredeemable way. Like, I will still get excited about Xbox, you know. And like I said, at some point, I'll buy another generation. But, like, that's also kind of, like, they got me by the balls. Because, like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy that says, like, what am I saying in that moment? I'm saying, it's okay, Xbox. I'll still buy you eventually. I might wait a couple years. I might wait a little yeah. bit. But I'll still buy in. That sucks that I'm like conditioned that way. It's I have a love for them, and it's like it's not a toxic relationship. It's just not like we're just not seeing eye to eye. And I've uh, considered selling my Xbox because I have all the Halo games on my gaming PC, and I don't play my Xbox much. But yeah. I can never pull the trigger because I have such a library there. Yeah, it's know? it's a lot of conditioning, and, and uh, it's a love of you know. It's like some people staying in relationships because like they remember what that honeymoon phase was like, even though that person isn't that person anymore. But you stay with that person because you hope that person will come back, and that's what it's like uh, being with Xbox. I do think, again, I do think they're going to compete. I feel confident in that, but at the same time, like, I don't have a reason to be. So it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm hopeless romantic, I guess, in that way. But, uh, but the other thing I wanted to say was that I, I, it, it, when you talk about that, when you talk about going toe to toe, it makes me think of Phil's situation, uh, because I've never really, I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I've never prior seen. Um, a call to sort of like fire fill on social media and everyone does that some movie comes out they hate uh, then there's a petition to fix it and like <laughs> like that shit's ever going to happen but at the same time I I can see there being a scenario where someday maybe Phil whether it's after the showcase whether it's the next year or 10 years or whatever I could see a scenario where, sh- where he does get fired and they bring in somebody else and what's that guy going to do, or gal? The first thing they're going to do is they're going to try to shift the focus into big PP mode. And hey, we're going to bring the games, big games, game sell consoles. We here at Xbox, we recognize that gamers want games. That's why I'm pleased to announce 20 games in the pipeline. And then suddenly the big splash on the screen behind them as every one of the developer studios shows up, and you see all these different names, and people are like, oh, the cameras are flashing, and it's like. Oh, super cool. Phil never did this, you know, but it's like, I, I don't want, I, I need the showcase to show me that Phil's got something left because I just, I don't think it's doom and gloom, but at the same time, it does feel that way. So, I mean, I love what you said, dude. I love what you said, and I don't blame you. And I love that you're sort of, again, in this sort of objective state of being detached. Like, you are, you were already there. Brian has been there for a bit. I'm arriving at that point. And that's why the showcase is the make or break moment for me. And I think a lot of people, but well said, dude, as always uh, love hearing your thoughts and your accent. Holy shit, dude. I was like, motherfucker's got a cool ass accent. All I got is this American uh, podunk one. Hey man. <laughs> halo, halo, everybody. Anybody like, got that, me man. chili? <laughs> well, that sounds pretty good right now. Um, but hey, Josh, thank what's you, your final thoughts for the podcast? We're going to the business. Uh, a lot of poo-pooing, a lot of poo-pooing and a lot of frustration. But you know what? At the end of the day, 
Why does that stuff uh, foster? It's because it comes from a place of love. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't care enough to complain about it. Uh, I love Xbox. I love Phil Spencer. Um, I want to see him win. Uh, There's no one I love in the industry more than Phil. And there's no console I love more than Xbox. And that all comes from nostalgia. That all comes from conditioning. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I love an underdog story. And Xbox is the underdog. And the only person they really need to compete with is Sony. Because Nintendo just says, you guys... Sony... I'm sorry, Nintendo is essentially Nestor, Diente, and Wesley that just says, you guys go have your war. I'm going to just enjoy doing what I'm doing. And they go do that. That's them. And I respect that a ton. So I, I want to see Xbox go toe-to-toe with Tony in their... Or I'm sorry, with Tony. <laughs> Not with Tony. Tony <laughs> doesn't deserve that. You, Tony. Tony doesn't deserve that. But with Sony. And I want... But I want to see Xbox fight it their way. And I don't think you... You obviously need big games. But I just hope we can... I, I just... My dream scenario has always been seeing Xbox in a place where they take all this stuff from the past 10 years and then they couple that with all these amazing games and suddenly you're not at a mcdonald's in the 60s that just offered like burgers and fries you're seeing the whole entire menu and you're like holy shit like what uh there's a a value menu there's a uh chicken nuggets breakfast oh my god chicken chicken nuggets oh my god buy one get one free right now oh my god you know and you want to see that sort of like oh my god all those years that they were doing this stuff, it makes sense now. I don't feel like as consumers we're able to see the big picture yet because I feel like people are hoping for it and they're saying it's not there. So, you know, why care, Josh? I mean, I, I, I don't feel like a lot of people would agree with me on that, but I have to hope. I have to hope. And uh, I, I really do because I'm frustrated. I'm hugely frustrated as an Xbox fan and consumer and it's I'm not emotionally involved in the Redfall situation. It's just this on top of everything else. Um, but at the same time, I'm happy we're at this point now because it puts pressure on Xbox all the more to really deliver or not. And that's what I want them to be in because I feel like I was there in 2020 and there was always something to re- just when I thought I was out of that game, they find a way to reel me back in. And that's where I'm at. You know, that's where I feel like I was, but now I'm back at it again. And I just now seeing that the internet is collectively kind of getting there um, with me, makes me feel like that's not some silly thing and I'm in my own head with it or something. So uh, I love Xbox. I hope they bring it at the showcase. We'll see you in a month. Yeah. Um, guys, I mean, Josh, you know, he's still Xbox first is where he's at. You know, I'm, I've been PlayStation first for a bit, but Xbox has the most tenure, most tenured history in my life. I love Xbox. I want them to succeed. I still own one. I love Halo. It's, you know, Halo is my favorite game of all time. I love 343, even though that studio doesn't represent most of any of the people that I loved anymore. There are mostly of them are gone, but I, some part of me, I, for some reason, I still love 343 because I guess they just gave me so many experiences that I enjoyed so much. And, uh, you know, it's, it's because of Sacred I- it's, be- it's because of Xbox and Halo, the Sacred Icons here. Um, I hope I, – I don't have any – I don't have any expectations for the showcase because I've, I've, I've given up on believing that Microsoft can deliver on those things. But I hope it's good anyways. I hope Starfield's awesome. I'm probably going to be there to buy it regardless if it's awesome or not because I love Bethesda's games. 
Um, and I, I mean, we're hoping for the best. And I, I know me and Josh want to be positive more often than not. And and we're, we're still going to be rooting for Xbox. But when shit goes down like this in such major ways, time and time again, we're going to speak on it. And I think it comes from a place of just disappointment and wanting better. Uh, but guys, uh, you know, I... I would love to hear more of your opinions on Xbox, um, you know, whether it be in the Discord or on Twitter or uh, sending an email or, or a voice clip for the future. Um, I, I would I would love to hear from you guys and what you thought of it. Um, you know, you can you can send that to Sacred Icon Podcast at or Sacred yeah Sacred Icon Podcast at gmail.com. You can send those to you can come join the Discord. Come to come to the Twitter. Uh, it's at Sacred Icon Pod. Um, the, the discord links at the top there. Um, you can follow Josh on Twitter. Uh, he's at Jedi Knight Joshy. Um, Josh, do you want to say something before I go on? Yeah, guys. And we have not had an Apple pod review in a long time. So you want to let us know what you think. Let us know on there too. We want to see it. We're going to read it on here. Hit us up and tell us how thankful you are for a over four hour podcast. Hope you get through that commute or the work day, because if you've seen our episodes, they're not usually this long old, old school secret icon. They were but not recently, so I hope you guys really enjoyed this and appreciated it. But uh, but yeah, if you guys are interested in supporting us monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash sacredicon. For low as a dollar, you can have your name shout out on the podcast. Uh, we've got so much support there from you guys, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, holy cow. Uh, just thank, thank you, you so much. I mean, it's 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 unreal. It, it re-motivates us to want to do this more and more and, and do bigger things in bigger ways. Um, but of course, if you guys can't do that, just thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Share the podcast. If you got a buddy who's frustrated with Xbox, or or maybe you just got a Sony fanboy who wants to be like, <laughs> uh, just go ahead and send them our podcast and say, listen to these guys. This will help get you through. Yeah, a share it. Drop a retweet, or retweet. I mean, that stuff helps so much. Yeah, so we super appreciate that, guys. Um, Josh, are you ready for uh, the patron shoutouts? Are you ready for the Patreon shoutouts? Now, Josh, I, I'm not sure if you're used to hearing this, but I'm going to go quick. Do you think you can keep up? No, Brian. Okay. I love him too much to do that. Try a little harder. All right, guys. Here we have our patrons. Start try a little harder. You bitch. You bitch. <laughs> Fuck you. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little delayed there, Josh. This has been a lot. Dude, this has been such a blast, dude. Holy dude, cow. Dude, this episode is straight fire. I'm just going to say Man, it. Let's be real. I'm, I'm uh, starting with, we got our boy, Trickster. We have Jacob Nyreen, Death Ghost, a.k.a. Ken, Installation 00, love that dude's content, Boba's Feet, don't sniff him, but you still love him, <laughs> Deante Ombre, Wesley Eaton, thank you for your email, dude, appreciated that, our boy yeah, Sparkies, who, man, Sparkies, I hope you're listening, you shouted out to us, you wanted to be on the podcast soon, a couple months ago, and we said we would, and I, I completely meant it, but I forgot, so we need to get you on soon. I'm going to be hitting you up definitely, soon after definitely. this podcast. Thank you so much for your support, Sparkies. Really appreciate you. Uh, we got our boy Hocus Locust, Dark Chaos 580. Um, ooh, we got a really blind... I think it's... Yeah, it's Blind Valkyrie, but her name's gone. And there's oh, a changed. really... Yeah, there's a really... Well, there's really weird... I can't even say what's there. It's weird. So it's safe I, to I'll say you were blinded? But, I was um, blinded by her name, yeah. Uh, next, we got Simon Eddy. We got our boy Albino. Alborno? Did you? <laughs> Alborno? No, I didn't say that. Our boy Albino. Uh, we got Irvine TV who sent that amazing clip last week. Appreciate yes. that so much. Oh, my goodness. We got I'm like a bird and I'm true. Jason Grammy. Turn. Grammy. CMA Grammy right there. AJ's Dank, which came out of Boba's feet. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. We got Ian Rucker. Josh says, the Ruck? The fuck? That's what he says. We got he's a rebel. He's a saint. It's Shen Rebel. We have Ascending from the Ashes, Born Anew. 
It's Irish Phoenix. Thank you so much. We have not the dab, but the dab. Jared Hartley are so eloquently put small print. Thank you so much. Aaron, who I got to talk to recently this week. Such a good dude. I miss the heck out of Aaron. Thank you so much. Yeah, Aaron. dude. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Great to hear him again. Hear from him. Colton Pittman, our sacred staple, Rodan. Butter My Waffles, Nerva, Anthony Dorsey, who Josh says, can I get some of that back in black for the ACDC outlaw, Josh? Back in black. Back in black. When I go, go get a book crack with a red phone sucks so much, fucking dick. I hate this shit. <laughs> we got Caleb Webster, who created the music for Sacred Icon. Such a great dude. Thank you so much. We got Chris Greco, Bingo Greco. Have you seen my Greco? It's Chris Greco. We have Tony, Mustard Chief, not the Queen Grunt, but the King Grunt. Um, Josh, uh, you know, we hired a company to uh, put a new roof on our house. Put a new roof on our house this week, Aries. and uh, and uh, I was talking to the guy who put up the roof, and he said, "Do you know anybody from Montana?" I said, "Yeah, Montana Menace." Oh, and then, uh, and then uh, he proceeded to put Aries zero four thirties mustache on the roof Ooh. instead of shingles. Okay, Ryan Thank Johnson, got you there, buddy. Diverted them gotcha, expectations man. just for the sake of it. <laughs> Uh, we got our boy Green Plumber. Love that dude. We got Joshy Big Boy who says, Hey, Joshy, you're a little bitch because I'm the big boy. Exactly. Wow. That's I love that he says it like that. Yep. And then we got the biggest NASCAR Thunder 2003 enthusiast, Ryan Barca. I saw a copy for sale. It was $4. Dude, that price. was amazing. I was Sorry. like, well, Right I, after the podcast last week. You, you can't make this stuff up. Can't make this stuff up. We got Dustin Mondre, Anthony Nicolosi, our boy Corey Hanks, Preanchu. Love that dude. Ian Big Dog Mills, awesome guy. Spicy Meme Lord Photon. K and Nick, who says, this podcast is quality. Can't believe it's four hours long. Really appreciate the quality. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Keep it up. Then we got Trevor Polkey, who's the ladies' man, who just, man, he's just rocking them right and left. He, I don't know what rocking them means. I didn't mean that in a kind of bad way. You know what I mean? But he's just, he goes into a room and the girls say, is that Trevor? And they leave their husbands immediately. It's crazy. We got the Shipleys, who are way better than WandaVision. I want to see a season two of the Shipleys. That's where it's at. We got the OG Halo podcaster, Dust Storm. And finally, Josh, we have... The Man of Saw Justice League knew it needed more. Says, uh, I'm getting a lot of rumors on that Flash movie. Hope it's as good as they say, because they're saying it's a banger. It's Matthew Ooh. Salvatore, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you Sounds so great. much, patrons. We love you guys! Thank you guys so much for coming here to listen to this long episode of the podcast. We hope you shout us out and let us know what you thought. We appreciate you. Thank you for being here. And as always... Keep it sacred. Let's suppose that you were able every night to dream any dream you wanted to dream. And that you could have the power within one night to dream 75 years of time. And you would naturally, as you began on this adventure of dreams, fulfill all your wishes. But now let's, um, let's have a surprise. Let's have a dream which isn't under control. And then you would get more and more adventurous. And you would make further and further out gambles as to what you would dream. And finally, you would dream where you are now. For 18 years and three generations, we've designed Xbox consoles to power your dreams. We see a future where you're instantly absorbed in your games, 
where worlds are even more like-like, immersive, responsive, and surprising. Where you are at the center of your gaming experience. Next holiday, Xbox Series X will lead us into the future of console gaming. Our fastest, most powerful Xbox will set a new bar for performance, speed, compatibility. Developers around the globe are already hard at work building games for Xbox Series X. Our 15 Xbox game studios are developing the largest and most creatively diverse lineup of exclusive games in our history. I know you're tired. I know you're hurting. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. But that just wouldn't be our style. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory. Lasts forever. Right on, Right on. Right on.